And he's constantly giving away like me right now. And he's constantly giving away like copies of the game, whether you're on PlayStation or Xbox. The only two play, the only two platforms that matter. Well, PC matters. Three only three platforms that matter, right? Because Elden Ring ain't on the Switch. Oh man, poor right? Switch. Yeah. But Dark Souls is on the Switch. And it was 30 French for second glory. Ugh, disgusting. <laughs> uh, so he says, Rand, hope you're feeling better, sir. I am. Thank you. Uh, Alexander says, happy 2022, guys. Jez, it's my birthday tomorrow. Free, feel free to leak some Xbox news for this special occasion. Mm. Oh, wow. Happy birthday, friendo. And, um, yeah, maybe, I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to dig, dig into the chest of secrets, maybe, for your birthday, but shout out. Yeah, I think you did have, a, I don't know, you were telling me a couple things. I don't know if you wanted to talk about it on the podcast. I have him, like, written off on the side here when I'm just like, blink, 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 dash, jazz. Um, so, I don't know. Should you leak some stuff? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. We'll, we'll get to that. The one and only Darge Knight he says, welcome back, boys. My body is all all yours. Hashtag be gentle. You know, I'm always gentle, Darjee. Um, around, around. Are you looking at the chat right now? Uh yes, well I have the chat up. Can you mo- can you moderate T invite T plus violence please? <laughs> oh okay. Because I, I made I made a new YouTube channel for streaming games, and I've been having some fun with it. T and violence. And, uh, yeah, T and, and jazz. violence. Yeah. And jazz. Yeah. That's what I do. I, I drink tea and play video games, specifically violent ones. So yeah, and I thought well, I should be a moderator on this channel so I can ban people who are. Being mean and stuff like that, but there's nobody mean on this channel, right? Nah, not usually. Yeah, not well, usually most indeed. most of them have been banned at this point, I think. Probably, I like you banned I think a the lot bl- of people. <laughs> the, the block list is is long on on this channel, uh, and I know I don't even really block anybody. It's usually the mods doing great work. Uh, Flame says, "How did Janice get to see Randwell again? My week, I'm complete without the man with the, ma- the mayo and the man with the million. Happy two hundredth." You know what's interesting about the 200 thing is that, like, I don't even really know if this is the 200th, because I, I started counting at some point, and it's possible I counted wrong, or it's possible I mislabeled at some point. So we could have had 200 <laughs> uh, a Already. while ago, or we may not even be at 200, and we're just jumping the gun. But we do have a special guest for this episode, Jez. Did you we know? Do? Yeah. No, I did not know this. Yeah. Um, I reached out, and uh, Phil Spencer will be joining us in five minutes. Are you serious? No, I'm being I'm completely joking. I wish I was. <laughs> I wish that's was the joking. kind of thing. That's the kind of thing Phil would do, though. Probably. No, he wouldn't. We wouldn't. He would be, it would be amazing, but uh, yeah. No, it's just me and Jazz for this uh, 200th episode. So maybe one day, maybe one day we'll get Phil. Maybe, maybe one. Day. That'd be cool, right? Yeah. Uh, Paul says, I don't know if you, and you guys are going to talk about this, but I wish developers would wait to announce release dates when they know they're 100 percent. Three or so months out. Yeah, there's uh, yeah delays, man. I think a lot of other, I think a lot more games are going to be getting delayed uh, this year. Um, I just have, I just have a feeling. And I see people are still kind of catching up. On what <laughs> They're just like, well, oh, Jinx, it right? Yeah, no, right? Uh, yeah, I just have a feeling a lot of, a lot more games are going to get delayed. Do you have any specific games in mind for delays? Well, I mean, like, the Stalker 2 delay is quite significant, right? Quite yeah. significant. I mean, seven-month delay. 
they had to have known for a while now that that game wasn't going to be launching in April, right? Or does it take seven months to remove NFTs from your game? <laughs> so, wow. You really went there? I mean, yeah. I did, I did go there. You got a problem with that? Are we going to talk about NFTs on the show? Um, I don't know. I don't really want to. George says Jeff Grubb also said he heard the same rumor about Killer Instinct by Bandai Namco. Hmm. Interesting. We do have a lot to talk about. Jeff has some Killer Instinct 2 stuff. Some other things here. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, and I'm sure you guys, you know, you got any questions uh, you want us to delve into, the Super Chat's always open because we always will kind of meander about when people do uh, support the channel that way. So... Um, I, I tried grabbing everything I possibly thought was interesting to talk about. So, uh, RDX Unifed says it's crazy that the PlayStation 5 production started six months before the series, but still the series have sold over 12 million, and the PS5 hoped to have 14.9 million by March end. Um, well, we don't have PlayStation sales just yet, so we don't know how well they sold for the holidays. Um, although we'll find out soon enough. Uh, Sin Vendetta says, a gift a copy of Elden Ring for Rand. I don't know. Jez, do you think I should gift Elden Ring to a person that slanders your soul's enjoyment so much? <laughs> mm. Mm, that, is, that, is, that is true. I'm, I'm going to have to think about that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you know what? Before we get into all the juicy topics, can you guys do us a big favor? Make sure you hit the like button and share this out so <clears> let <throat> people know that the Xbox 2 podcast is back for the first episode. 2022, the 200th episode, we think at least, and uh, we do have a lot of things to talk about, but um, I actually played a game recently, Jez, because as you, as I told you before, I was kind of burnt out, wasn't really enjoying a lot of stuff that was out, I mean, I played Halo twice on the review build, still haven't played it on the retail build, so I don't even have any achievements for the campaign, which sucks. Like, I really didn't like how they did the review program for yeah, Halo the Infinite. Yeah, the review like, I really did not like it, because I, like, I played the game twice now, and it's like, I don't really, like, I don't want to play it until co-op comes out. And, like, I don't know, like, Far Cry kind of, like, so the last couple months, I just really haven't been uh, wanting to play anything. And so my buddies hit me up yesterday, and they're like, you know what, let's let's all play Deanna Crucis. Anacrusis. The Anacrusis, which is a four-player co-op Left 4 Dead game with a 70s sci-fi aesthetic with aliens. You know, it's in Game Pass. You don't have to buy mm. it. It's like $30. It's in Game Preview. So I'm like, you know what? Yeah, why, why not? I'll, I'll, get on, I'll get on the good old Xbox. You know, I've been wanting to, like, get back into uh, at least rekindle my love of gaming. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I love I love my friends. Let me get on there, talk to them, have a good time, playing the Anacrusis, and uh, boy, oh boy, was that a bad decision. <laughs> well, tell us about the Anacrusis thing. Like, what what is so bad about it? Uh, like, I'm, I'm, we got some people on Windows Central playing it as well, maybe writing an article about it. And I have to say, around sentiments about it are pretty similar. But I have seen some hype about the game here and there. I don't know why anybody's hyped about the game. Uh, the first thing I noticed, and the first thing everybody noticed, was the game runs like doo-doo on the Series X. Frame rate is all over the place. 
The aim acceleration is ridiculous. I think I had to turn it down to like zero to even get it functional. Mm. And it just was awful. Um, <laughs> to the point where we deleted everybody just was like 20 minutes in. We're all just like, yeah, I'm done. And we all just uninstalled it. 20 minutes in. Cause like the, wow. <laughs> the guns weren't fun to shoot. And the enemies weren't, there was no feedback on the enemies. So, like, you, you shoot these aliens and they just fall over. And the dial, the dial, like, cause you basically have the same enemies from Left 4 Dead. Like, you have the one that grabs you when you're away from the pack, right? And you have the big brute, the huge one that soaks up a lot of damage. And, like, the, 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 the dialogue for when, like, the one that comes in, and, like, kind of grabs you, it's, it'll literally be like, grab her, grab her, grab her. <laughs> or, or, brute, brute, brute. They literally say the same, and, like, it was just, we played two levels, and we're just like, yeah. I know it's game preview, uh, so maybe it gets better in a year or two, but, like, it looks like a game like Deep Rock Galactic, which, blowing up right now on PlayStation Plus, they have, like, 5 million players, up to 10 million now. I played that day one in game preview, and you could tell right away from day one that that was a good game, right? Same thing with, like, Grounded. Like, Grounded, the people who were really into survival stuff could tell from day one, like, that's a good game. And I'm telling you, from day one, I can tell that Anna Cruces is not a good game. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't really have any faith that that game is going to be any better whenever they do get around to uh, fixing it, so... Yeah. I guess we'll have to wait and see, I guess, and maybe hope for the best for the Anna Cruces team. But, yeah, pretty much everyone I spoke to says the same thing about it. I saw Jeff Grubb. I watched Jeff Grubb playing it on his stream, actually. And, um, yeah, man, I will. Sometimes I wonder if some games hit Game Pass, uh, Game Preview, rather, a little bit too early, maybe. I don't know. Um, But, oh, well. It, it, it is cool, like you mentioned, Deep Rock Galactic. Like, it's cool to see how that game has grown and changed since launch. Because I played, like, the very first alpha builds of that game. And I was like, man, there's definitely something here. But at the same time, it was pretty bare bones. And there wasn't, like, a huge amount of replay value in it. But now there's, like, all kinds of cool stuff in the game. So um, it's interesting to see how games evolve sometimes. But is that all we've been playing, Rand? On a Crucis? Well, I mean, also, I was playing some Among Us on console. Um, all my friends really like it. We were able to get, like, eight or nine people, and it's still a lot of fun. Um, so, I I don't know. Like, I'm kind of just waiting for February to roll around, and then some of the later releases, and uh, we'll just go from there. But Faith, uh, BKNY, uh, supports channel with the big $20 Super Chat, and says, February is the new November. Which game, in your opinion, will have the most mindshare and best critical reception in February? Okay, so that's kind of like two questions. Which one will have the most mindshare and which one will have the best critical reception? And I actually mm. think it's the same game. I know what Face wants me to say. I know Face wants me to say it's Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, and that is a monster release for February. But I think the game that is going to have the best critical reception in February is going to be Elden Ring. As I've said, unless unless Breath of the Wild 2 releases this year, I fully expect Elden Ring to win Game of the Year at, at the mm. Keeleys. Um, and I think 
it'll be the one that has the most mind share because it's on every platform. Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and Horizon Zero Dawn or Forbidden West is only on P well, it's on PS five and PS four, but I don't know. Jez, do you think do you agree with me or do you think do you think Horizon is uh gonna be the one that has the best mind share and the best critical reception? I think I think Horizon will get critical reception. Is that coming out in February? Yes. That's crazy. I did not know that was coming out so soon. I think Horizon will probably hit the critical reception more because I've got this I've got this horrible feeling around. I got this horrible feeling that Elden Ring is going to be really buggy and have mm. performance issues because like some of the some of the beta footage that goes around on the net it looks. I mean, yeah. Hopefully it's a much earlier build, but it doesn't look as polished as you might hope. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got this horrible feeling that there's a chance Elden Ring might launch and make everyone mad because it's not polished and it's buggy and it's got issues and stuff like that. So whereas like with Sony, I don't think Sony would ship a game like that that was broken. Um and to be fair, ne- neither is um, From Software hasn't hasn't either. But at the same time, I just kind of think, man, I don't know. I think I think the polish will probably be there on Horizon and not Elden Ring. But I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see, man. I think for Mindshare, um, probably Elden Ring purely because it's on PC, and um, and uh, there'll be more people playing it, but. You know, I suppose it ultimately depends on what the press do, where gamers go. I think a lot more people on streams will be playing Elden Ring because I think the Souls games are a bit more streamer-friendly. They're not so story-heavy, and, you know, it's not like you have to sit there through long cutscenes in a game like Elden Ring, potentially. I don't know. So I could see more people streaming Elden Ring too. Well, that's the way you see that, man. Um... What game from February are you most interested in, though, right? Because there's Dying Light 2 as well, which people are... I think Dying Light 2 is going to be a bit of a sleeper hit. Well, is it... So, I haven't, I haven't beaten... I haven't played Horizon Zero Dawn, so it's tough for me to say, like, I'm most interested in that game because, like, I didn't beat the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I did really like Dying Light, so Dying Light 2 does interest me uh, quite a bit. But then again, like, you know, the whole controversy on Twitter... We got 500 hours, right? Yeah. Uh, which we'll That's talk about in a minute. Yeah. Is this it's like, uh, you gonna, is this like a Ubisoft joint here? Because I'm kind of like sick of those. Um, Sifu looks really cool. So maybe it's Sifu because, you know me, like I'm not sold on Elden Ring. Uh, so like it, I, I know, you know, to Miles Don PA, that's like, Sacrilege. Sacrilege, <laughs> right? Like, so, I don't know. It's it's probably one of those. I'm trying to even think what else is even coming out in February. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, one of those games. Uh, the Last War says, hopefully Redfall releases in summer. Hopefully, but I mentioned delays before. I don't know. I, I think Redfall gets delayed. Mm. I think Redfall gets delayed to holiday, to, like, fall 2022. I mean, I already know summer is, like, what, July, August, and September, so, like, I was already thinking to myself, well, Redfall will come out, like, sometime mid-September or early September, maybe late August, right? But, mm, 
I don't know. There's a part of me that thinks, like, that game maybe gets pushed to, like, October, end of October. It, it's it's tough to say because, like, you just have a, a window and we're, what, what, seven months away from a potentially launching? I don't know. I just don't be surprised if Redfall gets delayed. Mm. And then the counter that, or another question about that, uh, another game getting potentially delayed. And it was interesting because me and Jez were having this conversation before we started the show. PVT, he says, just fun speculation. Jez and Rand, do you think Starfield is still coming this year? Nah. Glad you're feeling better, Rand. Randall NFT, happy weekend, Xbox 2. So me, me and Jez were talking about this because I told Jez that I think Redfall might get delayed a bit. And then I was like, what do you think about Starfield, right? Because we already seen one significant delay this year. And there are people out there being like, hold on, delays are still going to come in 2022, you know. Pandemic's still a thing. People still working from home. Um, you know, is Starfield going to make? I mean, they went out there a year and a half before release, and we're like, we're coming out 11-11-22. And I was like, Jazz, are you confident in that release date? And you told me what? Yeah, I think I think Starfield's coming this year, and I think they're going to hit their launch date. But they're, they're generally pretty good at that. So I I want to believe I want to believe, Rand. The year of Starfield, the year of God Howard. This is the year of God Howard, and I do think it's going to come this year. But you think you do you gen, do you think it's going to be delayed? And not really. No, I don't think so. I think it was ballsy of them to put out a release date that far into advance, especially uh, with all the problems that are going around everywhere. Mm. So I think they feel very confident that they can hit it. And, like, they already seem to be marketing in it quite well. We've seen videos where they talk about Starfield and what it's like, the journey and all that stuff. So it's like I think they feel like they're on track to hit that date. But I am a little bit concerned about Redfall. I think Redfall slips. Not that far. Not to like 2023, but I think it slips to later in the year. So. I can see that. Yeah. Um, Randall NFT though. A lot of NFT talk on. Hey, do you guys, you guys want to own, own my voice? <laughs> Stupid ass <laughs> Troy Baker NFT voice oh, thing today man. that he got just ripped on. Did you, then did you see Jason Schreier just rip him back? Oh, oh great. Say. Well, no, because, like, so, J- so Troy Baker did the thing about, like, I'm partnering with this, and you can either hate or create. And I just started laughing. I'm like, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, you can hate or create. Like, you've never done a podcast, so you can't, you can't criticize Xbox 2 for anybody out there who don't like the show if you've never done a podcast, right? You're just haters. You're not creators. <laughs> but... When The Last of Us 2 came out, Jason Schreier put out a tweet being like, video games are too long. And, yeah, Last of Us 2 is a long video game, right? And Troy Baker quote retweeted him with this Teddy Roosevelt quote about the man in the arena. Basically saying that, like, how you can't criticize uh, people who make stuff if you've never been in the arena making stuff, right? Oh, wow. Right? And like so, Jason. So, you know how you can tell how petty Jason is because 
as soon as the the NFT thing with Troy Baker went out, he like searched for that and found that tweet and was like, "Yeah, look at what he's like." Yeah, I don't know. I've never agreed with the whole thing. Like you can't criticize because you've never made something. It's like, listen, if I buy a freaking Ford and I'm driving around the street and my tires fall off because this car is made bad and I hurt myself. And I go to Ford, and I'm like, hey, you made this car very badly. And they were like, what do you know? Have you ever made a car? You can't criticize me. You're not in the arena. I'm like, get out of here with that shit. <laughs> in the arena of car yeah. making. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, interesting. <clears throat> Army Veteran says, because I saved with Manscaped, I can do a super chat. Well, Dying Light 2 being Game Pass day and date. Well, thank you for the support yeah. and for... Saving that sweet, sweet, sunny with ma- money with Manscaped. Hashtag XB2 in the checkout for 20% off, by the way. <laughs> with Dying Light 2 being Game Pass, Jez, there were some rumblings that Microsoft had sort of invested in, like, Techland like, a couple years ago. Um, oh. I don't know if those ended up being true. I, we, we do know those, that... Those, um... There was all these rumors that Microsoft had interest in buying a Polish studio. Mm-hmm. A lot of people thought that must mean Techland or CD Projekt or someone like that. Or like Bloober Team or whatever. Or right. Bloober, yeah. Which, by the um, way, the, those never t- turned out. Where's the Polish studio that Microsoft was supposedly going to buy? They didn't buy anybody. They didn't buy anybody since Bethesda. What are you doing, Phil? Buy some more studios so you can shut these people up. Please. Yeah, and save my DMs, God. <clears throat> but um, I have no idea what, uh, if it's true or not, if they invested in Techland. But I suspect if it was going to come to Game Pass, we probably already know about it. Mm-hmm. I but, disagree. Oh, really? They don't do really, they don't really do that stuff until right beforehand. Well, yeah, maybe. They they literally announced last week that Rainbow Six Siege Extraction is coming to Game Pass, and that releases what in like two days. So they gave basically yeah, a week and a half. That's because Ubisoft knows the game's going to be a big flop. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. But um, I don't know. I don't expect Dying Light on Game Pass, but who knows? It could be wrong. Um, it was. Uh, I mean, it could happen. Microsoft doesn't have a lot of first-party games to drop in Game Pass in February. It'd be a pretty big get. It's a multiplayer game too, which do do well on Game Pass because people are like, they want to play with their friends and the cheapest way to do it is through a multiplayer game. We saw this happen with Outriders. So I feel like it would make a lot of sense and could represent decent value for money for Microsoft. But, I don't know. It seems like almost too good to be true, maybe. I don't know. I feel like... Do you think it could happen? Where, where would you put that on the the rateometer of... I feel like out of all the games coming out in February that are new releases, that are big, I feel like Dying Light 2 is the one that has the most potential to be Game Pass Day 1 day title. I know a lot of people will be like Elden Ring, and like, sure, Elden Ring's a huge name, uh, but I don't really see that happening. And the reason I say Dying Light 2 is because of the co-op factor. You can play that game yeah. in four-player co-op. That's true. And we know Microsoft loves to put the co-op games in Game Pass because 
people playing co-op helps push the service because you can play the game and then, hey, I'm playing Dying Light 2, Jim. Why don't you get on and play with me? And he's like, all right, well, I don't, I don't own the game. Well, just subscribe to Game Pass. It's a dollar for three months or spend the ten bucks or whatever. And like, hey, can we get Nick on? Oh, you know, but Nick doesn't want to subscribe, so he ends up buying the game. You know, all those sort of things that plays out. So yeah. I think if Who's there's... Jim? I don't know. This is made up names. <laughs> Just making up names. Um, so Jim Ryan. <laughs> yeah, so I, like I think those would that would be the most obvious choice. I don't think El- like Elden Ring would be like massive if they were, came out and were like Elden Ring Day One. Like if they just put out a tweet that was like literally Elden Ring, Elden Ring Day One Xbox Game Pass, people would go absolutely crazy. It would probably be well outside of like Halo and Forza. The biggest like third party game to hit Game Pass, right? That's true. But and the thing is, Microsoft could probably get it done. There's probably mm-hmm. a monetary figure they could throw at Bandai Namco, and Bandai Namco would be like, "Yes." But then, is it worth it to Xbox if that figure is, say, three hundred million dollars? We'll give you $300 million for day one. And if you're Bandai, do you say uh, yes? Because you know you're still going to sell a game on PC and PlayStation and on Xbox. Now you're just $300 million richer, and I'm sure that would pay for literally everything and then some. So that's the thing. I think, what's the thing? Like everybody, the, what, uh, the Ted DiBiase uh, in the WWE, the old WWE. Oh, my God, Ted right? DiBiase? Yeah, that's I, a blast from the past. Everybody's got a price, right? Everybody's going to pay or whatever. What, however his theme song goes, I think everybody has a price. The question is, like, is Microsoft willing to pay that price? Mm. And I don't think they are. So I think you could potentially get Dying Light 2 for cheaper than you could get Elden Ring. And I think that game fits in the whole co-op stuff a lot better with Game Pass. So, <sighs> I mean... I don't think it's 100%. You know, I, I would say it's more like 20-80, leaning in favor of it not happening. But, you know, February's going to be a big month for PlayStation. They got Horizon Zero Dawn, or Horizon Forbidden West coming out. They got Sifu releasing. Um, so Xbox might want to counter that with some sort of big enough. Because, like, maybe that's exactly why they do do it. Because because of PlayStation having a big February. That'd be a great way to snatch headlines, like Dying Light, Day One in Game Pass, or Elden Ring, Day One in Game Pass. It kind of incentivizes them to do it, but... I and, know. and Jeff Crubb has talked about how, like, they have billions of dollars to spend on Game Pass because of... And they need to spend it because of all the inflation that's going on in the world right now, right? And the money's just sitting there losing values, and you you got to grow the service, and... We talked about it last year. Remember when we, we talked about the Game Pass numbers? You kind of put out that it was like $22 million, but it wasn't really because you read the thing wrong, which is why you should always come to me with your leaks first so I can read <laughs> them for you so you don't you don't, you don't don't get them wrong when you go public with these things, Jez. Oh, my God. You should learn your lesson wow. on this. Shoppings. Um And it was kind of came out that, like, Game Pass was kind of more or less stagnant in the first half of the year, or like after like Outriders and MLB came out, because it wasn't anything. 
uh, Game Pass didn't start picking up until after E3 when it was like, okay, here's 12 minutes, and here's The Ascent, and here's Forza, and here's Psychonauts, and here's Microsoft Flight Sim. Like, you need these steady cadence of pretty big games, or at least pretty big new games to come out. Yeah. And, you know, right now when you look at it, like, Xbox really doesn't, they got nothing from first party. Stalker 2 was supposed to be the big game, and that's delayed. So, you know, it, Tunic might be a great game, uh, but, like, I don't really think Tunic's going to push Game Pass subscriptions. And I know people yeah. are talking about Crossfire X, but it's just like, I don't know, some of the early previews for Crossfire X make it sound pretty bad. So I wouldn't pin my hopes on that game as being the savior of, you know, the first half of the year. So if Xbox wants wants to keep the momentum up of Game Pass from, you know, the holidays, from the Forza and Halo push, like they did what the best they could with January. They got the only new game releasing with Rainbow Six Siege Extraction and then Hitman, which we'll talk about a little bit about how, like, that's, incredible it's like you you gotta keep it you gotta keep it going like you can't just be like we got a couple small indie games that nobody really cares about and that's it so yeah i, I kind of do think they sort of need to grab a dying light too um or what else they can get because i don't even know what else is even coming out in you know the first half of the year so we'll see if it is, we'll find out and really soon because it's... When does Dying Light 2 even come out? It's like the 8th or the 4th? Like, Something like that. Yeah, so we'll find out soon enough. Uh, Supernova says, hey, Rand and Jez. Hope you're doing well. Welcome back, Rand. It's good to be back. I hope everyone's having a great time watching the show, lurking, chatting, uh, all that good stuff. We really appreciate everyone being here, and I love doing the show on Fridays. So, so I don't have to listen to, to Gaz being upset at me or Nick being like, freaking doing the show again on Saturday. I'm like, I'm sorry, Nick. My bad, brother. I'll stop doing the show on Saturday when you start getting some of your things right. How's that? <laughs> oh, dear. Poor Nick. No, actually, Nick gets a lot of things right, especially when they come to PlayStation. He's a PlayStation insider these days. Well, I don't know. It was Nick who first bought the thought of Killer Instinct coming back, right? Yeah, that is true. And that there is, is true. some, me and Jeff Grubb have heard some interesting things So why don't you it, tell so. the people about that? So um, you wrote an article, I believe, the other day, talking about Killer Instinct. And in there you yeah. said that, like, now take this with the ultimate grain of salt. This is a fairly unsubstantiated rumor. Yes. But you're hearing one yeah, that rental. that Killer Instinct is indeed back in development, right? And that, too, you've actually heard who might be making it. Yes. And this is the biggest the biggest grains of salt. It's like a salt, a salt, I don't know, cube of... It's more <laughs> than a grain. It's more like a salt cube. We can, we can um, hear you playing Dark Souls right now, by the way. Actually, I'm playing Tales of Iron. Right? Oh, Tales of Iron, <laughs> right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tales of Iron, um... I'm going to stop playing it, though, because this boss is doing my head in. But um, I have uh, I've heard through the grapevine and, you know, substantiated Nick's original rumors about Killer Instinct that they are indeed exploring bringing it back. And not only that, the biggest grain of salt, I've heard that one of Bandai Namco's fighting game teams might be working on it. So that's like... Um, 
the team that team what are they called? Team Soul who make Soul Calibur. Mm-hmm. And also and also you may or may not know this. I didn't know this, but Bandai Namco actually made Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. I did not know that. Yeah, like Sora <coughs> Limited or whatever. I think something like that. Yeah. So they they made Smash Brothers as well. So they obviously they have a lot of fighting game pedigree within the within the team. They also make Tekken, I believe, don't they? I find those things. Think so, although I'm not really I'm not 100 yeah, percent on that. Or do they just publish it? I don't know. But anyway, they've got a lot of fighting game studios, Bandai Namco does, and you know maybe maybe this is their next project, Killer Instinct, right? Um, also, connecting the dots, it was discovered by. Can't remember exactly who discovered this, but um, it was discovered that Microsoft had hired the Nether the a Nether Realm veteran who mm. supported Mortal Kombat all the way back to the Midway days, back in um, back in the nineties. So this this chap knows how to produce a fighting game, basically. And I kind of feel like you don't hire Nether Realm's producer, Mortal Kombat veteran, unless you are exploring specifically. A fighting game. But, you know, it could be all smoke and mirrors. It could be putting two and two together and making five. Maybe he's making a different game. Maybe maybe he left Netherrealm because he didn't want to make fighting games anymore. Maybe this rumor about Bandai Namco isn't true or accurate or it's, it's misinterpreted somehow. Which is why, like, when I put rumors out there, I like to have a document to back me up. And this time I don't have a document, which is why I'm saying take it with a huge grain of salt. I don't like relying on word of mouth, Rand. I like to have my documents. I like to have my physical evidence. Mm-hmm. Because if it doesn't pan out, then I can be like, well, look at this document. This document said it was happening at one point. You know. So, um, uh, yeah, that's that's the whole killer instinct rumor right now. I mean, how likely do you think it is? Do you think it's something that could happen? Do you think it's something that should happen? I mean, it's definitely uh, something that should have happened. It's definitely something that should happen. I think it's definitely something that should have already been happening. I think we should have already been playing. I think we should already have known about a Killer Instinct and should should be expecting a rival in the next couple of years. Uh, so, yeah, I do believe that it's back in development. I mean, Phil pretty much said that, like, they didn't give up on it. They really want to do it, but it was just like a matter of finding the right pitch and hearing from the right team and that was the thing. It was like Xbox doesn't have any first-party studios right now that are fighting game studios so it's like you would have to you would have to look to somebody else and i think xbox is also very wary about looking to uh third party uh companies these days to make games from because like look what happened from the xbox one generation you know they they make crytek makes rise for them but they have they let Crytek, I think they let Crytek own the Rise IP and they couldn't come to uh, a an agreement to do a sequel. So that game just is like gone and dead. Uh Sunset Overdrive, they let they let Insomniac own that and Insomniac eventually gets purchased and Miles like if Sunset Overdrive 2 ever comes out, it's never coming to play Xbox. Um the whole thing with Crackdown 3, uh that was just a complete disaster. Um you know, like, a lot of the games that were were made for Xbox by third parties didn't turn out very well. Uh, Remedy, Quantum Break, like, even though the game was set up for sequels, it was like, it, they didn't bother making one. And the only only one that did work out well was the Ori games, and they were absolutely incredible. So, 
I think part of the reasons why Microsoft, like, bought all these studios was because they wanted to own everything. They wanted to, like, not have to rely on independent third parties, either from, like, squeezing them for for, for more money, right, um, or what have you. They wanted to own the content and rely on their own studios instead of having to rely on other people. Um, so... Yeah, and then we've even heard, like, all the studios that Microsoft are currently working with, they're all kind of, like, test trials for acquisition, potentially, you know what I mean? So yeah. there's even more behind, there's even more behind that than just, we need a game made, and it's not from our first party, it's like, we want a game made, and we would actually like for you to join our first party team, and we want to see if we're a good fit. So there's more beyond, more behind it than just, like, we need a game made, make it for us. Right? Um, Do you think it's kind of like they're following the model they followed for Playground, almost, with it, when it comes to IO Interactive, and um, which we're going to talk about the accidental rumors. <laughs> 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 but like, when it comes to like some of the studios they're working with, like IO Interactive and um, Avalanche, Avalanche yeah. they're, they're kind of like Crystal they're Dynamics. trying to the model. Yeah, Crystal Dynamics. They're modeling it on what they did with. Um, Playground, because obviously that worked out pretty damn well for them, right? Yes. I mean, Playground is like, well, we don't know if it's going to work on Fable yet. We know, like, Playground games can make a damn good, fine racing game. In fact, the best racing games, um, you know, still up in the air about Fable. How do you feel about Fable, by the way? Are you confident in Playground to to turn out a top-of-the-line open-world action RPG um, that looks as incredible as the Forza series and makes Playground Games perhaps one of the best developers in the world by having, like, two highly acclaimed series that they can kind of go back and forth on? It's interesting because, you know, making an action game is a lot different to making making a racing game. And honestly, all the dialogue and story elements they try to put in Forza Horizon are terrible. I'm sorry, they are. They're absolutely terrible. Yeah, they're cringe pretty bad. Yeah, they're bad. They're, they're so, so cringe. It makes me want to, like... Forza it makes me want to not play the game. It doesn't need a story. They keep on trying to shoehorn a story into Forza, but it doesn't need one. Yeah. But that that, that scares me. Like, they are so bad and so cringe and so badly written and they make no sense and they're, they're completely devoid of creativity. They're just terrible. So, like, does, is that going to be a factor in Fable? No, I don't, I don't think so, because story, dialogue, characters are so incredibly important to RPGs when they, like, they're basically just nothing for racing games. So, like, I... You think that. Well, you hope that, right? I mean, if they're going to do... If they're going to try to, like, transpose the characters and the dialogue and the story of Forza into Fable, then Fable's going to be a gigantic failure, failure like, right away. <laughs> They like people kind of just like they play Forza for the racing and then they just zone out when the to- the story parts happen and the talking right. But yeah. like that is one of the most important parts of an RPG. So like th- it has to be good. And I think it's about who you hire to do it. Like they can just hire an intern who's whatever. Like write some lines for in- introduction of a race <laughs> in Mexico. We got to go to the we got to go to the the pyramids or whatever, uh, but we actually need to hire someone with some writing credentials for these epic quests you'll be going on in Fable because that's what it's all about. So I, 
I don't, I'm not really concerned about the writing because one, one, one game is more important than the other. Yeah, I mean, they have hired some pretty high pedigree people for Fable. They've taken some of the best devs from Rockstar and CD Projekt Red to make some of the, you know, to lead development on aspects of the game, which, you know, bodes well, right? You don't need, like, CD Projekt Red's combat designer for Forza, um, you know, and, uh, so I want to, I want to believe, you know, and I, I also want to believe that they won't get sort of bogged down by, the legacy of Fable, because I think there's a, there's a bit of a contention around. I think some people really want it to be a very British game with the sort of Life of Brian kind of humour and stuff like that. But then there's a lot of other people who want it to be dark, darker game, you know, more like a Grim Brothers Grim fairy tale maybe or something like that. Um, I hope they don't try too hard to pander to the legacy of Fable. So I don't think I don't think that British humour really has the broadest appeal in the world. I could be wrong. I mean, I say that I say that as a Brit who likes British humor, but I don't know. I just kind of I just kind of wanted to be a, ser- a more serious game, darker in tone, and uh, I mean, it, I still want it to be fable and maybe sort of light-hearted to some degree. But yeah, I don't I know. Get you, I, get you. I uh, think they've, they've got a lot to prove. Basically, is what I'm saying. I uh, kind of went off on the tangent because originally we were talking about acquisitions. Yeah. Well, you know, the acquisitions work, and I'm sure we still have to talk about some of that. Uh, Chaos Mind has been a member for 11 months, says, What's up to my favorite podcasters of the week? Keep up the good work. Freddie Fox in the Super Chat says, Whoa, 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 wait a minute. The great Rand L. Thor, L. Thor, didn't beat Horizon Zero Dawn in any explanation. Well, keep up the good work, fellas. Um, I think I tried playing Horizon Zero Dawn during a part in time where I was burnt out on open world games. So I just put it down and just didn't continue with it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I've always planned on going back before the sequel came out. So uh, the sequel's out, or coming out, so I kind of need to go back and actually uh, finish it, right? So, or actually, I'm only, I think I only played it for like two hours. So, uh, yeah. Let's see what else we got here. Um, Caitlin Brown says, I heard Dying Light got delayed. It did get delayed. It's, it's I mean, it's supposed to be coming out in less than a month. I don't know if it gets delayed again. Uh, Space Dovican says, that. didn't Grub, didn't Grub Grub say that Xbox is billions aside for Game Pass deals alone? He did say that, I believe. And, I mean, they need to spend that money because of the inflation. And maybe, you know, they will. Maybe they'll throw out some money for Dying Light too. Maybe they'll try to throw out some billions, some, some, some hundreds of millions for Elden Ring. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, what else we got here? Uh, Installation 7 says Xbox needs a new user interface home screen. Its current one doesn't feel next-gen or gaming-centric. It feels right now like a Windows dashboard. How do you feel about that, Jez? You know, I actually have an article coming out next week where I discuss a thousand tweets worth of Xbox feedback. A thousand? Jesus. Over a thousand tweets. So I tweeted out just before the new year. What are the biggest concerns you have about Xbox? And, um, you know, reply here below. And I went through that entire list of tweets and arranged them in a spreadsheet by category. And um, I was surprised, Ron, that, like, the second highest complaint, the second or third highest complaint, was the Xbox dashboard. Mm. Um, because I, I personally don't mind it. Like, I, I just go to the dashboard and then jump straight in the game and I don't really think about it beyond that, but... 
Um, there's a general consensus that it's cluttered and you can't see very much of the background and you can't control how, how much of the recommended content, quote unquote, is on the on the dashboard. The sort of algorithmic stuff that was implemented, uh, you know, a few few versions ago. So um, it is a huge complaint. Like it's one of the biggest complaints from the community is that it, people don't like the interface. I also think that like it's a problem because um, that kind of bottleneck because of the, the way they've set it up. It's like hypervisor and it's got a very limited amount of system access to like work and stuff like that. Because it's on, it's on like a separate partition to where the games run, kind of. I don't know. But that is a big complaint. So maybe they will address it because it is one of the biggest complaints. Um, but I don't know. Maybe they just think it's just a dashboard and... I know they make a lot of money from that recommended content, so maybe they just leave it as it is. I don't know. I, guess I think if they through. change it, it won't be until, like, later in the gen. I think they've done so much tweaking of it. I, I think they they sort of feel like this is it. Um, I mean, that Jason Ronald did kind of discuss what the priorities are for Xbox this year, and one of them is Game DVR. They want to fix that. Yeah. And they're also, they also want to fix, they also want to add more for stuff to the achievement system. They said on the iLords podcast, uh, they did, they did, but you know what? Yeah. If they, I believe, I'll believe it when I see it when it comes to the achievement stuff because yeah, I've heard well, some right? things behind the scenes about achievement changes and things they might add and whatever. And it's just, it, for years now I've heard, I mean, I, I've heard some of this stuff going back to like 2015. And you know what happens? Yeah. It never pans out because the priorities always end up changing. And guess what? Achievements aren't a priority to Xbox. I'm sorry, they're not. And yeah. it's maybe disappointing to hear, but like, so I like Jason Rundle a lot, and I think he's he's done great work. And you know, and I'm sure maybe achievements are on a list somewhere, uh, but I'll believe it when I see it. I because I, 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 I just. I've heard so many things over the years about how they were going to add this and add that and do this and do that, and guess what? None of it happened. So I'm yeah. not going to get my hopes up until it actually I'm, – I'm staring at it and being like, okay, they did something. Do you so, remember the career system? Yeah, I do. remember when Mike Yabar came on to our podcast and talked about that. Yeah, that was Yeah, weird. and that's, that's the story that everybody took away from that show was this career system. Um. And then uh, we were we were all like quoted, but nobody quoted the podcast. People quoted your article that you wrote <laughs> about the podcast, and I was just like, and that was the beginning of me being Randall Chop Liver, <laughs> and just the, like the 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 side mascot to Jez Jez Corden. Oh man, you know, so you know, what's what it is. Um, my good buddy Gaming Forte has been a member for 16 months. Says he's back. Glad you're feeling better, brother. YouTube and party chats haven't been the same without you. Hope you drink all your Ovaltine. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, Ovaltine. Uh, Dub, who's been a member for seven months, says, Hope we do get a new Killer Instinct. Of all the unofficial, unofficially unannounced titles that are in dev, what are your two most excited for, for? For me, it's definitely Project Dragon. Huh. Okay, so Jez, all the unofficially unannounced titles that are in development, which one are you most excited for? Man, I have the full design brief for Project Dragon on my desktop. And if they nail all of their plans for Project Dragon, it's going to be mind-blowing. But I kind of feel like the game they're proposing costs hundreds of millions of dollars. 
and I've got a feeling it'll probably be cut back a little bit before it launches. But Project Dragon does sound pretty damn incredible. Um, you know, Diablo Destiny kind of service type game with a big campaign story and it's, it's my kind of game. It sounds pretty badass. I just don't know if, I just don't know if it'll pan out, you know. There's, these things often don't, sadly. But I think Project Dragon's up there. I, I also really like In Exile, so Project Cobalt is also one that I'm interested in. A shooter from Wasteland Dev. Man, I know you ain't played Wasteland Rand, mm. or you ain't played it much, but In Exile, they have no chill when it comes to writing, man. Like, you get a lot of devs, I feel like a lot of devs just like, they pull punches and they think like, we shouldn't put this in, it might be a bit offensive or a bit weird and people think we're crazy. And Exile don't give a fuck. They don't care, man. Like, in Exile's writing is like, on another level of weird. So I just want to see how that translates to a shooter. Or maybe they'll take it more seriously, I don't know. But there's some weird stuff in Wasteland, like really, really weird stuff in Wasteland, and I just kind of want to see that on a grander stage. But I'm also quite interested in State of Decay 3, and uh, we could talk about that some more in a bit, because there's been some uh Well, why, why don't we talk about that right now? So, sure. we'll talk about the Undead Lab stuff, because I think you said you, you mentioned to me that you were going to drop something on the podcast. Some, oh, did I? Yeah. And I know that uh, it was coming around that, like, they are opening up a new studio or a support studio to help work on, like, Unreal Engine 5 stuff. You remember this? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But then you, you told me something else regarding Undead Labs. But oh, okay. I don't know if you remember. So, okay. It's that thing, like, I don't know if you want me to say it because I'm not sure. Uh, uh, I'll go I'll go, I'll go have a look back through the tweets. But I... <laughs> It's uh these TMs, right? Yeah. Okay, so there's um I mean we'll talk about the stuff that's out there first before before I, I just double check if I actually can talk about this stuff. But um the stuff that's out there recently about Undead Labs is quite interesting because um uh we know that Undead Labs has been growing quite rapidly as a studio. And it's uh, it's interesting because uh, Jeremy Penter from ACG, he put out a tweet saying, um, uh, trust me, we don't want to see State of Decay for a while. Mm-hmm, Happy mm-hmm. about the work on 3, but well, yeah. Which made State of Decay 3 sound like it was in a bit of a state, to put it bluntly. But um, it sounds like State of Decay 3 is very early in production right now. And it sounds like they they put out the fact they're making it maybe a little bit early, but at the same time, it's kind of like sometimes you have to put that stuff out there because you have to recruit and rehire and stuff. So it could be like seen as a good thing that they wanted to get it out early because they really want to expand because they've got expanded ambitions over State of Decay 2. Like we know State of Decay 2 is basically a double A game, you know, if that. There was like, there was loads of stuff missing. The co-op system was terrible, frustrating with its like tethering system, which is completely antithetical to a sandbox game. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be tethered to your co-op buddies in a sandbox game, because it defeats the point of a sandbox game. You drive too far away from your friend, and then shit happens. It doesn't make any sense. So, they needed network engineers, that, and the whole idea with State of Decay was, it was always going to be some kind of MMO, some kind of big, big MMO kind of game, and um, it sounds like that's the ambition they're going for, because um, 
a lot of people have been hired for State of Decay. Not only have they been hired for State of Decay, but it seems like, according to LinkedIn, that there's a new support studio opening up for Undead Labs in Orlando, Florida. And they've been hiring, they've been poaching people from EA, Orlando, specifically for State of Decay. Like some pretty prolific devs who worked on like Jedi Knight and Fallen Order and stuff like that and and a bunch of different games and, and artists and all that stuff. So it sounds like State of Decay and Undead Labs is expanding to meet some kind of higher ambitions than the original game had. And yeah, it might mean that we don't see State of Decay until 2023 or even 2024, you know. But at the same time, I'd rather have a AAA game that can really deliver on the franchise's potential than go with another AA game that doesn't really expand what the franchise already is. Because State of Decay 1 and State of Decay 2 are basically the same game. Like, all they did really was add co-op. And I remember when I played State of Decay 2 with E3, I remember thinking... Man, they haven't really added anything. It had the same zombies. It had the same gameplay loop. There aren't really any features and stuff like that. And um, some people in DM brand, they got to me and they were saying things like, why are they doing so much work on State of Decay 2? Why doesn't that... Why aren't they focusing on State of Decay 3? Well, the answer to that is it's because they're using State of Decay 2 to sort of test things for State of Decay 3 and refine things for State of Decay 3. Like, they've tweaked the infestation system, because State of Decay is a very statistic and database-driven game. It has all these intersecting dynamic systems, like, more as you play the sandbox, more and more zombies come, and dynamic events happen, and, you know, you get to a point where there's, like, hundreds of zombies everywhere, and stuff like that. And all that happens is a, it, it responds to your gameplay. So, there's a lot of system work that has to be done, and some of the work they're doing for State of Decay 2 is going to inform them for State of Decay 3. So, and some of the new devs that are coming on board for Undead Labs, they're sort of being given projects on State of Decay 2 to sort of get them up to speed with the way the system works, because it is this sort of endemic zombie system. It's really, com- it's really complex. And um, the fact that you sort of don't notice how complex it is, is kind of like, it's a good thing and a bad thing. You, you almost, like, don't realise the amount of stuff that goes on behind the scenes to make the sandbox experience happen. That being said, it kind of sucks that they announced it so early and we haven't seen anything of it at all. We have no idea what kind of direction it's going to take, what kind of features it's going to have. It could be years before we see it and all that kind of stuff. And it's just kind of that one of those games that has a big question mark hanging over it. Much like Playground Games with Fable, much like the initiative with Perfect Dark, Undead Labs has a lot to prove, and um, we just have to wait, man. It's just more waiting on some of this stuff. But it does sound like they've got much bigger ambitions for it. Okay. I know you're not that, you're not a huge fan of State of Decay, but you're the kind of person that they need to get on board. Because right now, the only people who is, the only State of Decay has a passionate fan base, but it's mostly from people who really like almost the idea of it and the sandbox, and the zombie, the fantasy of being in a zombie apocalypse. Now they need to really nail the fun aspect. Because, like, a lot of it just feels janky. The shooting feels janky. The melee combat feels janky. The the base building's not that compelling, really. There's a lot that needs to be done to bring that up to a sort of mainstream level. And I think they'll do it. I think they'll nail it with all these extra hires and all that kind of stuff. Interesting. I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. I know, I know, I know you're a big fan of State of Decay, so as long as you get a game that you like and love, 
for me, I just need it to be <laughs> an actual evolution from State of the K2 and actually have untethered co-op and actually look really, really good because State of the K2 did not. You know, no no more excuses. Like, yeah, you can make the excuse, well, they weren't acquired by Xbox at the time, whatever, but now they're an Xbox studio, so you better at least get yeah. pretty close to that debut trailer, you know. The expectations are going to be higher, man. They're going to be higher. And it's always a thing with when they join Xbox is the expectations go up because Microsoft has the money. They have the bread. And it's like, you know, if if you are this big, rich corporation, why can't we get games that look as good as, good as God of War or have the animation fidelity as God of, God of War and Horizon Forbidden West and all these other games, you know? Yeah. So... Uh, Eddie the Psycho's member for 17 months says, Happy New Year, everyone. Wishing you all good health, and hopefully it's better than the last two years. Let's hope so. Let's definitely hope so. Um, Aquaman says, Why isn't Compulsion's game contrast on Game Pass? It's probably because... Yeah, probably published... Is uh, is that an indie game, or is that published by somebody? I'm looking up right now. Contrast. It might be published by someone. It might, yeah. it might be owned. Not, or not, maybe they just haven't bothered because no one. Cares yeah, about because it. Contrast is it's an okay game. Uh, J Boy says, any chance Final Final Fantasy 14 will make it to Xbox? So this is also a topic I have because it came out. Uh, I think somebody posted it. Somebody with connections posted it on Reset Era, basically saying that like, yeah, Final Fantasy is probably not going to come to Xbox this gen. And that Final Fantasy VII Remake will probably never come. And if Remake Part 1 doesn't come to Xbox, then more than likely Remake Part 2 won't come. And we already know Final Fantasy 16 is like a two-year timed exclusive. And who knows if it even comes after that. And Final Fantasy 14, like they've talked about it for years. I'm just going to say no. I'm just going to say I don't think we'll see Final Fantasy games on Xbox this whole gen. Yeah, I kind of, I'm kind of in that camp too. I think the 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 era of Final Fantasy on Xbox is probably over. Um, it, I remember it. Do you remember when Final Fantasy 13 was announced for Xbox and it was this huge yes. big deal? Because it was a big it deal. Was, it was a big deal. It was like, oh my god, Final Fantasy is on Xbox. It's never been on Xbox. I think Microsoft has always had to pay a premium to get Final Fantasy. And I think right now they just don't feel like it's worth the ask. I think they're just literally thinking, Square Enix is asking for too much money. And we don't think it's worth it. We've looked at the, we've looked at the data, and we've just decided that no, we're not, we're not gonna, we're not gonna entertain their request anymore. You know, could be wrong, could be wrong. Hopefully, I'm wrong because I, you know, I want Xbox fans to get it. I am know? almost positive Final Fantasy VII Remake was already supposed to be out on Xbox, and the fact mm-hmm. that it's been over two years, going into like, like the third year. And already out on PC, there's just some, some just tells me that like they just bought like permanent exclusivity for that game. Yeah. And it, and at some point like is it even worth bringing it to Xbox three years later? And if you don't bring the first part one remake, then why even bother bringing part two? Maybe maybe they're more than happy taking Sony's checks, right? Maybe they're just like, and if you're Square Enix, like I've said it, I don't know how many times, like. You're going to sell all the majority of your games on PlayStation anyways, at least for Final Fantasy. And if Sony's out, out there offering you a significant paycheck, like, why wouldn't you take it? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? 
I know it sucks for Xbox fans because ever since Final Fantasy 13 came over, we've kind of gotten all the Final Fantasies like Final Fantasy 13 and Light and 13-2 and Light Lightning Strikes or whatever the third one was. I forget the name <laughs> of it. Um, I remember either Lightning Returns. Is it? Yeah. Because um, because I think even at the time wasn't. Final Fantasy 15, no, 15 was originally supposed to be a PlayStation exclusive, you remember? Yeah, I do remember that. Um, Final Fantasy 13 Versus. Yeah, Final Fantasy 13 Versus was originally supposed to be a a PlayStation exclusive. And then, I think that was announced during the PS3 era when a lot of devs thought the PS3 was just going to dominate, and it didn't. And a lot of formerly PlayStation exclusives... Uh, from third party started going to Xbox, like Devil May Cry, um, Metal Gear. I'm trying to think of some other, like, I remember when Devil May Cry, when Devil May Cry 4 made that announcement, how, like, Devil May Cry 4 will be launching day one on, on 360. Like, at the time, NeoGAF melted down because they couldn't believe it, <laughs> right? And then more and more, like, former exclusive PlayStation third party franchises started to, to move over because, the PS3 was just not selling well. And Final yeah. Fantasy 13 was just that huge announcement. Because everybody was just like, "There's, I have a couple reasons to get a PS3. One of them was Metal Gear Solid 4, and the other one was supposed to be Final, Final Fantasy 13. And then 13 came to Xbox, and then... um. But they had also announced Final Fantasy 13 Versus, which eventually came to 15, and that one came to Xbox. And then Kingdom Hearts, which was always exclusive to PlayStation, released for the mainline series. And then that one became multi-platform. I just sort of feel like Square Enix and, and Sony, at least on the Japanese side, have become tighter. So I, at this point, at this point moving forward, I'm just going to expect Final Fantasy games to be exclusive to PlayStation. I, okay. And if they come to Xbox, then great, but... Um, I'm not, I, I'm just not going to, like, think like, well, Final Fantasy 16 will come, you know, two years later. I'm just of the mindset that, like, it's probably just not going to happen. I'm, I'm expecting the games not to come. And if they do come, great. But that's, that's where yeah. I'm at at this point. Yeah, I agree. I don't think you'll see, I don't think you can expect Final Fantasy or Legend of Mana or, or a lot of these other games on Xbox anymore. I just think Microsoft just, they don't make sense for Game Pass either, which is a problem. Like, Microsoft wants multiplayer games ultimately for Game Pass. And I think Microsoft just thinks, like, Square Enix wants this much money, and we don't think it's worth it, because look at Final Fantasy, you know, some of these other games did. Maybe they, like, use some of the other Final Fantasy games as a test bed, because they did have Final Fantasy Nine and some of the games on Game Pass, I think. Didn't they? Was it Final Fantasy Nine on Game Pass? They put all of them on there, like, 7, 8, 9, 12... Yeah. Um, yeah, the, I, the, the, the 360 games, yeah, they put them all in there. Yeah, I think they were, like, they were trying to, like, figure out if they were actually going to do anything for Game Pass, and I guess they didn't, for whatever reason. Wh- which one? Like, all the all the JRPGs, like the Final Fantasy JRPGs, I don't know. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know, like... I guess we'll just have to see how the future pans out for that stuff, but definitely seems that Square Enix is more situated with PlayStation this time around for this gen. Uh, yeah. Chinook guys says, will Xbox ever 
cover their DRM problem. Um, I, I, I'm assuming that your, the DRM problem you're talking about is the one where you need to like be online to, to um, yeah, it has a, it up, um, right? It has a DRM ping. Um, it has a DRM ping when uh, if you're offline for too long, then it needs to connect to the internet or whatever. And um, people are saying that's bad because, like, what if one day they, you know, they turn the servers off or whatever, then our Xboxes will be broken or useless or whatever. I don't, I don't see it as a problem. It's a narrative being pushed by some YouTubers that it's a big deal and it's a big problem, but Microsoft aren't just going to turn the servers off anytime soon, like maybe forever. But I don't, I don't see it as an issue and, um, you know, I think it's just it's just a narrative being pushed by some YouTubers for some reason. So it's whatever. The DRM stops hackers and all kinds of security issues. So it's a double-edged sword. You want them to get rid of the DRM, then you know it, it results in other problems. So I don't know. Uh, my buddy, whatever. one bad mother from over at Xbox Era says, "Happy to see the dynamic duo, Tomato Man and Boy Mayo together again. Fridays are better with you back." Although Nick may have pushback about Saturdays, though. <laughs> and Nick always does have pushback about Saturdays. Uh, Jacqueline says, hey, gents, on today's Sacred Symbols, Colin said that PlayStation has even more third-party exclusives. Is this not motivation for Xbox to buy more? Uh, yes, it should be. And, yes, that's why they're going to be buying more in the future. And yeah. that's one of the reasons why they bought Bethesda. Uh, so, look, it's business, like... PlayStation is very much like they're going to be spending money to get games. And a lot of companies want to go with PlayStation because they think PlayStation is going to win this generation. So there are some like Square Enix that are like, we'll take PlayStation's money and we're going to sell the majority of our games there, so it's good for us. Others might be like, Xbox maybe gives us a better deal, we'll go with them because we're still going to sell elsewhere, and maybe the exclusivity isn't that harsh on Xbox. Right, like they just really want Game Pass exclusivity, or and that we're, we're perfectly okay with that. Uh, where, where PlayStation really wants like time exclusivity, where like you're not launching on another console for like a year at least. Where Xbox is a little bit more fluid, you could be six months or eight months like the medium, or you know uh, what Death Store was only like what three or four months. I think that's out on Switch and PlayStation now. Um, I saw the Ascent just get raided. So, like, Xbox is a little bit more loose with with their things. Because um, they really are trying to all be about, like, getting day one games for Game Pass. Mm. But, you know, play, as we, me and Jazz have said this from the start, PlayStation's goal for this gen was to kill Xbox. And I'm not mincing words with that. Neither is Jazz. Like, that was their goal. And... Things didn't work out to PlayStation's benefit in that. Like, obviously, the supply shortage, semiconductor shortage, really hampered them to the point where, like, Jez, <laughs> they're producing more PS4s for this year. <laughs> yeah. You know? That cracks me up. And it still cracks me up because we'll talk about it in a second because I want to continue on with, with the point I'm trying to make is, like, and then with the games being delayed, think about it, like, PlayStation had a really good launch. They had Dark Souls, they had Spider-Man Miles Morales, they had Sackboy, 
and a couple other games. They definitely had a better launch than Xbox, like, hands down. Like, mm-hmm. Xbox launched with Gears Tactics, which was a six-month-old PC port. Like, they didn't launch with much. Uh, and, you know, me and you criticized them for that. And it, it turned out they didn't need to launch with anything. People just wanted the system. But Sony actually had some games for them. And then everything kind of started going bad for Sony in 2021. Because Horizon couldn't make it, God of War couldn't make it, Gran Turismo couldn't make it, uh, Forspoken couldn't make it, right? Some of their big deals, uh, Ghostwire Tokyo couldn't make it. I mean, how I remember when Deathloop was supposed to be a launch title, and that ended up not coming out until almost a year later. So PlayStation was only able to launch with Returnal and Ratchet. Both decent games, well, more, more than decent, like Returnal's, I think, incredible, uh, Ratchet less so. Um, and, but the whole goal for PlayStation was that they wanted to just have this overwhelming lineup for the first year, and they were going to hit you with literally everything, and they were going to make it seem like PlayStation, if if you're a gamer, then the only place to play is PlayStation, because look at all this incredible content that we have lined up for the first year. Well, Xbox was going to have virtually nothing until Halo and Forza. That was their plan, from what I had been told. And it kind of all fell apart because they couldn't make as many systems as they wanted to, and then the games weren't being able to be made on time, so a lot of the games ended up slipping, which... Maybe that turns out to their benefit this year, but, like, they were making deals behind the scenes. They were trying to set up their whole thing where it was just going to be a a slaughter. And I heard people from Xbox telling me, you know, like you had heard, like, PlayStation was out there to destroy Xbox. That's what they wanted to do. And it didn't happen. So I'm not surprised they got more deals because we were hearing about a lot, a lot of things behind the scenes and but you know a lot of there's a lot of companies that still don't want to announce stuff yet because of you know the way everything is right now so you probably start seeing a lot more stuff get exactly uh get announced this year but um it, <laughs> what do you think about the ps4 getting um a, an extra like extension of life for another year another million units uh, added to uh, to it when Xbox One has been discontinued for over a year. First, it, it makes me laugh. Not because Sony are doing it, but because there were so many fanboys who were like, oh, Xbox Series S is holding, holding the gen back and all this stuff. And now PlayStation's doing it. They're, they're not keeping the same, you know the same sort of criticisms. They're like, oh, this is really smart play by Sony. This is really great. Great job, Sony. Genius. It just goes to show that Microsoft was right. And it's it's not even like it's not even like it's it's some kind of super genius strategy Microsoft pulled off here. It's just the, the same strategy that they use for mobile mobile phones. If you wanna if you want to sell a piece of hardware, different people have different budgets and you kind of gonna meet them where they are you know whether the whether that means you meet them on their phones or whether you like um you know 
make make a cheaper skew like what they've done with the Series S. There's like there's literally no there was no reason to not do it that way. So like when all the like I saw all the all these game journalists pearl clutching about it saying oh my god my, what was that one article Microsoft's robbing people of yeah, the next gen thrill yeah yeah that was all the stuff because because Phil and Matt were upfront about their plans they were like listen we're gonna support yeah. cross gen for essentially what uh, two years right. And yeah. PlayStation was out there talking about they believe in generations. And, you know, we gave it to Jim Ryan, tap dancing Jim Ryan, tap dancing around the fact that, you know, they already had plans of not only putting their biggest games on PS4 for 2022, but then knowingly also putting and building these PC ports of their games as well. Remember? Because it was just like... PC, we're not putting all of our games on PC, even though, of course, they were putting all their games on PC, and they were a bit, like, it all, I don't know, I've always said, like, I feel like PlayStation's management is, like, thinks their fans are, like, children, almost, because they, they won't be truthful with them, because they're, they, like, they fear their reaction, because you remember the reaction to when, like, when Horizon Zero Dawn got announced for PC, some of these dudes lost their minds. They couldn't believe it. And even to this day, some, some of those fans are just like, this makes my PlayStation worthless, right? Yeah. And I think they understood that. And it was just like, well, Xbox, we saw the reaction Xbox got to announcing and saying, like, hey, we're, we're going to support Xbox One for a couple of years, and then we're going next gen. And I think PlayStation felt like, well, we can actually get some good press on that. And then our fans will freak out for a while. And then <laughs> they freaked out when it was like, oh, by the way, like all these games are cross-gen. And then the whole PC thing, because I still remember when Horizon was announced for PC, like Herman Hulse being like, don't worry, guys, it's 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 just one game. We're not bringing all of our AAA games to PC. And it was just like, you read today that like God of War has been in development for two years and that, Basically, all the PlayStation Studios went to Sony Brass and was like, we want to put our stuff on PC. So they've known for a while. Like, hell, Jez, I've known for I don't know how long that this was going to happen. Like, legitimately, like, had sourcing on this from people. But yet, like, I remember when people just came at me and said I was lying through my teeth because I'm a filthy expot or whatever. Like, I wouldn't lie about stuff. And I just, I sort of feel like, the the PlayStation heads were just kind of like they they feel like their audience are a bunch of, of children and that they needed to be like slowly led in a direction so like they know that like you know they would start they they have them on like a leash and be like come on come on we're gonna drag you this way you're eventually going to accept that our games are coming to PC okay cry yourself out a little bit for the first time I know you're a little bit tired here's here's some more milk. Right? Here's a nice looking exclusive. Yeah, I don't want to be on PlayStation first. You know, PlayStation is the best place to play, but. And then, like, mm-hmm. as they kept on going, like, they knew the, the outcry would just less, be lesser, you know, over the course of time, but. You go back and think, you're right. Like, there was that article, like, Xbox is robbing us of the joy of, play, you know, of, of next gen, and, and it just. I don't know. I'd, I'd much rather have a company be truthful with me, like Xbox was doing, 
than trying to hide the truth from me like PlayStation did. Like, not only did they hide the truth about what their true plans were, they're hiding the truth about what their plans were with PC. You know? Yeah. And Microsoft was like, listen, we're putting everything on PC. Day and date. It was like, we're doing it. And it's been like that ever since. And Play and PlayStation's like, you know, just one game at a time. And now it's like, well, it's the whole slate. But then they don't know. And But then there's people like, well, Horizon Forbidden West. It's like Sony should just come out and be like, yeah, Horizon Forbidden West is going to be on PC. If you don't want to buy it on PlayStation 5, buy it on there. It'll come out in six months or whatever it is. There's like they're just trying to force people to pay pay for it twice, which maybe some people think is a smart idea, and maybe it is, but I don't know. I just it just it's just funny to think back of essentially all those stupid arguments that people had on Twitter and they still have on Twitter to this day, and Twitter Spaces arguing about the stupid nonsense. Like, their opinions matter to any of this stuff. Like, Sony actually cares about what you think, and the Xbox actually even cares about what we think. Uh, you know, they're going to do what's best for business at the end of the day. So, they don't, yeah. they don't, they don't care. They'll listen to this podcast, and they might agree with some of this stuff, but Xbox is going to do what makes them the most money at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, the Intern of War says, Jez, Hellblade 2 or Avowed, which one do you think might surprise release this year? Also, update on Rare and news of Everwild, their new IP. Uh, neither of those two are releasing this year, so there could be no surprise release of either of those two. Uh, unless you think differently, Jez. Nah, I don't, I don't think either of those games will launch this year. I think Avowed would be more likely, but not Hellblade. I think Hellblade's further out. Personally, I think yeah. I don't. I, well, I'm saying like, I don't think either of those games get like like stealth released the, this year. So um, it'd be cool, though, right? It would be it'd be cool, but I don't think it's happening. Uh, as far as Everwild, um, I mean, I'd always heard like I had heard it was soft rebooted even before when people started reporting on that. Um, I don't think we'll see it again for a bit. What do you think? I think it's going to be a while before we see Everwild again. I wouldn't be surprised if Everwild just gets killed. Yeah, you think they'll just kill it? I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I mean, it looked nice. Maybe, like, maybe they'll take the art assets and do something else with it. I don't know. Like, kind of what they did with Overwatch, right? Like, Overwatch was salvaged from a foul game. Failed game. So, because the art style looked cool, and the, the creatures looked great, but it, it sounds like they just didn't have a game. <laughs> it sounds like... They were like, yeah, we'll concept this out and then see what happens. And then nothing happens. So, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, I mean, I suppose it doesn't really matter because we have no idea what Everworld was supposed to be in the first place anyway. That is true. We, none of us know anything about Everworld. So, even if it did get rebooted, it'd be like, well, rebooted from what? We, we don't even know what it was rebooted from, you know? But I don't know. Intern of War also says, if that was the case, then why did we get King, Kingdom Hearts 3 day and date on Xbox before the other two? I think we might see some more news this year for Final Fantasy. I mean, I hope you're right. I'd love to see Final Fantasy games come to Xbox, especially Remake, but I'm just working on the assumption that they won't be. Uh, Chris R. says, in your opinion, should we expect Gear 6 or the Coalition's second project first? I'm going to say the second project first. What do you think, Jez? I want to say Gear 6. Ooh. Because, I mean, it'd be weird, right? No, it wouldn't. Why would it be weird? 
Because I want to know what happened. No, who cares? You can wait. Screw you. Who cares? I'd, I wait, I'd wait six years for Halo Infinite for them to basically throw out everything that happened for Halo 5. You can wait six years to find out what happened to Kate in Look, Gears man. 5. Yeah. Look, man, just, just because Gears has a better story than Halo doesn't mean you have to be so mean about it, Ryan. I'm just saying. What's the point of doing a second project to get used to Unreal Engine 5 but releasing Gears 6 first? Doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Is that is that even why they're doing it? That was, that's yeah, that was the whole reasoning. Oh, what could the second project be? Is it going to be a big project? Because I don't know. Another stu- another studio that's been hiring a lot is the Coalition. The Coalition's become a very big studio, like hundreds of people. They're one of Xbox's best studios. I don't um, care. I don't care what people say. Like Gears Six, High Busters, one of the best looking games of last gen. Even current gen, like Gears High Busters is. Incredible looking. I it still bugs me that Microsoft barely marketed that. Yeah. Well, I mean, Gears. Let's just be honest, get Jazz. Gears is not one of their. Is on the lower end of their premier franchises. Not it's nowhere near as popular as Halo. It's definitely nowhere near as popular as Forza Horizon. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's no. It's kind of on the lower tier of their premier franchises. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's no accounting for taste runs, you know. True. Justin, Justin Bieber's popular too, right? He is, yes. <laughs> Installation 7 says, uh, it would be cool if Xbox made a deal with Sega t- to do a Jet Set Radio Future remake as an exclusive. Also, do you think that if Xbox is interested in Crystal Dynamics, they'll buy Tomb Raider as well? Um, I think so. I mean, I've been of the belief ever since that whole Perfect Dark Crystal Dynamics partnership was announced that I think it ends up with Crystal Dynamics joining Xbox. Um, and I think one I of their yeah, and I think one of their studios is working on Tomb Raider. So I, I think like if you're Square Enix and you sell Crystal Dynamics to Xbox, then the Tomb Raider IP really doesn't have any value anymore. So you mm-hmm. just would sell it to Xbox. Xbox would be the one that wants it. Um, so yeah, like I I don't know. Like I'm still of the opinion that at some point this year or next year they're just gonna be like and welcoming Crystal Dynamics. Like, to the family, like, unless, of course, development on Perfect Dark is just a train wreck, right? <laughs> Nothing goes right. The game's horrible. They might think to themselves, ah, Chris Dynamics not worth it. And they go to they go back to Square and it's like, this is your problem to figure out, you know? Uh, we don't want them. But, yeah. And um, that was the other thing, because... About acquisitions, Daz, is I have it here that Take-Two acquired Zynga, right? Which, whatever, like, I don't care, you don't care, nobody in this chat cares about Take-Two acquiring Zygna, uh, Zygna right? But is it, is it Zygna or Zynga? Uh, whatever it is, Zygna. That's where Don Matrick used to work after he left Xbox. But the thing is, and we've mentioned this before, uh, people, people DM me all the time about Xbox acquisitions and... Um, I, I think I said in the last show before last year, right, I said, I know everybody wants the next Xbox acquisitions to happen. They want Crystal Dynamics to be acquired. Hell, you were stoking the flames by Ion Interactive this week. <laughs> what was that all about? What are you talking about? Are you confirming Ion Interactive gets, uh, is getting acquired with the smiley face on Twitter, Jez? What's going on? No. No. I was just, I just smiling at the guy because... I think it makes a lot of sense. 
But I wasn't, I definitely did not intend that to be a tease, because I've definitely not heard that they're gonna buy IO Interactive. But I think it kind, kind of like you, right? Kind of like you with your, your, um, Crystal Dynamics theory. I think if Project Dragon does really well, it just makes a load of sense. It just makes a load of sense. Will it happen? I don't know. But, there's, you know, it could be interesting, right? Yeah, I mean, I would love I Interactive to get required, but the point I was trying to make was I said that Xbox could make an acquisition in the future that you guys wouldn't like or wouldn't be excited for. And I kind of point to this Take-Two acquire Zigna because I think at some point in the future, Xbox is going to acquire a mobile dev or a mobile publisher and none of you guys are going to care about it. And I think it's inevitable because when your stated goal is to reach 3 billion gamers, the mobile market is where you need to go for that. And while you can have all the consoles in the world with all the great exclusives from all these studios, I'm not sure you can reach that goal if you don't have mobile. So, and the thing is, like, even with some of Microsoft's own mobile games they make, they don't last long. So it's like Gears Pop lasted, like, two years and was discontinued. Forza Street lasted, like, two years and discontinued. And we've seen a lot of these big publishers enter mobile. Take two, Zigna. Uh, EA with PopCap, Activision with King, right? All these big publishers own like a huge mobile uh, publisher at this point. I think Xbox is going to buy somebody in the mobile space. And when it happens, you're going to see PlayStation guys make fun of Xbox, and you're going to see Xbox guys being like, we spent $3 billion for this mobile publisher, and you're going to see people get upset about it. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> I'm calling it right now. Like, this is something that's going to happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen this year, next year, or whatever, but at some point Microsoft is going to buy somebody in the mobile space, and people are going to be upset because they spent $3 billion, $2 billion, $1 billion on this, and people are going to be like, we should have just bought Warner Brothers. Why didn't you buy Warner Brothers or Take-Two or whatever? I'm telling you. Because you got to think about you got to think about what Phil and everybody there is thinking about about their goals, what Satya wants, and mobile is <laughs> mobile is massive. I mean, do you think I'm on on a right path here, or do you think? Nah, I, I know I know for a fact Microsoft's looking at mobile publishers and mobile developers to buy. You know, it's a very very lucrative business potentially, at least. I mean, we've seen we've seen Microsoft fail repeatedly at making a mobile game, but they do have some big hits. They got Fallout Shelter, they got Minecraft, which is huge on mobile, and they also have uh, Solitaire, which is actually one of the biggest mobile games in the world, believe it or not. Um, so they they do have they do have some games there, but every every game they've tried to make since has just sort of failed. And that's because they don't really have the expertise in house. I've spoken to pe- I've spoken to publishers about this, and um, you know, it, it seems Microsoft p- approaches the mobile game industry like they approach the console industry, but it's a very different industry where you have to spend a lot of marketing money to acquire users because there's a huge amount of competition. It's not it's not like console business where you build a good game and then people come. It's, it's not like that. You have to basically pay money to acquire users through Facebook and Google Ads and all that kind of stuff. Microsoft just doesn't seem to have the stomach to do that right now. 
they need like a, they need a publisher who can actually just be like, yeah, this is how it works, you know. Because right now they don't have a clue, apparently. But yeah, I do think they'll buy a mobile publisher. But I, it's like it's like Jeff Grubb said, man, they've got they've got they've got almost two hundred billion dollars in cash, Microsoft has. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of cash reserves, and like you say, because of inflation, it's losing money. There's no point leaving billions of dollars in cash sitting there, losing value due to inflation. You want to spend that money, you know, but also you want to spend it sp- smartly. I would be shocked if Microsoft wasn't involved in the the whole Zynga thing, and they probably just thought, man, this is just too this is too rich for our blood. Zynga isn't worth this much money. It wasn't that much. Like that. It was like three billion in cash and like the rest in stock options. Yeah, not even that well, much. Twelve. 12 billion valuation, that's, that's a huge valuation. I mean, it is, it is, it is. But can you imagine if Xbox made that and spent 12 billion on Zigna? People would have been like, you could have bought in this Ubisoft and, and Warner Brothers for 12 billion or whatever. Right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think they should buy a mobile publisher because it's important. It's going to be important for Xbox consoles too. Making games that work on console and also work on mobile. Because right now, they're not doing a great job of that part of it either. Um, but, you know, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. I think they'll just buy both. They're going to buy Core Studios, and they're going to buy Marvel Publishers too. We just, you know, it's just they're gonna, they need to be the right purchases. They're not going to do an Embracer group and just embrace everyone. Yeah. You know? uh, Harvey Chaney says, uh, with the Series S, will Xbox sell more than PS5 this gen? Xbox can go aggressive and cut the price to under 200 for the Series S, making it very compelling. What do you think, Jez? With that uh, Series S, you think it has a chance of selling more than the PS5? Man. Something that everybody it's said would have said it was impossible. Well, you got you got to think like one of the things that people never talk about is that Microsoft. I mean, the, the current estimates put Xbox Series consoles at 11 million and PlayStation 5 at 12 million, right? No, no, That's no, no, from... No, 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 no. Are you wrong? No? You're spreading misinformation, sir. Isn't that from Z Huge? No, Z Huge said Xbox is over 12 because right. Phil said it's their fastest selling Xbox ever, and I think Xbox One sold 12 million in the first year, so that it's over that. I think the 360 sold 10 million. But the last time PlayStation reported their results w- was back in October, and they were at like 13.5 or something. And that doesn't include November or December. Okay, so, so the point is they're not too far behind. They're not, well, they're not doubled up like a lot of PlayStation fans were expecting. Like a lot of PlayStation fans were expecting, you know, the PlayStation to be at 20 million and Xbox to be at 10, basically back to the two two to one advantage. And because of how tough the shortages has been for PlayStation, they can only sell so many. Even though the demand is there, they can only sell so many. And who knows what the number is right now? Like Xbox is at 12 million. That might be shipped. Maybe it's sold to consumers. I don't really know. I think it's shipped. Uh, PlayStation might be at 15, maybe they're at 16, so you're looking at like 12 to 16. That's, I think, pretty good result for Xbox, mainly because of the Series S. Microsoft, I think, wisely shifted production and really focused on the Series S because you can make two Series S consoles for every one Series X. And with it being the only console on store shelves and with Game Pass and Halo Infinite and Forza out, it was like the 
I'll, and the funny thing is, everything pales in comparison to the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Nintendo Switch is number one everywhere. It's just that people just hyper-focus on Xbox and PlayStation, while Nintendo Switch is like, I said that in my video, yeah, it's like, <laughs> you know, Xbox is going to do really well against PlayStation, but it doesn't matter because Switch is going to win everything anyways. And then Switch 2 will probably continue on from there. Um, so do I think it, Series S will outsell it? Uh, I think, I think Xbox will regain a lot of market share. But I think there's a lot of markets out there where Xbox just doesn't really compete well with PlayStation. It's a lot of the European markets. I think that's where PlayStation will build most of its lead, most of its lead. Uh, same thing with like in Japan. Like PlayStation sells a little bit in Japan, Xbox doesn't. What is keep Xbox afloat is basically North America and like the UK and stuff. Um, so no, I don't think so. And I don't know how aggressive Xbox is going to be with the Series S. Like, I don't know, I can't even, like when, cause Target says like it'll be $200 for the Series S, but like I don't think we'll see $200 for the Series S for years from now. Like, right? I can't like yeah cause, I don't think, I can't see that being soon yeah like because they'll hit 250 for a holiday first before they ever go down to 199 mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine them hitting 200 until like maybe three or four years from now potentially um, but yeah I expect them a lot better like Phil Phil said like you know they're the fastest selling and it's and then like. People are looking at PlayStation like, well, you know, like, is Xbox actually going to do a lot better this gen? I think they will, um, but we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, but it definitely is one of those things where I think people expected a certain uh, outcome and they didn't get it. Uh, I think they expected PlayStation to just continue the, the ass kicking they were given Xbox from last gen, and it didn't carry over. Because pe- and the funny thing is, people want the Xbox. Like Series S is desirable, right? Remember, everybody was like, nobody's gonna want the Series S, but like, yeah, people do. You get the right combination of games, Game Pass becomes a thing that people want, and the systems available, people get it. And considering Series S is all digital, you get people that buy the Series S. You like lock them into an ecosystem because they can't even buy discs and sell them, right? It's yeah. like this Game Pass machine, so it's like, who knows? Like, maybe Microsoft has really created, like, a lot of people who bought the system uh, either as first-timers who are now, like, locked in, or someone who owns the PlayStation but picked up this as, like, a companion console. Um, that could be, that could that could pay dividends for them in the future. Uh, Since Vendetta says, would, why would PlayStation want to blow their load so early in the generation and have nothing for later? Who says they would have nothing for later? I mean, yeah, we don't we don't know what they've got cooking in the ovens. Yeah, I mean, look at all the games. Like, I'm just saying, like, from their own admission, all these games were supposed to be out in 2021. The problem is, like, COVID delayed everything, and then all their games that were they were probably supposed to come out in 2022 ended up getting delayed further. Uh, so, like, if COVID doesn't happen then I'm sure they would have had games for 2022 that are currently probably sitting for 2023. I, just because the the idea was, from what I was told, that is that PlayStation wanted to go for shock and awe, where it was like, you have these games for launch, 
and then they hit you with Horizon and God of War and Ratchet and Returnal and Gran Turismo all within the first year. It was supposed to be this, like, shock and awe campaign where it was just going to be like, this is the only system to own. But it didn't pan out because reality happened. So you can actually say that actually benefited Xbox in the long run. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, Nine Lives. A lot of people did make videos bashing Xbox's cross-gen strategy. That is definitely true. I remember all those videos. Uh, I remember people in the comments section saying that uh, Xbox was going to hold back the generation and all that stuff, and then all those people ended up being wrong, as usual. They're always All those people end, always end up being wrong. I don't know why anybody <laughs> listens to them. They're always wrong about everything. They don't have they don't have two brain cells to rub together in their head to make a point to understand anything that's going on. The Glyph Doctor, member for sixteen months, says if you got no games on the console if if you got no games on the console launch, who do you call? Hive Busters. Hive Busters is pretty cool. <laughs> that's what I like to see Gears be more of. Uh Dark Siaz says, um uh, that you're the best uh, best podcast. You keep it real, 100%. Thank you uh, for the comment. And uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Christopher says there was a rumor that the new series S with five TFOPs would come out and bring the bring the regular S for cheaper. Heard it on Colin's show a while back. You know anything about this, Jez? A cheaper, I had a new series S with five teraflops instead of four. Yeah, I remember these rumors that there was going to be a like a series S plus. I don't believe them myself, but. You know, crazier things have happened. I don't, I don't, I don't, there's no point to that. Because Microsoft's like, they're, Microsoft's mentality is, like, these consoles, they can, they can become streaming boxes when they become obsolete. And a lot of the chips that Microsoft isn't putting on Xbox Series X right now, they're going into server farms. So, I don't see what the point of making an extra skew for devs to target would be. When they can just bring that kind of quality higher quality to Xbox Series S via streaming, I don't think that'll happen. I think what'll happen is you'll see the Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S pretty much play out the whole gen, and maybe there'll be smaller versions, like upgraded something down the line, but I don't think that'll adjust the power until next gen. And I do think you'll see the prices of them come down eventually, and the design change maybe, but I don't think there'll be another SKU. I don't think there'll be a Series S Plus. I don't believe that. Well, I could be wrong. Microsoft, you know, works in mysterious ways sometimes. No Series S Plus. Um, yeah, I kind of agree with you on that one. Um, I do think there's going to be a Series X Slim at some point. Slims always happen. But I don't know if how much of this um, semiconductor shortage has pushed back plans for that or accelerated plans for that. Or, like, if anybody had plans for mid-gen refresh, is that accelerated or completely gotten rid of those plans? I don't know how any of that stuff is going to shake out. Because if you can't really, you know, if you can't sell these systems, by the time you are able to, you know, normally you would have a a slim out. But, like, would you be able to even have the parts for those? I don't know. It's crazy stuff that's going on with this. Uh, John H. says, when is Prey 2 coming out? Just play Prey in the new game plus amazing game. Uh, yeah, when is Prey 2 coming out? Uh, they need to announce that game first, and I hope they do at some point. I would love for Arcane to announce the new Prey game, but 
Maybe it's something they're working on. I don't know. Wasn't there a rumor before the VGAs, Jez, that somebody was like, Prey 2 is going to be announced at the VGAs, and you were so excited? But then it was just like, yeah, it's probably some bull bullshit rumor, and it ended up being a bullshit rumor. Yeah. I haven't heard anything about Prey 2. I want it to be true really badly, because I love Prey, but, you know. It's another one of them wait and sees, I think. Yeah. Uh, D.B. Cooper says, one of my favorite podcasts, and I actually made it to live broadcast. So, Jez, you have to... You have to give us some juicy info. Love you guys. Yeah, Jez, what about all this juicy info? I know you got juicy info. Tell us some of this stuff. Info? Sorry, info about what? I don't know, whatever. Whatever you got. As long as it's juicy. Juicy info? I ain't got anything. Like, why why, why is Undead Labs building these new studios? Because, like we said earlier, they've got expanded ambitions to fight the K3. Oh, okay. And they, they want to bring more narrative elements to the game. They want, to, they, want the, they want the characters of State of Decay to be... They want you to feel more connected to the characters, the NPCs. In State of Decay, you control a whole community of NPCs. You don't really care about them too much. They have backstories, but it, they don't really matter and that kind of thing. So um, that's, that's where that's going. But I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Tim the Sorcerer says, Look to buy Playrix. 200 million users every day. Awesome acquisition for Xbox. Never heard of Playrix. But he says they have 200 million users, Jez. A day, I guess. So, um, our Irrigato sir says, Sup, guys, what do you think about Samsung using another game streaming service for their TVs? I thought they had an exclusive deal with Xbox. Yeah, I saw your tweet about this, Jez, where they were using it for their TVs, and it was like every streaming service except Game Pass. It was like Stadia, and it was like, you know what I'm talking about? Um, no. You don't remember? I remember your tweet about it. It was like, they announced, like, the new stuff for their new TVs, and it was like... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Stadia's there, and GeoForce Now's there, but Xbox wasn't, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, I I think I talked a bit about this on Twitter, but basically Samsung is making... uh, you know, a new sort of gaming section on their TVs where they catalog some streaming services. GeForce Now and Stadia are going to be there, but there's no there's no Xbox Game Pass, which is weird considering Samsung and Microsoft partner up on a lot of stuff. Like right now, Samsung has the link to Windows APIs baked into the Samsung phone operating system, which is like a deeper partnership than Microsoft has with any of, any of the other mobile operators. So I thought it was kind of weird that it wasn't there, but also... I think the reality is, Ron, that Microsoft doesn't have the server capacity. They bring, if they bring, if they bought xCloud to Samsung TVs, I think it will blow the servers up. <laughs> I don't think Microsoft has enough capacity to deal with that kind of influx yet. And I think that's why Microsoft isn't really marketing xCloud right now. I think it's a capacity. Like over Christmas, we started to see queues forming for xCloud, mm-hmm. which has never been seen before. Which means, to me, it's pro- they're probably managing the capacity right now. Um, so, yeah. Um, I think we will see xCloud on the Samsung TVs eventually. But I think it's a matter of, it's a matter of capacity. And let's be honest, Stadia doesn't have the most compelling library in the world. And neither does GeForce Now. But, like, Xbox Game Pass has way more stuff you'd want to play. And I feel like it would be a way popular service, and Microsoft's probably managing the capacity of, of it right now. Yeah, is, um, is it one of those things maybe they didn't announce because Xbox hasn't announced it for smart TVs yet? 
Maybe. I mean, it would work on smart TVs. It's just a HTML app. So, like... Well, I'm saying, there's like... There's no reason it wouldn't work. It was just... I, I'm just thinking, like, would Samsung announce something that Xbox is doing before Xbox would announce that they're doing it? You know what I mean? Mm, I don't know. Because they really haven't announced that they're doing a smart TV app. And it would be weird for just Samsung to come out and be like, hey, in our new TVs, we got Xbox Game Pass smart TV app when Xbox hasn't even talked about it at all. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just sort of, it remains to be seen, I guess. Yeah. But I do think the capacity issues is bottlenecking. It's a chip shortage again. It's bottlenecking how much they can expand it. Because, like I said, we got queues. So, just have to wait and see, I guess. Um, Achievement says, Phil said we got our mid-gen refresh early with the Series X and S. The clocks are pretty low for our DNA 2 chip. Thinks Xbox, think Xbox would do an update in a few years to overclock and make them more powerful. 1.8 gigahertz to 2.2 plus 2 teraflops. I don't know, bro. I'm not the tech, I'm not the tech guy. I'm the wrong person to ask for this. I no idea if that's something they could do or not. But I, my thing was more like, is PlayStation going to do a mid-gen upgrade? Because I feel like if PlayStation is, you sort of have to yourself. Otherwise, like, you kind of get left in the dust. Because I think Microsoft loves the idea of having the most powerful console, or at least being able to say they have it, even though, like, sometimes it doesn't prove itself out in the games, at least yet. Um, but if PlayStation were to do, like, a PS5 Pro in a few years, where it was significantly better than the Xbox, would that be a problem for Xbox? Where, like, you know what I mean, Jez? Could that be a, a, a real problem? Because it does seem like they want the power crown. And if, like, they weren't doing one, but PlayStation did, would that would be an be, issue? It would be It would be interesting. I mean, Microsoft already said that they're looking at the next Xbox, haven't they? And, yeah. like, do you, do you really think that with the current chip shortage, either of them is looking at mid-gen upgrades right now? Like, the silicon to get, like, the Xbox Series X and the PS5 is hard enough by itself. Do we really think we're at that point already? I don't know. How I, I, I think what they'll do is they'll do slim versions of the consoles, like revise the manufacturing process to make them smaller, make them easier to build. But I don't think, I don't think we're going to move to new hardware benchmarks anytime soon. I mean, look at Nintendo Switch. Nintendo Switch is the top console with 25 frames per second. <laughs> it's clearly not that important to people, right? Um, I don't know. I expect there to be, like, handheld consoles before we get, like, a mid-gen upgrade. What if Sony makes, like, another PSP or PSV or two? What if Xbox I mean, makes a handheld? They, I mean, like, they just, they just kind of, I mean, they didn't announce it, but, like, did you see the specs for the PSVR 2? I mean... Pretty beefy, right? Do you have any thoughts on PSVR 2 or the whole VR stuff? I know... My boy, uh, Cog, who's Hollywood Cog lately, he's been Hollywood out there e- evangelizing the Quest 2, you know? Uh, yes. Talking about the VR he, revolution, and here's Sony with a pretty beefy... I, here, here, I guess I'll give my take on PSVR 2. Um, I think the issue with PSVR 2 is that it's going to be a three to $400 add-on to a system that is 500 bucks. I think that's going to severely limit its audience reach when you need to own a PS5 
to to actually be able to get a PSVR 2. And at this point in time, it's pretty difficult to own a PS5. They're hard to get. So there is an absurd amount of hype over this metaverse bullshit. So I think, like, I think for Sony, they're thinking of it as, like, a, a technology loss leader. They're, they're, they're thinking of it like, yeah, these are going to be enthusiast devices today, but then over time the technology will be there where we can make a standalone PSVR headset. You know, because it's not going to compete with the Quest 2 or the Quest 3 until they, they make a standalone device where it's like the whole PlayStation is baked directly into the headset, right? Because I think the first thing I the first thing I saw when I tweeted about this, I tweeted, I t- man, I offended a lot of people, Rand. I tell you, did you? I offended a lot of people. <laughs> I said um, the fact that PlayStation VR doesn't require a Zuckerberg account makes it better than Oculus by default. Man, there are some Oculus fans who are really offended by that tweet. It got like a lot of likes, and I think it hit Twitter trending page. And there's a lot of angry Oculus fans out there who were like, oh my god, man, PSVR sucks because it's, it's got cables, man. People don't want the cables around. And I get that. Like, the cables suck for VR. Like, if, if you're in VR and you're tethered to a cable, it kind of defeats the point, right? So I do think Sony, Sony sees a future where they make a wireless PSVR eventually, one day. But that day is not today. And they're just sort of, they're still building it, building the technology, exploring it. Because one of the controversies about the PSVR 2 round is that there's no mention of backwards compatibility with the PSVR 1 games. Uh-oh. Which is a bit, a bit awkward. And um, that, if it's not backwards compatible with the PSVR 1, to me that suggests that they know it's an enthusiast device and they know that only rich people are going to buy it. And they know that only Super VR fans are going to get into it. And they're sort of seeing it as like a techno- technological exploration rather than something that's going to be for mass market. But I think, I don't know, Rand, I can't, I can't understand for the life of me why all these companies are looking at VR, which requires you to strap a computer to your head, and they're not looking at the Nintendo Switch, which has sold a bajillion million consoles despite being underpowered as hell, despite the first version of it being, let's, shall we say, a bit flimsy in its construction, why aren't these guys trying to make a handheld? It blows my mind, man. You, so Do they think that Nintendo Switch only sells because it's got Mario on it? It's because people can take it wherever they want to go. It, it's, a vers- it's the versatility of the Switch that makes it sell so well. And to me, it's it's wild that Sony and Microsoft aren't making a handheld. Well, so we've heard maybe that Microsoft is making a handheld. But where's the PS Vita 2? Make that instead of the PSVR, I man. Do you think... Let me ask you this. Do you think maybe Sony... Bet, like, you know Xbox isn't doing VR, right? Even though they said they would with the initial announcement of the One X, right? Yeah. And they didn't because nobody cared about VR. Sony still seems to care. They made the investment. They're going to see it through. Think 10 years from now. Is VR as big as Sony hopes it's going to be or as the metaverse thinks it's going to be? Or did Xbox make the right decision by saying, eh, the VR, and we're going to go all in on streaming? Like, 
10 years from now, what's the right choice? Is VR, could VR actually become the next way we experience everything, not just gaming, but like NBA games where you put on, you know, the VR glasses or headset, and that's how you watch content now. And VR, and because, you know, Sony and, and Quest were the leaders there, they're the ones reaping the fruit, and Xbox is left behind. Or is streaming going to be like, hey, people actually have no problem streaming games, and Xbox is the leader in that area, so they win. Like, which one would you bet on? I would bet on streaming, personally, because you've only got to look at things like Spotify and Netflix to know that it's a proven model. You reduce the barriers to entry, and more people come in. I mean, yes, today, it might be like, they're bottlenecked by server capacity, and on phones, they're bottlenecked by the platform almost. Like, you need to have an Xbox controller to make the streaming stuff work. But when they start bringing that stuff to TVs, it's going to be way bigger than VR. Obviously, it's going to be bigger, man. But I I have no idea, ultimately, when Microsoft's going to be able to start expanding that because of the chip shortage. But I don't think, I don't think VR is going to be a thing, man. I don't think, I still don't believe it. I don't think people want to strap something on their head. I heard the Quest, I I heard the Quest 2 is actually selling really, really well, though. People seem to like it. Are people using it, though? My, we have got, we've got Quest 2 at my, at my parents' house. It sits in a drawer gathering dust. Because it's, it's a pain to use. You have to strap it on your face. You have to keep, you have to charge it every two hours. You know? And maybe the technology will get better and they'll get lighter and the battery life will get longer and all that kind of stuff. But if they can't solve some of those ergonomic gaps and having to, like, fumble around and find the controllers when you put them down and all that kind of stuff, I just I can't see it, man. It's just so inconvenient. And it's antithetical to gaming. Gaming is about having fun easily with leisure. You don't want to strap something on your head. You just want to sit in front of your TV and zone out. Like, VR is VR is a, a physical and a cognitive commitment. It's not just like, it's not fun. It's not leisurely. VR is not leisurely. And I think that's ultimately the issue with it. It's like, it's effort. It's effort to put it on. It's effort to deal with. It's effort to use. And it's fatiguing to use. It's not relaxing to use. I think VR will have its place. And I think it will remain an enthusiastic, an enthusiast area of gameplay. But it's not going to become the de facto way we experience games. It's going to be, it's going to be an, I don't mind, man. I would, I, I like the idea of it. I always have. Since I watched the first Matrix movie, you know, the idea of living in a virtual world, I'm, I'm, I'm all about that. You know, I spend all my time online. I never go out. You know, <laughs> I, I, you know, Elon Musk, give me a black brain implant and I'll stay indoors forever. But, you know, I, uh, I just don't believe it. I don't see it happening. And I think ultimately in the end, it's going to be streaming that was going to be the right investment personally. Yeah, I guess, I guess we'll see. Uh, Old Taco says, uh, I've been replaying Dark Souls 1 and Jez is right and that it's pure video game. I'm throwing lightning bolts all over the place. Man, I really need to try a sorcerer gameplay. Yeah. But a lot of people have messaged me saying they got into Dark Souls since I started tweeting about it. You're, you're an influencer, <laughs> bro. 
Oh, man. Gotta make them big bucks. Shroom Kingdom says, Sony already made the video that they found it unworthy. Uh, what else we got here? Mm-hmm. Uh, guy says, any guess when Xbox is going to start implementing those features they talked about at launch, or will they just brush that under the rug? Uh, like, are you talking about RDNA 2 features? Or I'm trying to, I don't know what features you're talking about, but if you're talking about those, those would have to be implemented by the developers. Uh, who knows? I think he's talking about stuff like um, the direct storage oh, and yeah. all, velocity architecture and all those buzzwords which don't seem to have meant anything in the end. At least not yet. At least not yet. Yeah. Uh, Installation 7 says, do you think the Kojima deal will happen or not? I think it will. And uh, I think Jez thinks it as well. Axel says, Judge must have been super high for Virtual Boy and experienced the biggest letdown of his life to hate VR this much. <laughs> yeah. I never I never experienced Virtual Boy. I tell you, my first VR experience was the HP WMR Windows Mixed Reality headset. And that was garbage. The, the, that was a terrible way to experience VR. The cheapest headset, I think it was like $150 or something. It was uncomfortable. It was foggy. Windows Mixed Reality is terrible in, in general. Tiny-ass cables. It was an awful way to experience VR for the first time, I admit. But we do have a Quest 2, though, now. And, um, I mean, the issue there is that it's it's Zuckerberg's platform. Yeah, you and I love Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. You love him. Yeah. yeah uh, screw, screw Zuckerberg, man. But the Quest says, uh, is good, but it's still not good enough. He says AR, think HoloLens instead of VR along with streaming is more likely to be the future answer. When AR will be the size of regular glasses, it could work. Potentially, I guess. Definitely, potentially. Well, Microsoft's not done anything there either. Like, it's, it's kind of annoying. Like, the, the, do you remember the first HoloLens demos? And they were like, that was like all the way back in 2015. And they were amazing. And it's like, oh my god, this is space age sci-fi crap. And Microsoft's like making holograms and stuff. They've done nothing with it. It's so, it's so weird. Even that, even they're like, their big contract with the U.S. military. I think that the Biden administration's put that on hold because they, even they, they're like, this is bullshit. <laughs> you, know? Um, you know, so uh, I, God knows what's happening there. But yeah. Um. So let's talk about the let's talk about soccer two getting delayed, Jez. This was supposed to be the game for this like, first half of the year, like, the big one, right? Uh, and they delayed it for seven months, coming out in December, yeah, which is a big delay. Uh, how do you feel about that? I'm pretty, I'm feeling pretty good about it, to be honest, because I want them to make a good game. And if you remember, Stalker 1 launched in a bit of a mess. It's a very different studio now than it used to be. And they've got very different expectations to meet because Stalker 1 basically had to be fixed by the community. <laughs> you can't play Stalker 1 without a crap load of mods. And I think some of the mods actually became like official patches on good old gaming and stuff like that, which is hilarious. But I think they want to avoid that because Stalker 1 was notorious for like being this amazing game that was completely broken. Kind of like Cyberpunk, I guess. But I think they want to avoid that and I think fair play to them, you know. If they if they if they admit that it needs more time in the oven and stuff like that, and they make it the game like the fans are expecting and the game that it potentially could be, 
I think ultimately that's a good thing. And I don't think I never see delays as a bad thing because I've got a massive backlog round. I've got a massive backlog. I've got to get through two Dark Souls games. I'm gonna play I'm gonna play all the Surge games. I'm gonna play every Souls game on Xbox. I'm gonna play Sultan Sanctuary. I'm gonna play Blasphemous. I'm gonna play Mortal Shell. I might even play those weird um Lords of the Fallen games. I'm gonna play all of them, man. So that's my backlog. So delay all the games for all I care. Because my backlog's big and beefy. And that, there's, there's something kind of rewarding about going through your backlog and ignoring the trending games, I've noticed recently. Because I'm playing Tales of Iron, which came out months ago. It's like, it's a, it's, it's a sort of Metroidvania where you play as a mouse. And you go around killing frogs. It's amazing. It has great combat. It's narrated by Geralt of Rivia. It's not a trending game. No, no one I know is playing it. And it's just kind of nice to play something that I don't need to play for content. I'm playing it because it's fun and I'm, I'm enjoying myself. So, and that's where I'm at right now, buddy. Yeah, I'm always, I'm always for delays. Games not, if you don't think the game's gonna be good or you still need time, please delay it. Um, so I'm, I'm perfectly fine with any delay for any game. I mean, yeah, like, sometimes it sucks when you're just like, oh, I really was looking forward to it, but, like, uh, I think delayed, delayed games end up being better games. So, I, I know, like, the problem is, I think, for a lot of Xbox fans, is, like, this was the big game for the first half of the year, and it was, like, it moved. So now a lot of people look at it. And, and a lot of PlayStation fans are basically making fun of Xbox fans, just like Xbox fans made fun of PlayStation fans because this past holiday, because... PlayStation didn't have anything for holiday, so Xbox fans made fun of them, and now Xbox fans don't really have anything for the first half of the year, and now PlayStation fans are returning the uh, the you know the attack. So it just goes back and forth, and this is something that means as this is something that I personally complained about is the lack of content in the first half of the year. That's always been a problem with Xbox that they essentially ignore the first nine months of the year, and they only release stuff in the holidays. And it was something that I thought would get better with all the new studios they have, and with Game Pass being something that they needed to sustain subscribers and actually drive growth throughout the year. Um, it's just taken a lot. It's taken a year longer than I thought for Microsoft to actually implement the big game a quarter. Uh, I thought that was going to happen in 2022. Uh COVID happened, pushed it back a year, essentially, but I'm sorry, like, for Xbox, like, I understand, like, Stalker's not really their game, and Tunic's not really their game, and Crossfire X really isn't their game, and stuff like that, but if we go into 2023 and 2024, and all the games are still holiday, and nothing for the first nine months, like, I am going to... I'm going to rag on Xbox for that because I have been <laughs> complaining. I have been complaining about that since 2014. I've complained about that directly to Phil. I don't know how many times, and you know, hopefully it's rectified because doesn't I, that doesn't that just sort of what we were talking about at the start of the podcast? Doesn't that sort of elevate the idea that they should explore Dying Light and Elder Ring? Yeah, of course for, they uh, should. For, they hundred percent should. Like. It, and maybe maybe it will happen, but like, um, 
like I don't know how you you can't expect people to be subscribed to a, a service uh, and not give them like new stuff to play. And I'm of the opinion that indie games really don't do that. Like Tunic could be a really cool game, but I don't think people are going to stay subscribed for that or subscribe for it. It's the big games that matter. It's the Dying Lights, it's the Elden Rings, it's the Batmans, it's the Suicide Squads, it's the Starfields, right? It's the Forzor, it's the Forzas. Forza. It's, it's those games that matter. <laughs> and yeah, it's just like it sucks about Pokemon. No, Pokemon doesn't matter at all ever. Wow. So that's me. In my in my perfect world, like 2023 starts off with like Hellblade in February, and then like you get like a vowed in you know May or something, then you get like um you know whatever else I can't even think at this time like what else is even coming out. So yeah, it just it sucks because like you look at it and it's just like oh, and I know there's games to play because there's always gonna be a bunch of third party games to play, but like we saw as I mentioned before with how Game Pass sort of stagnated from last year. Like, you need those huge games to launch. So, um, but I'm ha- I am I mean, I think we'll get a better stalker out of it. So, uh, what else yeah. we got here? Ubisoft Plus was also announced. This is something from a couple of weeks ago. We didn't do the show that week, so I figured we need to talk about it now because it's interesting because me and you had heard for a while that there was discussions that Ubisoft – uh, was in discussions with Xbox about potentially bringing Ubisoft Plus to Game Pass. Remember, Jez? Yes. Um, we weren't sure if it was going to be... We weren't sure if it was going to be a subsection of Ubisoft games or full-blown, you know, everything, but they clearly there's been talks, right? Clearly. And so we know Ubisoft Plus is coming to console later this year. It's only on PC right now, and I think it's like... And maybe I'm, chat can correct me. I want to say it's like $18 a month on Stadia. Because I think, does Stadia have this? I want to say they do. Am I wrong, Jez? Is Ubisoft Plus Isn't on Stadia? it Luna? Or is it Luna that has it? Maybe I think it's, it's Luna. Luna. Um, they, have like, they have their Ubisoft Plus channel on Luna, which is Amazon's US-only streaming service right now. And they also have it on PC, right? Yeah. Um, what, what are the prices for it? I have no idea off the top of my head. I can't even see the website because it's geo-blocked. Okay, yeah. Um, I think it's like $15 on PC, maybe. Uh, please answer my age to continue. I'm okay. Answer my age, maybe. Uh, Ubisoft Plus, $14.99 a month. Uh, oh, they have multiple plans here. So, um, for PC access, it's $15 a month. New releases available at launch, premium editions with DLC, season passes, 100-plus games, and access included PC, right? But then you get multi-access for $18 a month, new releases available at launch, premium editions, DLCs, access included PC, and cloud gaming on Luna and Stadia. So it is available on Luna and Stadia, Jez. Mm. Um, Although I think it looks like Google Stadia and Luna have different different number of games. Uh, yeah, I think Luna has more games than Google. Anyways, so... Um, yeah, Lu- Luna's based on Windows, but Stadia is based on Linux. 
And uh, we all know Linux has no games. Right. <laughs> so a lot of I people. Just, I just made loads of Linux fans, man. So a lot of people jumped the gun when they saw this announcement. They thought Matt, Ubisoft Plus was coming to Game Pass, but all they really said was that it was coming to Xbox uh, further down in the future, and that you know, in the meantime, enjoy Rainbow Six Siege Extraction on Game Pass on day one. Which I don't know about you, but they're having a pretty good January. They get the only game launching, Rainbow Six Siege Extraction, which who knows how good that game is going to be. But it follow, it does definitely fits the Game Pass mold, a three-player co-op game, right? But they also added Mass Effect Legendary Edition because it hit EA Play, and that trilogy is one of the best in gaming, period. And they're also adding the Hitman trilogy, Hitman 1, Hitman 2, and Hitman 3 on the 20th, uh, and... You guys know how I feel about Hitman. I, I feel like Hitman 3 was robbed. It should have been nominated for Game of the Year. The fact that the entire trilogy is added makes that a must-play. If you have not played the Hitman games, you need to play it. Like, So I think just January has been a pretty good month for Game Pass. And they need to keep that moving. Like Next month we need to be like, here's Dying Light 2 and some other stuff. And that's where your whole IO Interactive tweet stemmed from, from was the Hitman trilogy. Coming to Game Pass. Confirmed. Yep. By Jez Corden. On Windows Central. He's, he's confirming <laughs> the acquisition. Um, oh, great. So, do you think that this is all just a precursor to eventually Ubisoft Plus being added to Game Pass Ultimate? Or do you think Ubisoft Plus will just sit alongside uh, Game Pass as another subscription service? Like, how do you feel this all ends up shaking out? It's hard to say. I kind of, I'm kind of of the opinion that they're te- sort of like testing the waters and seeing what happens. And both Microsoft and and um, and uh, Ubisoft maybe are kind of like, you know, let's see how this does, and you know, let's see how, you know, let's sort of see how much it's worth to both of us. And I think, like, um, I think, uh, ultimately, it depends how well, it's kind of, it's kind of lame, because it depends how well Rainbow Six Extraction does. And I'm of the opinion that Rainbow Six Extraction is going to be terrible. It just looks terrible. And, um, I'm, I'm sort of, you know, I, I, I feel like Rainbow Six Extraction going in there is a result of the, of Ubisoft expecting it to be terrible. Uh, <laughs> so, but maybe they'll be like, oh, well, everyone, you know, at least tried it in Game Pass, and maybe they'll try a bunch of our other games we've put them in Game Pass, and then maybe that'll help our engagement, and maybe that we can use that in shareholders to make them happy and all that kind of stuff. So, it's all money at the end of the day, money and engagement, and, you know, shareholders being happy and that kind of stuff. See, I, but, I think... So here's what I think is going to happen. Certainly it's possible that when they do bring Ubisoft Plus over, that it just goes right into Game Pass, right? All they said it was coming to Xbox. And we know, at least looking at it from the PC, it does give you new releases day one. Uh, that's something that EA never offered with EA Play. And I'm not, I, I don't know, is that something that Ubisoft's going to offer on Xbox? I'm not too sure on that. Maybe they give some, like, discounted version of Ubisoft Plus on console where you just get, like, the backlog but not the new games. Either way, here's what I think is going to happen. I think 
Ubisoft Plus is going to sit alongside Game Pass as a subscription service for a year. They're going to see how many people they actually subscribe to Ubisoft Plus, and then they're going to sell it to Game Pass. Because, mm. and I could be completely wrong here, but like I feel like Microsoft doesn't know the value of what Ubisoft Plus would bring because they don't know how many people are subscribed. And Ubisoft themselves don't know how much value they could get out of Ubisoft Plus because they don't know how many people would subscribe and for how much money. So any sort of agreement, would you be kind of like flying around with no information? Because for all intents and purposes, like maybe nobody subscribes to Xbox Game Pass and maybe Microsoft overpays for it. Or maybe tons yeah. of people subscribe to it and Ubisoft can actually get more money out of it. So maybe, so that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like they'll, it'll be a year, they'll see how many people subscribe and then Ubisoft and Microsoft can enter into some sort of agreement where it's like, okay, this, this is how much people are there, how much they're paying, we know how much the service is valued. We'll pay this much for this amount of years, and they'll add it into the service. I think maybe that's how it could happen, but that's just my own speculation on it. Maybe they just add it right there because um, I think Ubisoft Plus being added to Game Pass Ultimate would be an incredible value add. Uh, yeah, you know, sure. you have EA Play and Ubisoft Plus plus what Xbox is doing. Like that just makes like Game Pass even more of a no-brainer. I don't know if that would require it to raise the price at that point because if Ubisoft because Ubisoft Plus Jez is fifteen dollars on PC and if it's fifteen dollars on Xbox, well, I mean Ultimate's fifteen dollars by itself. Like, th- does that then you have to like increase the price of Ultimate? Do you do a, an Xbox Ultimate Plus for twenty dollars <laughs> where you get <laughs> Xbox EA Play and Ubisoft Plus and and uh, an Ultimate Plus or Game Pass or whatever? That's why I think, like, Luna and Stadia have a smart system where it's, like, you can add channels like a, a cable TV show, a cable TV package, you know? You can add the stuff you want. Like, I wouldn't give a crap about Ubisoft Plus. Yeah, I would I not pay extra. I know, I know. Yeah, I hate Ubisoft games. All their games are terrible. Um, no, that's not true. A lot of their games are terrible, but most of them are terrible. But I just, I just, man, Ubisoft. I wouldn't pay extra for Ubisoft Plus, man. Put it that way. Uh, I don't. I don't write their games. I don't think they make good games anymore, and I think their games are all creatively bankrupt. But they are popular, and a lot of people do like Ubisoft games. Uh, they just announced the Settlers reboot out of the blue the other day. I don't know if you saw this, right? I did. I did. Uh, yeah. A lot of a lot of people are not happy about. It. Oh, they're not happy about it. No, imagine that. No, because it it they're like it looks cartoony and stuff like that. And apparently, the re- I don't. I never played the original Settlers games, but uh, people aren't happy with the aesthetic. I don't know. But anyway, uh, that's a whole other topic. Hey, but I wouldn't. I just saw uh, Netflix raise their prices again. Oh really? Yeah, I'm looking uh, at it now. The basic plan that's is great. the basic plan's ten bucks now. The standard plan's sixteen, and the premium plan's twenty. Oh man! Well, they know. That's like a $3 rise, right? I don't know if it's a $3 rise. It's a good thing that I'm on my buddy's Netflix and he's on the premium plan. So wow. I don't have to pay for Netflix. I actually it's do. all right for some, right? What? It's all right for some. I'm, I, like, I'm the guy who pays for everyone's Netflix in my, <laughs> in my family. I mean, I think what do I, I pay for, I, so I'm on my buddy's Netflix. 
I'm on my buddy's Hulu. I'm on my buddy's Paramount Plus. I'm on, wow. I'm on my buddy's HBO Max. I'm on my buddy's Peacock. <laughs> <laughs> Randall Lee. Hey, what? I game share with him, and he gets all my games. So it's a fair trade, right? Um, yeah, right. I I I I pay for my own Disney Plus and I pay for my own Amazon Prime because I pay for Prime, um, and I think I have Apple TV. But yeah, so I'm on my but I'm on like five of my buddies' streaming services. So yeah. man, I Microsoft just took eighty dollars off me for a Office three six five. Literally just now. <laughs> well, so, you know uh, you know what yeah. you need. You need to get more. Sponsorships by Manscaped code XBT. Yeah, yeah, Manscaped.com XB2 for 20% off free shipping. Get buying, get buying. Buy Somebody rank and subscribe to more streaming services. But um, but yeah, it's it's stri- everything's a bloody streaming service now. Like I pay for YouTube Premium. I pay for oh yeah, I pay I play for YouTube Premium as well. That's right, I do. Yeah. yeah. I pay for Office 365 family package, Netflix family package, Spotify family package. I was looking at like YouTube premium package because like I'm sick of my I'm sick of my friends wanting to use my login for YouTube premium as well. I mean, how much money would I save if I just cancel all this shit? Probably quite a lot, right? Yeah, well, yeah. But then I'd have to watch ads. Gross. I know, right? Erigato says, uh. I used to think like you, Jez, but then I saw my parents using to work out, and not to mention they surpassed 10 million sold for Quest 2. So yeah, yeah. I, I, well that's the thing. It's like it's great for working out, but when I'm working out, I'm not gaming. I'm working out. I'm making an effort. You know, that's, that was my point. It's not. It's not something I would use for fun. It's something I use for working out. Like I've I've got beat I've got Beat Saber. It's a great game, but. Not a game that I play for gaming. It's a game I play for burning calories. You know, it's I don't know. That's just me. I I don't think it's a great gaming device. I think it's yeah. a great experience device in short bursts, twenty minute bursts. But Zuckerberg is betting on the idea that you want to spend all of your gaming time and leisure time with a thing strapped on your face. And I don't think that's I don't think that's going to be a thing. I think it's going to be a complimentary experience, not the default experience. But I could be wrong. Could be very wrong. Uh, yeah, you know, if you guys are enjoying the show, make sure you hit that like button. So we had over 1,100. So it's always it's always great to see everybody uh, tuning out to uh, check out what me and Jess have to say about stuff. I wouldn't because I suck. But don't be ridiculous. I will love you, Brian. Yeah. Uh, Victor says, Happy New Year's, guys. What are your takes on Spartacus, the PlayStation Game Pass? Well, to be fair, I would need to see what Spartacus offers. Like, what are the t- pricing tiers, right? Uh, what are the, um, like, what's the backwards compatibility stuff? Like, I need to see what Spartacus is all about before I give my opinion on it, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I'm sure you kind of feel the same. I, there was that story that their uh, PlayStation basically pulled uh, PlayStation Now cards in the UK and the US, so maybe there's an announcement for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it does really sound like they're just going to roll PlayStation Now into PlayStation Plus, which maybe is the right decision considering PlayStation Plus is you know like the number one subscription service essentially. Um, 
And PlayStation Now has pretty much been an abject failure for PlayStation since it launched. Uh, so yeah, we need to see more. We need we need to see more of what they're doing. Uh, Relis says Xbox could literally bring the Kinect back with some glasses, and that could be their VR, uh, VR light and no, new controllers. That's what Hololens is. Hololens is Kinect on your face, basically. It's not like they they made Kinect and the technology just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, they put it into Hololens. So, and uh, someone in the chat said. HoloLens isn't bullshit. Um, they're using it right now, and it's, sa- it's saved my buddy's life in the military. So maybe HoloLens is doing some really good stuff, and then we just you know don't really hear about it because it's literally classified. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Wilson wants to know when Jeff saw about how the overall scale of the game looked like more ambitious than the Outer Worlds? Question mark. Man, the slice I saw of the Avowed was very, very small. It was mostly combat-oriented. I couldn't get an idea of how big the world was. I couldn't get an idea of, like, how complex things were and all that kind of stuff. So I have no idea, ultimately. I'm personally expecting it to be similar in scope to the Outer Worlds, purely because of the size of the team, which is sort of around the 120 mark, if I remember correctly. Um... And that's just off the top of my head. They're, it's not a it's not a huge AAA team working on a vote. It's like a small a smaller sort of team. So I'm expecting a similar scope to the to the outer worlds, personally. But you know, maybe it takes things to the next level a bit. Stuff like that. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, and if Furious one says, "Hey, Jeff, serious question. Do you think it would have been smarter for Sony to stop the production of the PS4 and instead sell the PS4 Pro as a com- competition for the Xbox Series S?" Um, it's hard to say because there's probably some logistical reasons why they chose the PS4 base edition. Maybe it's like, I don't know, much cheaper to manufacture. Like, isn't the PS4 Pro basically just two PS4s bolted together? Isn't that like something that was revealed by a teardown? Um, I can't remember. I don't know about that, yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I don't know. Um... Let's see here. Achievement says IOI, googly eye, shrimp. Andrew says, will Atomic Heart make make this year? Not a lot of info. Maybe. Who knows, though? A lot of game, I think a lot of games are still going to get delayed. Uh, Hargeet Chani says, FYI, the PlayStation is based on Linux. There you go, Jez. Yeah, it's, it's a Unix-based system. But still, you can't run those PlayStation games on a regular Linux system. Yeah. Uh, Skate says, good content on Game Pass, exclusive delays, okay. Uh, let's see what else we got here. And uh, Faisal says, Jez, what is your take on what Max the Dude said about your article about Killer Instinct and Bandai Namco being an option? Rand, how I you haven't... feeling now? I'm feeling pretty good uh, right now, yes. Thank you. I haven't seen what Max said about Michael, so I can't really comment. But he did criticize the fact that I said Bandai contributed to Smash Brothers when, like, they basically made Smash Brothers. My point was that Nintendo fronted the money, you know. So it was like, it was Bandai who developed it, but Nintendo's money kind of thing. And Nintendo's, like, direction to some degree, I guess, but... Hey. Um, I don't know. He didn't, he didn't like the fact that I said Bandai contributed to it, I think. Someone mm. said. 
You know what? Uh, people are calling me Randall Mooch because I'm on my buddy's all of his, his subscription services. <laughs> Randall Mooch. Yeah, I mean, they call me Randall Mooch. Like what? Like he's he's my game share partner. He gets like all my games. How's that not a fair trade off? <laughs> and it's not like I he's what he's, about you sleeping night, man? Hey, you know what? He's subscribed. All that is like, hey, do you have Paramount Plus? And he's like, yeah, I got Paramount Plus. I'm like, hey, can I use it? He's like, of course you can use it. You know. So, in that voice? I mean, yeah, essentially in that voice. <laughs> you know, I've been using his Netflix for years. We're we're bros. We're game share partners, you know. What's his is mine and what's mine is his. <laughs> what? Fucking like a true moocher. I'm just I'm just saying. I I mean I'm I'm being truthful. Like, yeah, like you know, I could have my own Netflix, but my buddy has it, so I'll use his. And he can use all my games. Randall fraud. I'm not a fraud. Come on. Uh, Calyrix says, hey, Rand, what do you think about Sega supporting NFTs and backtracking what they said prior about not using NFTs? Uh, this whole NFT discussion is just going to keep on going forever. Um, I did see Sega trademarking like Sega NFTs or whatever. I need to see an implementation of all that stuff. So I think a lot of these companies see just see money signs and they're just like, we can get in in on this and make a whole bunch of money. It's just, I am almost at the point now where I want to just mute the word NFT on Twitter. I just, I don't yeah, like, I, I hate it. seeing it. So, someone, uh, an Xbox engineer said, um, I won't say her name in case she doesn't want the exposure, but she said, um, she said NFTs are a problem looking for a solution. Mm-hmm. No, a solution looking for a problem, sorry. I said that the wrong way around. So basically, NFTs are like it's really funny because so, every now and then someone jumps in my jumps into my mentions and they say things like, "Oh my god, uh, blockchain could solve this." And I'm just like, "Why? Why use blockchain? You could just use MySQL. You know, you, you can literally just use SQL Server to do everything the blockchain does at half the cost without destroying the environment. Like, there's literally no reason to use blockchain unless you want to tie it to a crypto because you want to make a load of money from crypto bros." It's literally the only reason is money laundering. Blockchain solves nothing. It solves no problems at all. So I'm sick of hearing about it. I'm sick mm. of it, Raf. Yes, I know. You're, I know. I think everybody's sick of it, right? Um, what else we got here? So the death of Xbox One, Jez. Uh, yeah. Microsoft came out and told Tom Warren that uh, Xbox One S has been discontinued since the end of 2020, and the One X was discontinued even before that. I thought that was known. I don't... I mean, Did you I, think that was known? I mean, I thought... I thought it was known. I mean, I knew they were going to discontinue the One X before it all came out. I remember people being like, how will grandmas know what system to buy? Series X, <laughs> Series X, One X, One S? They're going to be so confused. You remember that whole argument that people yeah, were having? Yeah. Like, granted, the names are dumb. Like, Microsoft screwed up the naming convention, but there are legit people being like, your dad's not going to know what to get little Jimmy for. He's going to be so confused. And be like, nobody's going to be confused. Because there's just some people are just like, consumers are just sheep and idiots, and they, they're just completely dumb and all this stuff, right? But it was just like, no, the 1X will be discontinued before all that happened, and it was. And then this 1S, it's like, yeah, it's discontinued as well. 
Um, so now that Xbox One is dead, how I mean, how do you feel looking back on the Xbox One generation now that it's all said and done? No more being made. We're moving on to next gen. This year, Redfall, potentially Forza Motorsport, Starfield, next gen only, you know. Uh, how do you feel, how do you I, feel looking back on the Xbox One generation? I had, I've had some of my favorite gaming experiences of all time on the Xbox One. Like, I spent hundreds and hundreds of hours playing my friends in Monsanto World, and I hadn't, I hadn't really had that kind of multiplayer fun with the game since the, the, the height of World of Warcraft. So, for that reason alone, I'm like really thankful to the Xbox One. Yeah, it was a bit of a messy gen, and, uh, but I think we wouldn't be it. We wouldn't have all this good stuff coming if Microsoft hadn't fucked things up so badly that they needed to rethink everything. They'd be still be sort of complacent. We probably wouldn't have Bethesda, and I think like the I think this would be the gen that they'd be super complacent with if they hadn't been complacent last gen. But I don't know. It's it, hindsight's always twenty twenty, isn't it? You just don't know how things would have played out. But I, I had a load of fun with the Xbox One gen. And I could look past the problems and, like, had plenty of fun with it. But how do you feel, Rand? Because I know you played, like, 50,000 hours in PUBG. Yeah, and, I mean, I played, like, it was my most played game from the Xbox One gen, and it was definitely, that is the feeling I wish I could reclaim, that feeling of getting on every night with your bros and just playing PUBG from, like, 9 a.m. to 3 a.m. every night and just having an absolute blast is something that I probably... I've, I I had I experienced it with Halo 2 in 2004, and I thought I would never ever get that feeling again. And then I was able to recapture it for PUBG. Maybe have a little bit of it when I was playing Warzone, but and I sit here and I sometimes look back on it and I think to myself, I'm never going to have that again. That feeling, uh, you know. And then so yes, that is my most played game from the Xbox One gen. But I look back on the Xbox One generation sort of like with, um, how do I say this? I feel like, no, I I feel like Xbox One, I feel like Xbox One generation was the generation where Microsoft died and then rose from the ashes like a phoenix. A phoenix. Like like Xbox Phoenix. There was a lot of, like, I was so disappointed that, like, Rise didn't get a sequel and Quantum Break didn't get a sequel. I feel like it was the lost generation of just, like, mm-hmm. one and dones from these franchises that I thought could be big. And it was just, for whatever reason, you know, they didn't buy them or people didn't buy enough copies or Xbox didn't want it. Like, it just felt like Xbox was just in this bad place and they were spinning their tires and they didn't know what they wanted to do because of, you know, the low sales and all that stuff. And it was just like, it seemed for a while that, like, Xbox was just slowly dying. And then they did die. But out of that death came the new Xbox with a renewed sense of purpose, uh, with a renewed sense of commitment, and with a renewed sense of focus, on what they needed to do, and that basically resolved into it's not going to be about everything except gaming, you know, it's going to be strictly about gaming, 
And to do this, we need to invest like never before, and we need to have uh, things that nobody thought, you know, you could have before, like subscription services. So, yeah, even though the Xbox One gen, I think, was the worst gen, it ended up maybe being the most beneficial, because now you end up with an Xbox that is, better positioned than ever before. And I think it's only like this because of the hardships that they went through. And sometimes it's not, it's sometimes in life it's about, it's not about winning. It's about getting, it's about like losing and then how you bounce back from that loss, right? Do you wallow in self-despair? Do you just give up and never continue on? Or do you like redefine yourself and continue forward? And I feel like like we saw Xbox go through that uh, with this past generation. So it's almost like I look at it like I'm glad they struggled and I'm glad they had their problems to end up into the point where we're at and we're about to get. At least that's what um, I kind of feel. They died and like a phoenix rose from the ashes. Wow, better. I am inspired, Ryan. No, you're not. You're just saying that. <laughs> Stop it. But I, I that was beautiful. That was like one of those Hollywood sort of pep talks kind of speeches, like like Braveheart or some shit. You know? No? Yeah. Yeah. No? Maybe. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, how does everybody in chat feel about Xbox? I mean, I'm going to have a poll here. Let's see. I'm going to make a poll. I'm going to ask people what their favorite uh, favorite Xbox gen is. What do you think, Jez? Favorite Xbox gen oration. We'll have uh, OG Xbox on here, right? Got to have the OG. What do you think is going to win? If you had a guess. The <laughs> Xbox 360 360 is the, the generally one gen. one. And then the uh, Xbox Series uh, XS gen. Oh, I can put it. this poll on um, on uh, Spotify, too, because we can do polls on Spotify now. Yeah. My favorite gen is the 360 gen by a lot. I love the 360 gen. But yeah, another Xbox generation done and dusted. No more Xbox Ones being made. So, yeah. Um, what else uh, came out? Oh, GoldenEye. Uh, that kind of turned out to be big news. Uh, apparently the achievements leaked on True Achievements, and people are like, oh my God, GoldenEye. And, I, and you know what? I have a hot take on this. You know what? Oh. You know, who gives a flying... Sh- I don't <laughs> say, who gives a... <laughs> Oh, no. Shit about GoldenEye in 2022. Like, what? Like, that is the ultimate nostalgia game. You guys are going to play that game. You're going to buy it. You're going to play it for ten minutes, and you're going to turn it off because you're going to realize that you don't want your memories of that game tainted. I'm telling you, I don't (laughs) understand. Like, yes, GoldenEye was cool when I played it on the Nintendo 64 for the first time when I was still in freaking grammar school. But like I have drama school in America. Well, I want to say what that came out in 1995. Yeah, I was I was in eighth grade in 1995, or maybe I was in first year in high school. 
or a, a freshman. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, like, I just, I see, like, all these people making videos and tweets, and I'm like, who cares about GoldenEye in 2022? Wow. Like, yeah, it was cool back then, but, like, it ain't going to be cool now. I, I don't know. Like, because I saw a special Nick was like, this is the most game I'm most excited for, and I just started laughing. I'm like, you're joking, right? <laughs> like, this is a joke, right? I don't know. Rand Rand Al Haya. Now, am I like alone in this? Damn. Is it first of all? I need to ask. America has grammar schools. Yeah, I thought that was a British thing. No grammar school, kindergarten through eighth grade. Is that what? What does that mean in in American? What do you mean? What, What is a grammar school? What's the difference? It's a school where you go from kindergarten to first grade through eighth grade. I thought you called that middle school. No, no, I don't know. I, I think there are some. Look, okay, so I went to I went to a private grammar school. I went to a Catholic grammar school, okay, and I went to that grammar school from kindergarten to eighth grade, and then I went to a high school, a private Catholic high school, from for my freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year, and then I went away to college, and I only went to college for a year, and I. Bailed out because I'm a lazy person. I wasn't self-motivated to do it, right? So, yes, I call it a grammar school. There may be other people here that maybe went to public school. Maybe public school does a little bit different, and they have middle school. I don't know. <laughs> elementary school, I some people call it elementary school. I call it a grammar school. In the, in the U.K., a grammar school is like you have to take an aptitude test to get in. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's a bit different. Oh, well. Uh, DB I Cooper thought that was interesting. D.B. Cooper says, Rand, write my eulogy, please. <laughs> 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 That's good. Uh, Chinook Guy says, how willing do you think Xbox is to work with Crytek on the Rise IP? I mean, I know, I, I think I, I, I had heard Xbox wanted to do a Rise too, but they just couldn't come to terms on it, but. There was a leak, and I remember Nick saying that he had heard like there was a Crytek 2 in the works, but it might be multi-platform. So, if that's the case, then I guess not very, right? Game, if it's 400 hours of raw fun, but from Ubisoft's way Ubisoft develops games, you just assume that that's not going to be the case anymore. Because open world games have become stupid, boring, and lame because of Ubisoft. Um, so, personally... I want to believe that Dying Light 2 is going to be 500 hours of fun. I mean, they came back and said the, the story is 20 hours long or whatever, and that it's 500 hours of the completionist playtime. But the amount of pearl clutching I saw about this, and people like, oh, I'm not buying it now, because it's 500 hours long. You know, it's, it just, it's just funny how the narrative is flipped. And I really do blame Ubisoft for all of this. It's all Ubisoft's fault, and it's all, all these pointless games which have all these, like, arbitrary sort of mechanics, like, you know, Shadow of War, what was it called? Shadow of Mordor, Shadow mm-hmm. of War, which had like, like, you you got to the end of the game and then it was like, okay, now do, now do busy work for another 10 hours to get the real ending. That was the most annoying bullshit I've ever seen in a game. And like, Ubisoft games are full of that stuff, you know? 
And they, they literally have microtransactions to speed up the game because they know how boring it is. It's like, it's, they're, they're like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll purposely make the game boring and we'll sell you the ability to skip all the boring stuff. That is the height of creative just bullshit. And I know people like Assassin's Creed. I know it offers, like, you know, if you enjoy the game, then it is 500 hours of fun. But I'm like, I really do believe this is where the, the backlash comes from. And it's, it's the backlash is about these games that sort of just have padded campaigns. And they don't deserve to be 500 hours long. They're just arbitrarily 500 hours long. Not like Skyrim, which had like hundreds of handcrafted quests and handcrafted dungeons. Or Fallout, with its hundreds of handcrafted stuff. And it's, and it's other systems that made playing it for 300 hours actually fun. It's some of these other open world games, like Shadow of War and all this stuff, which just don't do it very well. Like, um, and I know some people get really mad when I criticize this game, but I felt like that about Arkham Knight. Hmm. And I see all those Riddler trophies, and I think, fuck off, Rocksteady, with your Riddler trophies. I could not give the remotest crap about all this pointless bullshit you put in your game to pad the numbers. Like doing the same Firefly quest like ten times, or the same pen- Penguin quest ten times. It was boring as hell, man. And all those tank missions, boring as hell. And it started with like, it started with, uh, you know, Assassin's Creed, and then Far Cry, and Watch Dogs, and then it spread to like Batman, and the Saints Row, and then all these games just like, they completely missed the point of open world, so... That's why there was a backlash. And it's unfounded. Because what if it's fun? It might be fun. It might well not be fun. <laughs> and no. I guess we'll find out. Well, the funny thing is, like, I, when I saw that, I'm like, what does it matter? The game's just gonna, it's gonna be like a 30 hour game and they're talking about like, oh, if you do all the quests and do all the secret endings and find every collectible, you know, like, and even still, I doubt there's $500 worth of stuff. But you're right, like, that used to be a selling point. Where it's like, look at all this content you get for sixty bucks, but now it's kind of looked at like, what? I don't got time for this shit, right? Yeah, I, in my article, I sort of, I sort of like, um, I sort of, uh, I theorized that the reason, another reason, is games have gotten older. Like in the last ten years, the demographics for gamers, like most gamers, are now like in their in their late thirties. Which is like, you know, it's a change. From 10 years ago, it's a big difference. But most gamers are in their late 20s, like 10 years ago. And it's changed now. And most gamers are in their late 30s. Um, or at least game, like people who consider themselves to be gamers. A lot of mobile gamers don't even consider themselves to be gamers. So it's a bit weird when it comes to who refers to themselves as a gamer. But that's a completely separate discussion. Um, but a lot of people just think like, man, I don't, I don't have time for this. I want to move to another experience after so many hours. And I think that's fair. And the problem is with that is that it sort of works against what game devs and publishers want. Game devs and publishers, they want you to be in their games as long as possible. You know. So like they sort of they're sort of in this position where they have to sort of create artificial value by padding it out with bullshit fetch quests and, and all this other crap that nobody wants or nobody asks for. And um, sort of reconcile that with, like, the shareholder goals, which is, like, so much engagement per month. 
But we see like Activision, they, when they report to shareholders, they always talk about engagement. They never talk about sales. They talk about engagement, talk about hours spent in their game worlds. So like, there's almost like an incentive to make games just time-gated. And we've seen this in World of Warcraft in um, recent years, a game which I have intimate knowledge of. World of Warcraft has become the ultimate time-gated game where you can't, you can't just play it. You have to wait until the next week to com- continue playing it. It's like a mobile, like mobile games do this too. They have like this time gating mechanics where it's like you can pay a microtransaction to unlock the next bit of gameplay and stuff like that. And um, I don't know. But yeah, a lot of people are mad about me saying Ubisoft games suck, but I'm sorry, they do. They suck. All of them. Far Cry, Watch Dogs, Assassin's Creed, they all suck. I love when you go on the rants about Ubisoft. It's, it's I hate, I just hate them. They're, they're creatively bankrupt as a company. NFTs, like, their games have, like, nothing creative in them anymore. They've given up. They're a company that has given up. They're, they're a factory who make processed meat. Their games have no creativity <laughs> and they're terrible. I hate them. I hate them. I love it. We hate it. We hate it. Supernova says, do you think Forza Motorsport will take the base players from Starfield, if it released this year, it, is Avowed's budget much higher than Outer Worlds? I mean, I don't know about the budget of Avowed. Uh, I don't really think Forza Motorsports going to steal any players from Starfield. Uh, personally. Uh, Sean says, you missed my first chat. I'm sorry, it's not showing up, so just put it in, put in the chat and at me and I'll, we'll, we'll, I'll read and answer it. Um, E3's canceled, Jez. And it's like, I think I said when they canceled the first time, uh, E3's never coming back. And the sad part about it is, I don't think we'll ever see another live Xbox press conference for E3. And then going forward, all the E3 conferences or whatever you want to call it in that time frame in the summer, they'll all be digital. And the only time potentially we might get a live Xbox press conference with fans is for the Exos at the end of the year. But I think like the nail, I think that coffin is like nailed shut. I think E3 is completely done with. Live shows are completely done with because it's like you can just do it digital and you know what? That kind of sucks. It does suck because it was like the one opportunity we get to hang out and I I could get a plane ticket for free from my company. But um... I think like the, this happened start, this started happening before the pandemic. We saw Sony skip E3 a bunch. We started seeing more and more companies opt for digital. You know, at the first opportunity, they all bowed out. Like Blizz, like even, um, Minecraft as well. Minecraft Earth used to be this like live, live convention similar to BlizzCon. And even before the pandemic, they were like, nah, we're not going to do, we're not going to do this anymore. We're just going to, we're going to do Minecraft Earth digitally, whatever. Um, so this was already happening before the pandemic. I think the pandemic just accelerated it. I don't think we'll see a lot of these shows come back. It's really funny, actually. I got an email for um, EGX in uh, Birmingham for, for the spring. EGX is like a UK convention. Uh, I think Euro, Eurogamer has something to do with it. Um, but it's like, I, why would I go to this? <laughs> why the hell would I go to a live event like that now? In 2022, I just wouldn't do it. So that is true. I don't know. 
Um, and you know what? Let's see. We're we're at the three hour mark, and we'll end it here. But we'll definitely take some questions. If anybody has anything they want to ask, make sure you put it in the chat. Thank you guys. As always, you've been amazing. Um, we have well over 1,100 people here, which is incredible. Uh, all the support you show us is honestly humbling. And I know a lot of people dip out. They don't want to hear for questions, which is great. But if you would hit the like button, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe if you're new. And if you guys are making a purchase at manscaped.com in the near future, don't forget you can use the code XB2 in the checkout to get 20% off and free shipping uh, anywhere in the world, I believe, right? Yeah, worldwide free shipping, XB2, men's grooming products, razors, ball shavers, boxes, cologne. I do all kinds of stuff, you know. You don't shave your balls. There's there's other things, too. So I'm going to check out Manscaped, and uh, thanks to them again for supporting us, but... Let's take some questions, Rand. Yeah. We got he says, can I get your thoughts about Sony-owned Aniplex buying the dev behind Fate Grand Order? This is now Aniplex second game studio. Do you think Sony is setting up Aniplex as a publisher? Um, I haven't heard anything about this, so that's news to me. Do you know anything yeah, about this, Jez? I don't know anything about that, I'm afraid. Um, it's interesting, though. Uh, George wants to know if we'll think we'll hear something about Avowed this year or Perfect Dark. I think 100% we'll see something about Avowed this year. And I'm less sure about Perfect Dark, but if I think mm, about 100% Perfect Dark, mm, maybe. Maybe. Uh, Ermi says, Jess talked about the mobile games. Any reason Forza Street is being canceled out now? Yeah, probably because it doesn't make any more money. Yeah. I think the problem with Forza is is always the the licensing on that stuff, yeah, and because that, like, yeah. yeah, that probably eats into the profitability of the game, and also the fact that it's really boring. Like Forza <laughs> Street is an aggressively boring game. Like who wants to play a racing game where you just tap things? It's a nice little experiment, I guess, but it's not surprising it's shutting down. It was a horribly boring game, even like by mobile game standards. But. It's a problem, though. It really is a problem, because I think Microsoft needs to have a mobile presence. They do. And they keep sort of putting out these games that just sort of do nothing. It's really strange. But, I don't know. Um, let's see. What else we got? Anthony says, don't leave. I still have two hours of work. Man, if, if only we could podcast for another two hours. Uh, Middle Lemon <laughs> says, tell us about the state of the K3 leak. Um, I don't know really. That'll be up to Jazz, but I don't even know if it's a leak. I just wasn't. What did sure. he say? He said, "Tell us about the state of the K3 leak." I don't know really. Know. Uh, I haven't heard anything about a leak state of the K. Um, unless there's something that's happened during the show, I don't know. Well, he was. Remember when I was like, "Why don't you tell him what the other studios making?" And you were just like, "I don't." I said there's something that I wasn't sure if you could mention on the show on air. You had told me about it before. Uh, I don't know. We'll talk about it. We'll talk. We'll about talk it about it off air when Jez tells me all the secrets about Xbox. Yeah, and then we'll, maybe we'll talk about it next week. But I can't remember off the top of my head what you're talking about. I couldn't find it again. So. Uh, says, right, we'll, put, we'll play it safe on that one. Ulfric says, "Do you expect to see more from Bethesda this year other than Starfield, Redfall, and the Xbox version of Deathloop?" And that's pretty much it. I mean, Ghostwire Tokyo on PlayStation's this year. 
But I can't I can't imagine anything else from Bethesda dropping a lot. Did you know? No, I have no clue. I'd absolutely look, okay. So this <laughs> is what happened. I went so last night I'm in a party chat with Dealer Gaming and Gaming Forte and we're just having a blast talking about stuff. And I finished the last episode, the series finale of The Expanse. Right? And I was like I put out a video talking about Phil Spencer and you know, Project Spartacus and what he thinks and how basically, like, everything is going to be inevitable and essentially he expects, you know, all those games to be, PlayStation games to be day one, right? And I was like, okay, what am I going to wake up, you know, because I'm feeling good about myself, right? I was, wasn't was feeling very good for the past month, but I'm like, I'm back making videos. You were pushing me to make videos, right? And I was like, yeah, all right, yeah. what am I going to make today? You know, i got to do RDX later tonight, and which is going to be a huge show. So I'm like, what am I what am I gonna do today? So I'm laying in bed and my phone just starts vibrating like crazy, just constantly like root, 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 root. <laughs> I'm like, what is cause I don't I don't I have it silent, so it just vibrates because I can't stand the ringtone, right? And I look and there's a DM from Jazz and a DM from Everborn Saga and a DM from this person and a DM from this person and a DM from this person and I'm like, What is going on? Then I, there's a missed phone call from Lord Cognito and then Lord Cognito had texted me being like, bro, wake up. Xbox has just bought Activism Blizzard. And I'm looking at that, and I'm like, this can't be true. That's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> me and you, we had, we had like, kind of knew about Bethesda, like, five hours before it happened. And we, were, we had prepared ourselves. I had stayed up, right? And if you go look, I had a tweet out immediately, right? I didn't think anything was going to happen. Like you, I had heard something was going to happen in the mobile space, and it did, but I didn't think it was going to be this. And I'm like, Activision Blizzard. And I, I, so I, I call up Kong, and Kong answers the phone. He's like, yo, it's lit out here. I'm like, what's lit? He's like, they just spent $70 billion on Activision <laughs> Blizzard. And I'm like, are you like, are, you're not, this isn't like April Fool's, right? This is, this is legit. 100%. He's like, rained. And he was like reading. I'm like, I couldn't comprehend it. And even now, like, my mind it, it, it hasn't fully kind of wrapped around the idea of Xbox spending $70 billion on Activision <laughs> Blizzard and owning the, <laughs> you know, what is essentially the biggest, annual franchise in gaming for the past 13 years, right? It's all about the Call of Duty, but there's more even to that. Like, Mike Ibarra and Brad Ferguson are back at Xbox after leaving, <laughs> right? How crazy is that? Okay. I, what? So where were you? Because that's where I was. I was sleeping. I woke up. My world was rocked. I'm like, okay. I talked to Cog. I read some reactions on, on Twitter. I'm like, I talked to you in Discord because we were deciding whether or not we needed to do an emergency podcast, and we were like, yeah, we have to. And I was like, I need to make a video. I have to talk about this. So I went out and made my video, and now we're doing the podcast. But what were you doing? What, were you were you in, Slack, in the Windows Central Slack group just talking to Miles down PA, talking about Elden Ring strategies that you guys are going to go and do? No, uh, what, what was going on? Dude, all, all the American, because, like, Windows Central is about half American, half British, right, in the staff. So a lot of the American staff, I think, were still asleep, people on the West Coast and in the middle of America and stuff. So, like, a lot of people were asleep. And 
I was I was trying to find someone to write up the big leak of the day, which was uh, the Game Pass games going early for this month. <laughs> so, so like Microsoft accidentally posted some of the Xbox Game Pass games for this month. Death Death Doors coming to Game Pass and Danganronpa and and, uh, and a bunch of other games, uh, Hitman and all that stuff. So some they they posted that early, so I was trying to find someone to write that up. And then I was just sort of I was gearing up to write my editorial. I was going to write something about Gears of War today. I was going to write like some sort of softball editorial, like oh man, what what how Gears of War should evolve the franchise? Because I was just trying to trying to figure out something to write, just something to write about. And I've had some ideas for a while about Gears. And then I look over at uh, one of our Slack channels, and someone's posted a random tweet, like from some random person. WSJ reports that Microsoft acquired Activision. I was like, oh no, nah, come on, this this is not a thing, no way. And then I saw like Jason Shrive himself was tweeting about it, and I was just like, oh my god. And then just dropped everything, and then start writing this, slamming this news post out as fast as I can. I absolutely could not believe it, man. My girlfriend was like, what the hell are you freaking out about? I'm trying to explain to her why it's a big deal. <laughs> You're trying to explain <laughs> to her like, why this is a big deal and she has no clues. Yeah, she's just like, what? what she just thinks I'm a, a nerd and, <laughs> and I'm just like talking about it all day. And like, oh man, I just could not believe it. I was just like hammering the keyboard and then publish, send it, send it up. And then Google picked it up because I think I was one of the first people to, to write about it. And then, man, what a day. What a day, man. I just can't believe it. It's just crazy. This, like, this would be your perfect acquisition because you're a big Blizzard guy. You've been very vocal about World of Warcraft and the decline. Uh, I used to be a big Blizzard guy. You used to be I a mean, big Blizzard guy, but now, now you're you're hopeful that Xbox can essentially build Blizzard back up to what they used to be, right? Yeah. I was like, I've been talking to a few people about this today because, um, because, uh, because, I don't know. A lot of people were sort of confused about why they would do this if it was really worth 70 billion and and also like what it could mean and stuff like that. Because I kind of see Activision as a publisher in decline. Activision Blizzard is definitely a publisher in decline. If you look at their share price, they've been going down. If you look at their monthly active users, they've been going down. Call of Duty sales have been down this year. Like it just feels a bit like they're, they're lurching from one crisis to another, and then all of this is before you talk about layoffs, you talk about staff protests, and then you talk about the massive lawsuit that Activision Blizzard is going, going under with its uh, unfair work practices and, and abuse and all this kind of stuff. Something had to change at Blizzard. Something seismic had to change at Blizzard. And because Bobby Kotick and all the all the shareholders and the, the board, they all have like a controlling stake in Activision. The only this is the only and best way Activision could turn a page on this whole thing. Phil can wipe the slate clean and hopefully start to bring Activision Blizzard back to where it used to be. You know, Call of Duty in its heyday was like a franchise I would buy every year. And then like just sort of stopped being great. It just started being this sort of annual thing. Like, they Ubisofted it, you know. It was just the same game every year, same stuff, blah, blah, blah. And then when they were, like, with World of Warcraft and some of their other games, it was like they're just focusing on monthly active users. They're not focusing on making great games anymore. That was my issue. That's been my issue with Blizzard games for ages. Like, they were all revolved around monthly active users and sort of 
time-gating mechanics and artificial ways to kind of trick people into playing for longer periods of time instead of just making the games great. World of Warcraft is the, the biggest example of this. You know, it's a subscription-based game, and it's just been getting worse and worse and worse since Activision got involved with it. Literally, since Activision and Blizzard merged, World of Warcraft has been going down in monthly active users. So, you know, there is a hope that being part of Xbox will shield Activision Blizzard from shareholder scrutiny to the point where they can just be game devs again. They don't have to deliver value for shareholders directly anymore. They don't have to answer to Bobby Kotick's, like, quarterly earnings report. They don't have to, like, release a game half-finished just to make sure that they've had a Call of Duty this year. Maybe under Xbox, Call of Duties get delayed every now and then to make sure they're polished. Maybe even Call of Duty goes to a, a, a biannual franchise so we get, like, higher-quality games. Call of Duty wasn't annualized back in the day. We used to have to wait a couple of, a couple of years for a Call of Duty, you know? And it, they result, it resulted in higher quality, generally. You know, hopefully this is only going to be a good thing for literally everybody involved. It's going to, hopefully it's a good thing for the staff. Hopefully it's a good thing for people who play on Call of Duty and Warcraft and Overwatch and all these games. Hopefully it's a good thing for everyone involved. Um, although there are, you know, potential downsides as well, especially if you're not on the Xbox ecosystem, aren't there, Ryan? I mean, yeah, yeah. I do mean, you have any immediate thoughts on all this stuff? What's it your seems, it, to me, everybody, it seems like everybody on Twitter today was a legal expert uh, about anti-monopoly laws and antitrust laws and monopolies and, oh, my God, this can't happen, right? And I look at it like... Even with Xbox buying Activision, they're still third. I mean, everybody has made fun of Xbox for the past generation because they had no games, right? That was that was the meme. Everybody in this chat who's been following this podcast has been listening to me and Jez talk about Xbox for four years now and over 200 episodes. You know, we 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 started one in 2017 when it was very much like. Your games for this year are Halo Wars 2 and Super Lucky's Tale. And it was not a fun time to be an Xbox fan, especially when you were looking over at the other side and you saw Horizon Zero Dawn come out and review well, Persona 5 come out, Neo, Sony's putting out God of War and Spider-Man and all these games, and Xbox is like, well, you got Sea of Thieves that doesn't have a lot of content, and State of Decay 3 is kind of iffy. And Crackdown 3 is not very, like, there was that time where it was like, what is going on? What's the future of Xbox going to be like? And now, obviously, that's changed, right? Uh, Microsoft no longer just has five studios. They have, with this, what, 32, 33, 34 studios now? It's kind of a huge improvement. And for me, I don't know. Like, I think the deal will go through. Uh, I, I I think Microsoft has some of the best lawyers out there. Uh, you know, like I said, everybody was talking about Xbox having no games for so long. Xbox is in third place. I mean, how is Xbox forming Monopoly when they still can't beat PlayStation? Even when you add the revenue, they're still behind PlayStation. So it's like, I think the deal will go through. I think people are just – Bethesda was one thing. 
right? Bethesda was one thing. This is something completely different, right? Because Call of Duty is involved. And while Call of Duty doesn't get a lot of talk in this community because it's a multi-platform uh, title, right? It doesn't get doesn't have the juice like the exclusives do. There's no denying it that outside of Grand Theft Auto, like Call of Duty is the biggest franchise in console gaming yearly and has been for like 13 years at this point. And the idea that PlayStation might lose that game, which, by the way, Jez, uh-huh. Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War, and Call of Duty Vanguard were the number one and number two selling games of the entire year for not only PlayStation but Xbox. Last right? year? Yeah, for this year, 20, 2021. They were number one and number two. Sales were down. Well, yeah, they're down, but it doesn't matter because they sell so much more than everybody else. It's ridiculous. That's crazy. Right? So there's that fear. But with Bethesda, it's like, ah, whatever, you know, we'll miss the Starfield here, and the Elder Scrolls will come on five years, and, you know, the revenue hit from that. It, it, it's it's big, but it, you you can kind of look the other way. But this is, like, the number one game going on for the past 13 years. This is this is the game that Sony threw hundreds of millions of dollars at for, you know, marketing. Like, Call of Duty is, you know, PlayStation is the place to play. You lose Call of Duty... Do you, do, does, does PlayStation suffer? That's a lot of revenue to lose. Does, does Xbox suddenly become the de facto casual console? And I think that's what a lot of people are worried about because they're worried about, you know, PlayStation maintaining its dominant status. And they make incredible games. But the reason PlayStation is dominant is because they basically are the de facto casual platform for Call of Duty and FIFA and Madden and NBA 2K, and all these other games that casual gamers love to play. And Call of Duty is the biggest, absolutely, by far. And somehow, in a, in, when you think about the future, and we'll talk about exclusivity and all that stuff, if you pluck that game away from PlayStation, and now that game's only on Xbox, does Xbox now become the de facto casual console? And people start looking at a PlayStation as a system maybe that's not worth having if you aren't into the exclusives. And then because that kind of snowballs, it picks up steam and people buy it for Call of Duty, but then they start buying it for FIFA and Madden, and it kind of just all flips on itself. I think that is something a lot of people are worried about. They're also worried about industry. You know, they're worried about, in my DMs today, Jez, I basically had a bunch of people ask me, Rand, does Sony need to respond? Does Sony need to do something? They have to do something. They can't let this go unanswered. Who should Sony buy? Like Square Enix, Take-Two, Capcom. Like I think I had like 60 M's being like, what is Sony's next move on this? And it's just like, bro, I don't know. Like, the, <laughs> I, I mean, like Sony's been doing what they've been doing. They, 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 they're buying studios that they work with. But now people are freaking out. People freaked out when Xbox bought Bethesda, and now this is magnitudes even bigger than Bethesda. Like this is it's, ten times Bethesda, it's, right? It's, it's literally ten times Bethesda. Like Bethesda costs seven billion, and this costs almost seventy billion. Like the the amount of IP 
that Activision has is truly staggering. You know, we're going back decades. We're going back to the 80s, you know. <clears throat> we're talking about, like, even beyond stuff like people people obviously think about, like Crash Bandicoot and StarCraft and WarCraft and Overwatch and Call of Duty and Diablo. And, you know, it goes all the way back to, like, games like Pitfall, for God's sake, you know, and, and stuff like that. Like, the like nightmare creatures on the PlayStation 1. Did you ever play that? Like yeah. Activision owns a stupid amount of games that hold a lot of nostalgic value that Microsoft could easily just tag onto one of its devs. Like they could just they could just go to the coalition site, you know, do you want to make a third person shooter based on any of these IP? Do you want to revive StarCraft Ghost? I've seen a lot of people talking about that. Bring back StarCraft Ghost. You know, we're talking about, like, Pong Stolen Chat just mentioned Hexen. Like, Hexen goes back mm. to id Software. You know, all these, there's just a crazy amount of IP that they own that has sort of come to Xbox now. Uh, you know, Skylanders and Guitar Hero. And it's, just, it's just nuts what they can do yeah. with this stuff. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's I, crazy. I just want to say, I see all the Super Chats. Thank you guys for the incredible support. Uh, we will definitely read through them all. Uh, yes. as, uh, you know, you guys support the channel, and the least I can do is, you know, talk about what you guys are saying in the chat. Um, but, Jez. Dude, I, it's just nuts, man. So, okay, let me, let me ask you this, because I, I made my video today, and I didn't really think long and hard on it. It was just kind of like, I wanted to get my initial reactions out there, right? And now I've had a little bit more time to think about it, there's a part of me that feels that while Call of Duty and all these is great, and that game could, what it could do for Xbox Game Pass is insane, right? But it almost feels to me like even a bigger part of this deal, and RDM in the chat says we have over 2,600 people watching right now, which oh is ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, if you're enjoying the show, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe if you're new. I know the big story is going to be Call of Duty and exclusivity, which I think me and Jez both have a prediction on, and I think we might be a little bit different. I'm not sure. We're going to be talking about that in a little bit. But I think the it's Call of Duty, it's Blizzard, and it's King. And I think maybe the most important thing might be King. And I know a lot of maybe Xbox gamers don't want to hear it, and this kind of goes back to the discussion we were having on the last podcast where we said, we think the next acquisition that Xbox might make is the mobile publisher. Because if you're trying to go after 3 billion gamers, and that's the goal, you need a mobile presence. And at some point we both thought, and we had both heard, that Microsoft was going to make a play in the mobile space. It's not sexy, it doesn't make for a great headline on YouTube or whatever, but for what Microsoft is trying to do, King could be that, like, linchpin, where it's like, yeah, you got Call of Duty, and that sells Game Pass, but King is mobile, and King reaches people that don't consider themselves gamers, and it just yeah. prints money. What do you think about, what do you think about King? Because we'll talk about each one of these individually. How do you think King factors into all this? Well, King makes, I think, so, I don't know if it's true. Yeah. 
thing made Candy Crush and a bunch of other strong mobile games. And you know, I th- someone said to me earlier that King makes two million dollars a day, you know, and uh, from from Candy Crush, just Candy Crush, because you can only play it for so long, and then you have to pay a microtransaction to keep <laughs> keep playing it. You know, what if what if they let people bypass the microtransaction by you know joining Game Pass, right? Because like there there are there are normies out there who spend way more than ten dollars a month on on Candy Crush alone. And if you say to them, well, you're spending ten dollars a month anyway, why don't you get Game Pass? And then they get Candy Crush permanently. You know, it, you're going to boost Game Pass subscriptions by an absurd amount, like instantly. There are so many ways they can hook the mobile stuff into this. They can hook in like Hearthstone to Xbox Game Pass. Like, give you, like, if, you, if you're if you an Xbox Game Pass subscriber, you get, like, a bunch of card packs every month. You know, stuff like that. And then, that's even before you start talking about the core games, which, you know, your $70 games. Your stuff like Diablo 4, which is going to be probably huge. And then, like, Overwatch 2, if it ever comes out of development hell. And then, like, World of Warcraft Xbox port, which is probably going to happen now. Um which will probably be exclusive too, because it doesn't exist on PlayStation, and PlayStation has Final Fantasy XIV and Robbie Born as an exclusive. I can't see why Microsoft will put World of Warcraft for consoles on PlayStation when they haven't got Final Fantasy XIV. So there is just so much potential in this deal for Microsoft to grow Xbox Game Pass. Like, this, this is all about moving beyond the console. They've got Battle.net now, which has, like, the huge PC audience. They've got, like, IP like StarCraft, which is, like, dormant and could be revived by, like, the World's Edge team, you know. I don't know if Blizzard even has an RTS team anymore, but, like, if Microsoft was willing to revive Age of Empires, you can bet your ass that they'd revive StarCraft, which is... which is Well, yeah, you don't even necessarily have to have Blizzard make StarCraft. You could partner with somebody like Relic, like they did to make yeah. Age of Empires 4. Like, Jens, this key image... That was going around on Twitter where it says Xbox plus Activision, Blizzard King, and it's Overwatch, Diablo, Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Candy Crush, StarCraft. And then it goes on to say creators of Call of Duty, Warcraft, Candy Crush, Tony Hawk, Diablo, Overwatch, Spyro, Hearthstone, Guitar Hero, Crash Bandicoot, StarCraft, and more. So Xbox gets their, essentially, they have platformers now. They own Spyro, they own Crash Bandicoot, Right. But then when you when you read some of the, you know what Phil said in his article, they got Activision Publishing, Blizzard Entertainment, Beanox, Demonware, Digital Legends, High Moon Studios. Please let High Moon Studios actually make games again instead of being support for Call of Duty. Uh, I I really enjoyed what they used to make. Infinity Ward, King, Major League Gaming, Radical Entertainment, Raven, another incredible studio. Please let them make also. <laughs> Uh, other games. Sledgehammer Games, Toys for Bob, which I believe Toys for Bob did the Skylander games, if I'm not mistaken. Like, maybe there's your, your kid-friendly stuff, or they can make platformers or whatever. Treyarch, and every team across Activision Blizzard, right? And you look at this, and, you know, I'm reading it, Phil Spencer, CEO of Microsoft Gaming. Is that a new position, Jez? Is that a promotion? <clears throat> Phil's been promoted. There are now two CEOs at Microsoft, which I don't think has ever happened in the company. Could be wrong about that. Um, but I, the, the position CEO Microsoft Gaming is definitely a new position. And I think that reflects the fact that Bethesda and Activision and Xbox are all big enough in their own right to be 
separate divisions, frankly. It's, it's, it's just crazy what's going on at Xbox right now. Like, can you imagine back when we were talking about all this stuff in, like, 2014, 2015, 2016, that, like, we'd be sitting here now discussing the acquisition of Activision <laughs> Blizzard? Dude, for $70 billion? Seven, and not only $70 billion, where maybe some of it is fucked. This is just straight up cash, G. It's $68.5 billion strictly just cash liquid money. Phil Spencer walked, <laughs> Phil Spencer's out there, what was it, like a week ago where he's like, we we're reevaluating our relationships and how we do stuff with Activision, which was just code word for, I'm the boss Boy. now. I'm the <laughs> boss now. Bobby, Co- and I know like a lot of people are like, well, what's happening to Bobby Kotick? Because there is a lot of baggage that comes with Activision. Their stock price tumbled, which is maybe one of the reasons why they were able to get them for the price they got them at. Um, it does seem like once this deal goes through, like Bobby's going to be the CEO uh, for the you know until the deal goes through, and then once it happens, he's gone, and Phil and team are going to have to kind of change the company culture at Activision. Yeah. Um, which, you know, makes a lot of sense. You don't want Bobby Kotick there. But it's unfortunate, though, is that dude's just going to make out like a bandit. He's just going to he's gonna take his payday and he's going to leave. Um, but you mentioned before, like, that this will be good for many different ways, right? A lot of Xbox gamers are not going to be getting all these Activision Blizzard games, Day 1 Game Pass, so they're going to be super cheap. Uh, they can essentially build Blizzard back up. Maybe they don't have to strain all these studios to have them work on Call of Duty and force a Call of Duty out every single year. Maybe they can kind of, you know, uh, pull back on some of that and make them higher quality releases. Maybe, like you said, buy an, you know, you know, what buy buy yearly or whatever. Buy annual. Um, I mean, I did, I did say earlier that Call of Duty used to take take a couple of years, but. Literally, only the first Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they've been, annual, has been annualized. Yeah, they've been annualized. But, um, but it, does, it, it does feel like the way that the games have like gotten more complicated to make and they're more demanding and there's more features, it does feel like annualized for Call of Duty is getting unsustainable, in, a, in a, I think, anyway. But anyway, that's, that's another discussion entirely. There's just a, I'm, I'm, as you're talking, man, I was just going through, like, the list of games they have, like, the IP under their belt. Like, it goes all the way back to the bloody 80s. Like, there's just an absurd amount of games they've been involved with. Like, Activision's really, like, got a lot of history behind it. Stuff that I didn't even, like, realize. Obviously, you've got stuff like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. They did Vampire and Masquerade games. They've done X-Men games. They've done, like, loads of random stuff. They published Bloody Raw. I don't know if they own the rights to that. I'm pretty sure Konami own the rights to that, but I don't know. That's interesting. Um, obviously, Tony Hawk, we talked about. They they used to make Wolfenstein games. Like Raven, Raven used to be involved in making Wolfenstein, which is funny. Um, man, could they, could Bloody Raw come back? They, they own, they own, they own QuakeCon and BlizzCon now. Yeah, they, they own... It's um, time, Phil. Time for just Xbox Con, right? A whole, a whole like week Con, yeah. of just, dude. Think about this. They, they literally bought two publishers that had. Well, no, Activision never really did their own E3 show. But you imagine the like the the, the first show when Activision Blizzard's under you know the umbrella and he's like, here's the Bethesda games and here's Activision. Like, 
dude, yeah. when, I, when I think about this, like, it's not about the exclusive games or whatever, right? Those are great. I'm an Xbox gamer. Activision games always came to Xbox, so, like, the only thing I'm particularly getting out of this is I'll be able to get all these games in Game Pass. What this really signifies to me, once again, is that they're all in on gaming. And if you didn't believe it before, well, I mean, I don't know, like, I don't know what you would think <laughs> now. Because, like you mentioned, we've been doing this podcast when people when Xbox was a joke, right? We, we started a podcast called Xbox 2 in 2017 when Xbox was the laughing stock of the video game industry, right? But it was the platform that both me and you enjoyed, and we would have conversations on it. And in those four years, we've seen Phil Spencer take the reins from Don Matrick, who basically destroyed the Xbox brand in the pursuit of TV, 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 sports, and this broad appeal play of building a system that wasn't designed for gaming in the first place, right? To... Head of the table, CEO, Jazz, at one point, they had five internal <laughs> studios. Five. And they bought all these studios in 2018, and people were like, well, that's the start. But I don't know, is Microsoft really in it, in it for, you know, the long haul? Then they bought Bethesda, and it's like, yo, they're all in. But even some people still didn't, didn't believe it. It's like, oh, this is what they need to do because Xbox isn't good at making Dude. And now, $70 billion later, like, if, <laughs> that's the thing that really uh, stands out to me is Microsoft's commitment to Xbox and gaming. Not only is this the biggest deal in video game history, this is Microsoft's biggest deal ever. Microsoft, the company that was built by Windows, the company whose entire revenue stream is based around the cloud, just spent the most money it's ever spent on a deal for on gaming, like, it's crazy to think, like, Satya came out there before E3 and was like, we're going to invest heavily in gaming, we believe in it, and people are like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, what are those people to say today? Like, that's what really makes me excited, is if they're spending all this money, like, I'm going to have every, like, th their commitment to gaming is, like, essentially at this point unparalleled, and the turnaround from last gen to this gen, you're talking about, I mentioned I gave the eulogy for Xbox One in the last podcast, where I talk about when I said the <laughs> Xbox One died last generation and if the phoenix rose from the ashes and everything good we have about Xbox now is based upon the failures of Xbox One last gen. And now you add this on top of it a week later? Like, it's I, crazy. Yeah, I mean... There's there are just there's so many angles to this. Someone in chat mentioned that Microsoft now owns MLG, yes, they major do. league gaming corporation. It's because Activision owns MLG. It's it's crazy. Microsoft basically like they've strong armed into esports. They've strong armed into mobile. They're sort of like this is all about competing with other mega corps, really. When all the, all those like times when Phil was talking about we see Google and Amazon as a competition and Tencent and stuff like that, they weren't lying, you know. This like the fact that they now own MLG and they own all these esports properties as well, it's sort of that's a direct attack on Tencent really. Because Tencent is like also this gigantic monthly active users gaming corporation who are heavily involved in esports as well. So this is like about competing on that level. 
It's about competing on that sort of mega corp level and sort of, you know, making sure that Google or Amazon or one of these other companies doesn't like take Activision away from Microsoft and Xbox potentially, and maybe even PlayStation, you know, in some ways. Um, it's, it's, it's a crazy deal. It's, there's so many aspects to it that, that like will keep coming up as more and more people talk about it and think through it. Like Activision has patents on things dating back decades, you know, like stuff like their guitar, you know, like the guitars for Guitar Hero and all that kind of stuff. It's just wild, man, what, what they've, what they've pulled off here. If indeed they do pull it off. Mm. Because like you say, a lot of people are pouring um, antitrust scorn on this and saying like it gives Microsoft a monopoly and stuff. But we talk, we live in a world where Disney was allowed to purchase Fox. We live in a world where Amazon, um, Google and Apple basically control the entire mobile industry, which is bigger than the console gaming industry. I don't think an antitrust probe is going to stop Microsoft from being third place, essentially. They're looking at things like, like if Microsoft was going to buy Apple or Google, maybe there would be some sort of questions to be raised there. It's not like NVIDIA buying ARM, for example, because that basically gives them a monopoly over the entire chip market, except for Intel, you know. So... People have to remember, the console gaming industry is a small piece of a much bigger industry. There is a huge amount of competition in the space. And, you know, you've got unchecked competition from Tencent, who are basically buying up everything. And you've got Apple and Google, who, are, who own, between them, own the biggest gaming platform in the world. And Microsoft will continue to be a customer of theirs with, with the App Store, you know, and the Google Play. And... The idea that antitrust will shoot this down when they're delivering double on the share the share price value for shareholders, I don't think there's a chance this this doesn't go through personally. They're giving a, a huge, a, you know, an exit for beleaguered shareholders who are probably watching their their stocks in Activision go down and down and down with all these scandals and all this crap that Activision was going you know, putting up with and had created for themselves and Microsoft has given them an exit. I don't think the Department of Justice blocks that exit, you know. Um, money talks at the end of the day and this is a capitalist society. But um, I think there are valid concerns about market consolidation. You know, the, the whole late-stage capitalism argument, this idea that, you know, Microsoft may end up owning every gaming company hmm. in the world. And maybe like there's a there's a future where Phil Spencer steps down and then some evil CEO steps up at Microsoft and then like we just end up with basically only free to play games and stuff like that. But I, I don't think that's the case and I think like I think climate change will have killed us all before that comes an issue. Yeah. You know, I can't I can't bring myself to care about that stuff when there's so much competition in the industry. You've got Nintendo dominating, you've got Sony dominating, you've got Apple and Google with two of the biggest platforms in the world for gaming, you've got Tencent, you've got all these other mobile mega publishers like Supercell and, and uh, you know, there's just, there's tons of competition in the space at that level. You have to remember, and I think a lot of game journalists and journalists in general, they look at gaming through the lens of consoles, and consoles is a small piece of a much bigger market, you know? So, I don't see this game blocked, and I don't see it being a monopoly, but 
I do think, Rand, that there is an interesting discussion to be had about what games will be um, what games will be exclusive and what mm. games won't be exclusive. This, this is, I mean, this is the discussion. And before we get into that, I gotta I gotta read the, all the super chats that we've gotten because you know you guys support the channel. And then we will talk about the exclusivity discussion because I think maybe me and you have different opinions on this, and it'll be interesting to see what um, what uh, people in chat have to say. But man, we're at 3,200 people live on an emergency podcast, Xbox buying Activision. Uh, we're almost at 900 likes. Uh, make sure you hit the like button and subscribe if you're new. Let's get that way over a thousand likes. Uh, you know, before we even an hour into the podcast. So, Jez. Uh, Space Dovakin says, this is insane, and indeed it is. Uh, Nomad says, the two big questions out of this is, what about toxic activism culture, and of course, exclusivity, specifically for Overwatch 2 and Call of Duty. Uh, Space Dovakin also says, is this acquisition the biggest possible in the gaming market? Is there even something more expensive out there? I believe that would be no, right? This is, would be the biggest, oh. because Take Two's nowhere even close. Maybe if someone bought Tencent? Maybe? I, I don't know. Uh, I think this might it is the biggest. Shout out to Fuel for becoming the newest member of the channel. Appreciate it. Andrew says, great great day for gaming in my opinion. I'm hoping this allows ABK to be far more diverse on game development moving forward, and I think a lot of people feel that. Spike Spiegel says, I'm living for Toys for Bob getting hold of Banjo. I've actually seen that uh, sentiment a lot in the chat as well as on um, social media. Like, maybe they should be the ones doing Banjo. Yeah. Our Dark Souls master, Sin Vendetta, says, Wow, this acquisition is almost as big as Elden Ring coming 38 days. What a day. Cheers. And you know, you get an Elden Ring. <laughs> Austin says, Glad to see you back and hear you're doing better. How long will this appease the when acquire crowd? One month till we start hearing it again? It's never going to end, but maybe this one appeases people for a lot longer because I also have another question for you, Jez, after this. Uh, about a- further acquisitions. Uh, mm. Jonas says, Emperor Nadella and Darth Phil all hail. George says, <laughs> chances oh. Microsoft saves um, T4B, VV, Phoenix for Banjo-Kazooie. I know, like, another Banjo uh, thing here, so I think Microsoft just needs to bite the bullet and make a Banjo game. Aver says, $68.7 billion in cash sounds, sounds like a lock deal to me. Uh, Silly Mikey says, crazy day. Here, take some of my money. Appreciate it. Supernova says, the biggest <laughs> acquisition in the gaming industry, even before the former acquisition of Bethesda, didn't realize or didn't release an Xbox exclusive game. Jez, where is Avowed? Um, Smelly Wrestling Geek says, this deal is big for Game Pass on PC with franchises like StarCraft, Diablo, and World of Warcraft. That was the other thing I was going to talk about was how... King is big for the mobile space, and Xbox's desire to reach 3 billion people. And we know Xbox really is looking to grow on PC. And what better developer to get than Blizzard? We have Overwatch, you have Diablo, you have World of Warcraft, you have StarCraft, right? Like, it, it seems like this was almost the perfect deal for Xbox. That is like everything that Xbox was looking for. PC developer mobile publisher, and the biggest franchise in gaming, right? Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's nuts, man. It's just nuts, like wrapping your head around it, like the things they can do. This was all about Game Pass, though, Rand. 
like you say, like Microsoft bases its entire performance metrics on Game Pass right now. And one of the one of the expansionary is that a word? Expansionary? I love That's making words. You just, make, you just make make words up all the time. You know what? Words, you, you know what? Uh, you could make up also is uh, you, go to manscaped.com, buy something, use the code <laughs> XP2 to check out. Make make a purchase on this historic day for Activision Blizzard, right? Yeah, man. But one of the one of the expansionary. That's a word I'm making up. One of the expansionary aspects of you know Game Pass is PC, obviously, and because they've 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 made good inroads on PC, but they don't have like I don't know, they've got problems on PC. You know, they they rely on Steam stuff like that. They don't have like a dedicated audience. The Xbox launcher is really bad. You know, this gives them BattleNet. BattleNet is like much better at doing launchery type things than the Xbox app is. I don't know if they're going to keep them separate or they're going to like adapt BattleNet and include like a Game Pass section in there. Personally, I think they should because I think BattleNet is just miles ahead of the Xbox app, and that's because it's been in development for much longer. You know, cut, cut your losses or whatever, and merge those teams together, and you know, stuff like that. But that's it's Battle.net's like this historic platform, and now Microsoft has a definitive, you know, inroad into PC, and they've mm-hmm. got like mobile games now, and they've got mobile game developers crucially who can maybe adapt cloud gaming and make cloud gaming better on mobile phones too. It gives them a huge amount of things to play with, but at the same time, Ran, it's going to be a really slow process. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, it's going to be a year before the deal's closed, mm-hmm. at, at most, maybe maybe more, maybe less. It's going to be, it's going to be, um, and then there's going to be existing commitments that they have to sort of work through, you know, um, uh, they've got existing projects they've got to sort out, like Overwatch 2, reportedly in development hell, Diablo 4, like, it seems to be, the development of that seems to be coming along, like they've been offering quarterly updates on it, which is a good sign, but Overwatch 2 is just gone, like, where, nowhere to be found now. Um, and then it's like you said, and some people in Super Chat said, they've got a huge workplace culture thing to fix. They've got to they've got to get rid of the entire executive leadership team, get rid of them, give them the golden parachute, whatever. It sucks that they're going to get out off scot free potentially, but you got to focus on the idea that there's thousands of. I said this before on a previous show. There are thousands of Blizzard employees, thousands, and most of them on deranged assholes, right? Most of them deserve to have. Uh, a safe working environment that also doesn't feel like they're going to get fired every minute. Because one of the things that really annoyed me about Activision is like every quarter, I felt like there was a big layoff story and they'd lay off like hundreds of people and then start hiring them back because they were like manipulating their, uh, their quarterly earnings and their revenue and, and their outgoings and, you know, and their overheads and stuff. And they were doing all this manipulative stuff because Activision executive level are just a load of scumbags, you know, at at that level. And this gives Microsoft and Activision now has an opportunity to wipe that executive level completely out of the picture 
and really turn a corner for Blizzard and the employees that work there. Like, forget about the games at the end of the day. The employees deserve to be treated like human beings. And, like, Microsoft, Microsoft is one of the highest-rated places to work at the moment. And, Microsoft, and Phil himself has admitted that Microsoft isn't spotless in its history and, like, making sure that you manage hundreds of thousands of people is an ongoing process, you know. But I do think that it's going to be a good thing ultimately for Activision employees and yeah, hopefully as well gamers. But uh, no, Gordon, just, uh, Gordon wants to bring Xbox to bring back Tenchu using the Sekiro style of gameplay. Um, All Beans and well, Super Chat says Sekiro? Sekiro was Sorry. published by Activision, but I believe yeah, but Sekiro from, was originally meant to be Tenchu, wasn't it? And then they decided. Maybe. Not. Yeah, I, I'm sure I heard that Sekiro was originally going to be a Tenchu reboot, and then it was so different and more Souls-like, they decided to give it a different brand. But I don't know if that's 100% true or not, or if it's just some misinformation I've read. Yeah. But Tenchu is a cool franchise. Ah Beans in the Super Chat says, With Xbox Bethesda now Activism Blizzard IP to pull from, maybe a Super Smash Brothers type of game could come to fruition. Keep up the good work, guys. You both are pretty all right. Yeah, a Super <laughs> Smash Brothers type game, a kart racer type game, any sort of mix-up. Dude, like, you could, like, hey, think about the crossover potential you have between Bethesda, Activision, and, you know, Xbox within, like, shooters. Like, you could have Master Chief skins and Call of Duty now or... You know, Call of Duty skins and Halo and, 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 and Doom, you know, like, Doom guy. And, like, the crossover potential is huge. Um, Tim Chimney says, uh, Grub discussed whether Sony might feel pressured to buy Square Enix in reaction. Does the Activision News put Perfect Dark Development as and possible Crystal Dynamics acquisition in jeopardy? We'll answer that after this because that was something I wanted to talk to you, Jez. Um, Freerus George says, I'm stoked to hopefully have quality Call of Duty, StarCraft, Warcraft, and more games again. I trust Microsoft to allow devs to make good games again. Supernova says, that's why we want you to speak the American accent, Jez. Hashtag Jez for 2024. <laughs> SilverJoystick says, well, Microsoft is basically the most powerful company in gaming now aside from Tencent. It'll be very interesting to see how Microsoft handles all this power. Paul says, just like with ZeniMax, do you think Phil would have announced this if they had any thought this wouldn't pass? I think they feel extremely confident that it will pass. Um, yeah. I'm mean, like, I like just said, like, when have you ever heard of a co- the government trying to stop a third, pl- you know, uh, like a, th- a third place from becoming third place, essentially? This isn't like Tencent acquiring somebody or Sony potentially acquiring publishers. It's like Xbox, you know, they're still like third in terms of revenue, so they're not an overwhelming, they're not a monopoly by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Aquaman says, why did Xbox choose to buy out Activision Blizzard over basically any other companies such as Capcom, Square Enix, Ubisoft, or EA? With $68 billion in cash, it's clear they could have bought out anyone. And that was something I was talking to Cognito about. You buy Activision for $70 billion, but you could have bought Warner Brothers and Ubisoft and Capcom and Square Enix for the same amount of money. But then again, of course, some of those companies don't want to sell. Activision Blizzard did want to sell. I think those shareholders wanted out because the stock price was driving down fast. And I think it really filled the holes that Xbox was looking for. 
mobile publisher, uh, PC PC developer, and it also comes with the biggest game out there. I mean, seventy billion is a lot. I know for some people maybe this doesn't do anything for them. They might be like, ah, this is this is a worthless purchase. But when you look at what Microsoft's goals are and Xbox's goals are for the future, five to ten years from now, with cloud and, and subscription services and mobile, it makes like 100% sense, right? Yeah. At least- I mean, this plugs so many gaps. It plugs eSports gap, mobile gap, kid, kid-friendly games gap, toys to life gap, if that's going to be a thing. Man, like, it's just crazy. You know, Call of Duty Mobile... We got Battle Royale now. Xbox didn't have a Battle Royale, did it, before this, I don't think. We've got nostalgia. Like mm-hmm. one of one of the issues Microsoft always had, and I said I said this to like Xbox execs at shows, is like you should lean on your nostalgia a bit more. And yeah, Perfect Dark and Age of Empires are quite nostalgic. But I think Warcraft and Starcraft and Crash Bandicoot are on a whole nother level of nostalgia. And Tony Hawk's on a whole nother level of nostalgia. You know. They've got they've got a lot of just raw great memories to tap into now, you know. And I think just the fact that we get in a Call of Duty associated with Xbox again, even if even if it doesn't go exclusive, the fact that it's going to be associated with Xbox, the fact that it's going to be marketed alongside Xbox, that in of itself is quite nostalgic, you know. Like I think a lot of people like they grew up on the 360, playing Call of Duty games in the early 2000s and the, you know, 2010s, back at the game, like at its real height, associating it with Xbox. And since then, it's since it went to PlayStation, it's sort of like, you know, fallen out of the Xbox sort of mentality. But I think it will sort of have that sort of nostalgic impact. And I think that's something Xbox has really lacked. Yeah. But it's, it's also, like you said, it's just a huge amount of IP. Like, Activision already has a game that sort of celebrates cross-platform IP. We got, like, um, Heroes of the Storm, which is a, a dormant game, but it's not a bad game. And I, I've always thought that game would work really well on console. Um, so hopefully that will come across now. It's just crazy, you know. And uh, Stodgy Season in chat says, Xbox has Forza Horizon Battle Royale, don't this. Yeah, okay, okay. The, the Eliminator the Eliminator is a Battle Royale, fair enough. But, you know, it's it's just funny that, like, everyone was saying, like, Halo, Halo needs a Battle Royale mode because Xbox doesn't have a Battle Royale. And now now they have Warzone, which is one of the biggest Battle Royales. Man, it's just wild, man. It's yeah. wild. But, Dude, you know, do you want to talk about the exclusivity stuff? Um, you know what? Here, I'll talk about this topic, and I'll read the rest of the Super Chats, and then we'll talk about exclusivity. There was a question, I forget who said it, but... Regarding future acquisitions, right? He mentioned Crystal Dynamics. And my remember what I said? I was like, yo, I think I think Crystal Dynamics is gonna end up with Xbox, right? Uh now I'm not too sure how what to think about future acquisitions because this is a lot of money. And honestly, I'm kind of surprised Satya let's still do this. I mean, seven billion is one thing. Seventy billion is another thing. Right? And now I'm looking at it like, okay, you spent the money, you got this, but what does that lead, what what does that mean for studios that you are partnering with for games that potentially are trial runs? 
Does this mm. mean now that Crystal Dynamics being purchased from Square Enix and maybe getting the Tomb Raider IP is off the table because that would be an expensive move? Does that mean Avalanche is off the table? Does that mean IO Interactive is off the table? Uh, what do you think, Jez? Like, does this put Microsoft's spending on acquisitions at an end for Xbox? It's uh, it's hard to say because I, I've heard that um, Microsoft has anywhere between 150 billion and 200 billion in cash. Let's assume that they've got 150 billion, which I think is roughly around where it's supposed to be. They've just spent half of their cash, literally half of their cash on gaming, on, not even Azure. On gaming, no. the like the the little redheaded stepchild, right? Yeah, they, it's crazy. It's, it's it's an absurd amount of money. I think someone on Twitter said it's more than the the GDP of Luxembourg. Like <laughs> seventy billion is uh, is more than the the annual gross domestic product of some country. It's an absurd amount of money, and for Satya to have allowed Phil to spend it on gaming is just something I would never have seen coming. Like when when you hear these people, these execs, I'm so used to. Billionaire executives lying. I'm so used to them just lying. And when Sati says, we're all in on gaming, I just expected him to be lying, you know, mm. frankly. Like, even though, even if they, even though they bought, even though they bought Bethesda, you know, I still kind of felt like they're, they're not, they don't really mean it. They just sort of, you know, it's not much money for Microsoft. It's not, it's not seven billion. It's not that much money for Microsoft. They don't really mean it. This really does prove that they're not lying when they say they're all in on gaming. They want to be in mobile, they want to they want to they want younger audiences, they want esports, they want everything, you know. And they they want they want to compete with Tencent and um some of these other mega corporations who have like a, a monopoly in mindshare when it comes to intellectual property. You know, your Mario's and your 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 Sonic the Hedgehogs and stuff like that. Warcraft and Call of Duty are up there with those kind of that kind of mindshare. Warcraft has a South Park episode, for God's sake. You know, there's no there's no Halo episode of South Park. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's been mentioned in South Park. Do you know what I mean? Some of some of this stuff is just so nostalgic. So, you know, I can't even remember where I was going with this rant, but ultimately, it's sort of like it just proves that they're all in on it. They're all in on it. And at the end of the day, it's still going to take a long time to all play out. So, I yeah. Know, man. So, I mean, I personally think if the opportunities to acquire other studios happen, like if, if Crystal Dynamics is just a perfect fit for Perfect Dark, perfect fit for Perfect Dark, you like that? Um, <laughs> I think I think they they'll still buy them. I don't think this necessarily me like maybe buying another publisher is off the table in the billions and billions of dollars like if EA suddenly became available maybe you know Xbox wouldn't be in the running but for some individual studios I still think uh they'll be able to um they'll, they'll still be involved uh personally. Uh I could be wrong. Um Oh yeah, we were t- we were talking about yeah, okay. So I sort of went off on a tangent. You did go off on a lost tangent. Lost in the trial. Yeah. But when, when it comes to, like, what, where I was going was, this deal had, like, 
multiple facets, right? The the mobile stuff, the younger audience stuff, the esports stuff, to compete with Tencent. And the fact that they spent $70 billion is just crazy. Um, someone DM'd me, Rand, and said, um, uh, Xbox Mic 29, he DM'd me and said, can you imagine, um, actually, no, oh, yeah, it was him, actually. He said, can you imagine what, how Terry Myerson would have reacted if Phil went to him and said, can you spend $70 billion on gaming? <laughs> he just wouldn't have happened. Well, he he didn't even happened, want to right? spend $2.5 billion on Minecraft. Remember, the whole report was that Phil went over his boss, or was his boss at the time, Don, or was it Terry, to go to Satya to convince Satya that to buy Minecraft. And remember, people were like, $2.5 billion for Minecraft? That's absurd, right? And <laughs> Minecraft ends up being like the biggest thing in gaming ever. And here's Activision Blizzard for $70 billion. It's it's, it's absurd. So, I mean, okay, so yeah. Crystal Dynamics, Avalanche, all that stuff. You think those are still on the table, even after this historic purchase? Well, it, it, there, are, there are ways Microsoft can raise cash. You know, Microsoft could could spend the cash. They've still got a, a good amount of cash on hand after this deal closes, if it closes. They've still got, like, over $70 billion in the kitty. And, like, how much do we think Crystal Dynamics and Tomb Raider are worth? Like, maybe, like, I don't know, $2 billion maybe, something like that, a billion, a, bi- a bungee sort of level acquisition. And then IO Interactive just opened a second studio. Maybe maybe that's a billion or something. I think they would drop a billion here and there on, on other studios, but, like, at the same time, do they really have to at, anymore at this point? Do they just cut deals to keep those games sort of, you know, second-party exclusives to fill gaps in Game Pass? Do they even need, do they even need IO Interactive and Crystal Dynamics anymore? Yes. That's, that's, you, I mean, is it and just a nice to have or do they actually need it? No, I can think... They, can I they not just work with them as a second party? I mean, sure, you could work with them as a second party, but God damn it, I want Crystal Dynamics and Interactive under Xbox. I mean, being second party is, it adds complexity to a working relationship, right? So, like, say, for example, Relic. Relic works on Age of Empires. Age of Empires is a service game. <clears throat> so it needs ongoing updates, and it needs it needs expansions to keep people engaged. Relic also, uh, Sega probably wants them to work on other games as well. So, like, it sort of, it sort of divides their attention a bit and divides their commitment. You know, they're committed to Sega, and they're, they're contracted with Microsoft, but... There's sort of maybe there's like friction that occurs as a result of that. And I remember hearing about that with um with Nokia back in the day and Windows Phone. Like Microsoft owned Windows Phone and Nokia was the only company that was really using it. So Nokia had to like basically hack Windows Phone to get the updates they needed to make the product. And it created this sort of friction. So like you'd think the acquisition would make things smoother. I mean, we all know Windows Phone played out, so it's probably a terrible example. But I do think, like, there is... I think there's room for more acquisition. I do. Microsoft's a rich-ass company. They make a lot of profits. They can save that money back up. And even if they didn't have the money, they can dilute their shares. I mean, they probably wouldn't dilute their share price to do it, like Take-Two did. Like, Take-Two's mostly paying for Zynga in stock, which I think is a a dumb move. But, you know, I could be wrong. Um, uh, <laughs> maybe it'll work out for them in the end. I don't really know anyone who still plays Farmville, but whatever. Um, mm-hmm. This was sort of a perfect deal, and I don't even know if they need more. 
I think I think a lot of people in chat are saying Japan, Japan, Japan. I still think there's there's an angle there that needs to be explored with having a decent base in Japan. I think he's still the missing piece. We've got the mobile, we've got the kids games, we've got the casual mobile games, and we've got you know PC gamers. We've got those sorted now, but it's still Japan is missing. Japan's probably the final piece of this puzzle, but. I think they'll still acquire smaller studios and help elevate them when, when you know, it makes sense for them to do so. But, man, it's wild. It is wild. wild. Uh, we got a lot of super chats here to read. Uh, thank you guys for all the support. We're over, well over, I believe, 3,000 people watching. 3,300 people watching and 1,200 likes. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, hit the like button if you're enjoying the show. And if you're new, make sure you subscribe. Uh, 3,300. I don't know if that's a record. It might be. I'm not sure what our record was, but hey, if you guys want, share this out on social media and let's let's try to get, I don't know, 4,000 people live. That'd be insane, wouldn't it? If uh, we could uh, somehow pull that number off. Um, Share it out and spread spread the good word of it. Yeah, because we're going to be talking about whether or not we think these games are exclusive uh, in just a minute. Let's see. We got... um, we got Aragato, sir, saying, I hope Microsoft lets Call of Duty devs finally have creative freedom. Raven Studios made the Wolverine Origins, and the game was amazing. I agree. The Intern of War says, this move was bigger commitment to PC and phone gaming than it was for Game Pass, uh, in his opinion. I think it was the structure of all three, like PC and phone and Game Pass. I can see a future where there's, like, a, a Game Pass for mobile tier, where it, it gives you mm. access to xCloud and then Candy Crush without acquisitions, uh, without microtransactions and stuff, but I don't know. We'll see. Saji Caesar says, I thought you set up to Bethesda, nothing else is sexy, Rand. <laughs> Once again, a studio nobody predicted. What well, wasn't that nobody predicted it? We were all just like, there's no way they're going to spend that type of money on Activision. But no. then again, never doubt yeah. Phil, never doubt Satya. You know, like... I always, when even when I was looking at like 2018 when they bought those studios, I'm like, hey, those are good studios. And I was just like, but Phil wouldn't be aggressive enough to buy a publisher. And every single time, Phil's proven me wrong, right? Uh, going out and, and buying Bethesda was a baller move. And if buying Bethesda was a baller move, I don't know what you would call Activision Blizzard. Like, that's like, that's like, that's like a king move. That's like an emperor move. Like, that's just somebody who's just, like, imagine the the pull, Jez, that Phil has at Microsoft to convince Satya to send $70 billion on Activision Blizzard. And supposedly this, like, all this deal started with Satya approaching Bobby in October, and they started talking about this in November. Like, it kind of came together pretty qu- pretty quick instead of something that's been, you know, talked about for a long time, it's just how fast it all came together. And it's like, yeah, $70 billion, no problem. Like, what? R- like, ridiculous, man. It's crazy. Achievement says, uh, Sati approved the $3 billion breakup fee to Activision if the deal doesn't go through. Think of all the Sherbet Studios they could get with $3 billion. They wouldn't offer that if it wasn't happening. Uh, that's true. It's definitely happening. Yeah. It's, it's, there's no way this gets stopped. It, it delivers too much value for shareholders when Activision's share price is sliding. But I did see an interesting point that without this scandal, this probably wouldn't have happened. Probably not, because their stock price has tumbled over the, you know, yeah, it's definitely yeah. 
definitely happened because of the scandal. What, it, what this is, is an admission by Activision that they knew they were never going to be able to fix it. Because their, their reputation is completely tarnished. I think the only way this was going to be fixed is if the executive level exit. And obviously they're not going to exit for free. This gives them an exit to like slip off into the shadows and disappear. And um, I don't think it'll get blocked. But anything can happen. It's a crazy world we live in. Yeah. Uh, Ricardo says, you think Microsoft is just poaching studios before Tencent does it? I mean, that's who they're kind of competing against, right? Uh, Tencent yeah. and Amazon and Google and all that stuff. Bravo says, uh, Spyro and Crash are Xbox platformers now. Uh, the one and only Mads Gaming. Shout out to you, buddy. He goes, exclusive or not, Call of Duty and Game Pass will be huge. Yeah, I wonder... With Activision going for $70 on next-gen, once Xbox takes control, will the Activision games be 70 bucks? Because you're going to have Xbox Game Studios being 60 and right now Bethesda games are 60 would they have the other publishing arm putting their games out at 70 Does that go back down to 60 Jez? Oh, I have no idea. I suppose it, it all depends on, like, over, what overheads they have and stuff. Because, like, one, one thing that I thought was interesting was that I feel like Activision has a much bigger customer support support section than Xbox does. And I think that's because Microsoft handles its customer support as a separate organization. And they use a lot of bots and, you know, volunteers to do their customer service at Xbox because of the way Microsoft is structured. And I think that is really shit. So I would hope that Microsoft keeps. Blizzard's customer support, but of course that leads to overheads that Xbox currently doesn't have. So maybe the games stay the same price to keep, make sure that they can keep all of the staff. But it, it all depends on how all this stuff is structured, and I guess we won't know until further down the line. I see, but I um, do think, Rand, they'll stop doing these uh, paid upgrades. Because, you know, Call of Duty, you have to pay, like, $10 to get the upgrade. I think that goes away, and we get Call of Duty on smart delivery in the future. Do you remember Activision was, like, the big, we're not using smart delivery, hold out. I think they'll start using smart delivery. And maybe there will be $60 because of that. Uh, Jason Schreer just tweeted something out from behind-the-scenes info on Microsoft Activision. And uh, from an article, he goes, in an interview, uh, Bobby Kotick said the deal has nothing to do with the controversy surrounding Activision or calls for him to step down, and that Spencer reached out to him last year. A person familiar with the discussions who was not authorized to speak publicly said Microsoft looked at Activision's situation, given all the negative attention and pressure on Kotick, and wondered if the beleaguered CEO would be willing to do a deal. Kotick initially didn't want to sell, according to another person familiar with the talks, and also put the word out to see if any other company would outbid Microsoft. But at that point, Kotick had little leverage with his board amid the ongoing public scrutiny at his company. Wow. Who else is going to outbid Microsoft? Nobody. What, Apple? Amazon? Amazon? Apple, what is Amazon going to do Apple with has, that? Apple has $200 billion in cash. Um, so Apple could have done it, maybe. So, I don't know. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. There's going to be so much information that comes out of this in the coming days and weeks. It's it's going to be – I would be making a lot of videos because this is so interesting. Um, the Intern of War says, StarCraft would really bring in the Korean market. Lou said what says make COD exclusive to help push console sales. They have a trifecta, Series S, cheapest console, Game Pass, 
and Todd. It's a casual's dream. Mm, that's interesting, Jazz, right there, right? Uh, Onyx says BlizzCon is back, baby. Bravo Kilo says uh, Xbox, Xbox out here making Reddit Player One a reality. Turbo <laughs> says when they add the back catalog, how many games are we talking? Hundreds? Just the hits? How far back would you like to see? I mean, I don't know, like all the COD games that are essentially there, any of the, you know, uh, Crash Bandicoot games, maybe a bunch of, you know, games hit Game Pass PC, like StarCraft 1 and 2. Does, do you think World of Warcraft com- finally comes over to console then as well? Well, there's a, there's always been rumors about this because I know this year, with this recent WoW expansion, um, uh, with this recent WoW expansion, it's, uh, they added Xbox APIs to the, for controller support. So you can play World of Warcraft with an Xbox controller and even the Xbox accessibility controller, which is, um, strange, right? So like, the, the, the capability to do it is there, potentially. The, the main body of work revolves around the fact that World of Warcraft's engine is really CPU based, rather than GPU based, because it's a very old game, and also the UI, is um, designed to be customized, and even the gameplay revolves around UI mods now. So uh, there are potentially some issues to solve, and like, will they have separate servers, or will they have, you know, uh, mixed servers and that kind of thing? But I do think it's an obvious way for WoW to expand in a world where it's probably reached capacity on PC. WoW is in decline, and probably a console version will bring in a huge amount of new players, but I suppose we'll have to wait and see. Um, I believe it's going to happen, though, because it gives Microsoft an answer to Final Fantasy XIV, which is PlayStation 5 exclusive, PlayStation 4 exclusive, and 5 exclusive, and also gives them an answer to Genshin Impact, potentially, which is also PlayStation exclusive. So um, I think I think we will see World of Warcraft on Xbox. I really do. Yeah. Uh, John Carroll with the $1 Super Chat. Thank you. Uh, Dub says, what a news day to happen on my birthday. Well, happy birthday, Dub. Curious to see what happens with Blizzard's IP particularly. Also ho- hope Toys for Bob remakes some classic rare IP. Installation 7 says, Rand, Grub mentioned earlier he expects Sony to buy a big publisher this year, possibly Square. Do you think Xbox has pressure to get Crystal sooner? Well, I mean, if they buy Square before uh, Square sells Crystal Dynamics to Xbox, then, yeah, I mean, I, get, I, get, I don't know. I don't know what has changed. Like, like me and Jez were just talking about it, it could be that Xbox is off the market for any for for buying anybody anytime soon, or maybe they aren't. And you know, what is Sony's response going to be? Like, they already basically have Square in their back pocket. Like, none of the Final Fantasy games or any of their Japanese games are coming to Xbox. Like, is it worth it to Sony to essentially buy Square Enix when they get all their games essentially exclusive anyways for years? Would a better uh, purchase be Capcom for them? I don't know. And maybe this does light a fire under Sony, and they're like, you know what, you, we're, you're taking away this, and we're taking away, well, nothing, essentially, because they, where's Final Fantasy VII Remake? <laughs> where's Remake Two? Where's Forspoken? Where's Final Fantasy Sixteen? Those games are already exclusive to PlayStation. Yeah. Buying Square I, Enix doesn't really get them much. Uh, you know, like, I, I don't know. I honestly have no idea 
what how Sony responds to this really. You know, like maybe they merge with another publisher or something, similar to what Activision did, like merge with EA or something like that. I don't know. It's it's just really strange to think about where they go from here. I think they can they can raise money, probably. And they can buy like some big big ish publishers, I think. I'm sure I read somewhere that Sony has a decent amount of cash on hand as, as well, because don't forget they're very old. They're a very old company that's sort of had time to to stack money and make their own investments and stuff like that. But I don't know how Sony responds. Like, do they need to respond? They're currently number one, even even after this acquisition merger. Sony's still number one for revenue for gaming. Well, ten. So. I thought no, Sony's. Sony's no, number one. I'm pretty sure Tencent's number one in gaming. Are you revenue. sure about that? Are you sure about that? Sure. Yes. I'm pretty sure Sony's number one, and then Tencent's I'm, number two. I'm pretty sure Tencent's number one in regards to revenue, and Sony's number two. I thought I thought we were talking about. I mean, Tencent's bigger as a company. But I'm pretty sure Sony's. I, I don't know. Either way, they're one, two. Either way, one, they're both bigger than Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm sure somebody in the chat will let us know which one's bigger. Um, well, we got, John Carroll says Charlie Intel has already contacted lawmakers. They are really shook that they may not be Sony focused anymore. Trayvon says I think putting their IPs into streaming TV shows is next, but we should get the old Spider-Man, Wolverine, and Ultimate lines back in Pat now, right? Um, uh, I. I wonder what the licensing issues for those games would be. Interesting. I didn't really think about that. Uh, Chinak Guy says, breaking news, Microsoft has just purchased E3. This event will be changing from this point, and the name is changing to X3, Xbox Extra Expo. <laughs> uh, Drone says, I hope they buy Take-Two. I doubt that happens at this point, but never doubt Phil Spencer and Sati Nadella. Who knows? Pixelbit G says, remember some of the some – of Remember, some swore Microsoft would play nice over $7 billion. Good luck. They won't share after spending $70 billion. Most of these games will be Game Pass only. Uh, Joel Reed says, if Phil can do for Activision Blizzard what he did for Xbox, this is huge, and $70 billion is cheap. Uh, Steven says, Call of Duty games should have hit Game Pass today. Sucks to wait. Yeah, I mean, you're pretty much going to have to wait until next year at some point. Yeah. Uh, Eric B. Tencent, you were right, by the way. Tencent is bigger than Sony. Yep. Yes, I'm, you know, Chaz, I'm always right about this stuff. <laughs> Question me. Question me. Uh, Eric B. says, if you're Microsoft, who would you replace Bobby Kotick with? Hmm. Who would you, Mike Ybarra? Would he be? I don't know. There's a part of me that thinks Ybarra is going to stay here for the typical three years that you would have to kind of do for leaders of a company after an acquisition, and then he bounces to Nintendo. You know? I I don't know, man. I don't know if I don't know if necessarily Mike has to stay. I think Kotick will stay to oversee the transition, but I don't think if Mike if Mikey Barrett doesn't want to stay, I don't think there'll be anything to force him to stay. I mean, Microsoft might buy him out. I'm pretty sure Mike has Activision stock, so I think I, I think Mike's going to be sitting pretty as a result of this deal. Maybe Mike will just be like, you know what? Screw this. I'm out. And then goes and buys an island somewhere and just chills playing Xbox or or whatever. Or, or playing uh, World of Warcraft on his massive ultra-wide. But yeah. I don't know. I, there's lo- lots of people in chat uh, bringing, up, bringing up ideas. Sarah Bond uh, would be a good pick to run Activision Blizzard, I think. 
Yeah. I think, honestly, like, Shannon Loftus running Blizzard makes sense to me. Revive StarCraft. Revive Warcraft as RTSs. She's done a great job with Age of Empires. And um, I think the World's Edge team would be a great basis to start growing StarCraft again. Um, I think uh, it's really interesting to think about. It certainly is. Um, geez, Games for Fun says Nadella and Spencer can now legally walk around without pants since they swung their 70 billion junk around, proving they can no longer fit in jeans. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, Craig says, take it or Capcom next. Well, Jez will go for Capcom. Uh, he'll, he'll always be standing I'll for Capcom. I'll Capcom then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, might, I might have said before this, I might have said Sega for the mobile angle and for Sonic. But now they've got Crash, Bandicoot, and King, and Skylanders. I don't think they need Sega anymore, mm-hmm. frankly. Not I think Sega. you get Cap. I don't think you need Sega. I think you get Capcom for the Japanese stuff, for for the Japanese IP like Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter is absolutely massive in Japan. I don't think I, I need to elaborate further on that. And I think you also get Resident Evil, which is obviously popular in Japan as well. I think and Devil May Cry and stuff like that. I think Capcom. Now that they own Activision, Capcom is objectively a better buy, but I don't know. I don't think that'll happen. But then again, I wouldn't have thought this would happen. Who knows who's next, man? Maybe mm-hmm. they'll buy Manscaped. 20% off with the code XB2. Yeah. Uh, Steven <laughs> says, any chance it gets turned down due to Monopoly laws? I mean, I guess there's always a chance, you know, but apparently Joe, Joe, Joe Biden, is mm-hmm. it Biden or Biden? Joe Biden. Joe Biden's press secretary said no comment when asked mm. about the acquisition and said the Department of Justice will investigate. So, I don't know. Maybe Uh-oh. maybe your boy your boy Biden Biden Biden. I always forget it is Biden. Joe Biden. Right? Yes. Maybe are you saying that Microsoft maybe Biden bit off more than they can chew and they're gonna have to not yeah, acquire maybe, them. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Biden will screw it all up. Man. Oh no. Oh no. Um, let's see. Nathaniel says, Activision to random employees, you're fired for no reason. Isilar says, does Mr. Jazz think Sony's in big trouble? Serious question. Jazz. No. No? Sony- I don't think Sony's in trouble, because we're going to talk about the exclusivity stuff next. And I, I, you know, I'll already say what I think. I don't think, I don't think that might call a duty exclusive. Okay. We'll, we'll deep dive deep in that. There's only a few more here to read. THS says, Phil Spencer should promote Sarah Bond, the new CEO of Activision Blizzard. She's an excellent choice. Risk it for the biscuit, says that's a very big get. A lot of work to be done with culture, but that's when you buy a company, when it needs something you have and has something you need. Uh, Logue Cal says, Sup, Jazz Rand, love the show and the tweets. Thank you. Criminal Logic says, boys, pleasure as always. Recovering from surgery with games and wheel of time, and I hope you're right. Surgery's never pleasant, but hey. Wheel of Time and Gaming is uh, to help you heal. Was this the right play for this amount of money? Do we get Cry, uh, Crytek, Crystal Dynamics, Island Interactive, Warner, Warner Brothers? I mean, that's 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 a question that we were kind of discussing. I mean, maybe the, some of those don't want to sell, and no matter for any amount of money, uh, maybe this was just too good an opportunity to pass up because of the dwindling stock price, and you could really get a mobile publisher, a PC developer in Blizzard and Call of Duty and it just was like this is the play to make regardless if you could get Warner Brothers or any of the other ones, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Alan Mahito says Microsoft Gaming can have a stellar Smash Brothers like game. Risky for the Biscuit says Microsoft will acquire Crystal Dynamics 100%. IO Interactive uh, 50%. Alter Watt says so. Boys, the question now is Microsoft done? I don't think they're done, and I don't think. And Jez says he doesn't think they're done either. Uh, T. Tot Tucker says just turned in whatever missed. Quick recap. Oh, you know, Phil Spencer spending seventy billion dollars to acquire Activision Blizzard and controlling Call of Duty and Diablo and Overwatch and all this stuff, and people are suddenly becoming lawyers on Twitter and talking about monopolies and <laughs> all this, all this interesting things. And that's that's what you're missing. Or you ever what? played Monopoly? I've played okay. Monopoly. Yeah. Eagles fan yeah. says. Uh, did Phil do it again with Activision in the background of one of his interviews? Is Phil dropping hints for things to come with background props? Supposedly, Jez, there's a picture of Phil recently in his office with an Activision logo behind him on his left shoulder. Have you seen that? I saw that, but I thought it was Photoshop. Was it Photoshop? It, it didn't seem like it. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't. I don't know. Find out, Jez. Find the picture. Take a look at it. Is it true? Join us to zoom in and examine the pixels. Yeah. Uh, Bird oh Tundra God. says, this was a hectic surprise, gents. The copium in the coming days will be flowing hard. Hashtag fire Bobby Kotick. Uh, the Don CJG says, do you think Microsoft are playing a game of asset denial to some extent? Stop the competition from grabbing big studios. I don't really think there was any way Sony was going to buy Activision Blizzard, so I don't think there was asset denial there, but maybe Tencent... I don't know. Maybe it's possible Tencent was sniffing around, and I mean, who who knows who was sniffing around Activision? Um, Widia says, "Don't forget Amy Hood, CFO, holds the Microsoft purse." Darren says, "Hoping for the entire Activision catalog, including DLC, comes to Game Pass. Even 360 COD games DLC is still full price; hardly ever go on sale." Hey, you said, "Do you guys still think Warner Brothers could be possible?" Probably unlikely at this point. Hunter Smith. I don't think Warner Brothers is happening now. Yeah. <laughs> I Hunter, do not think that's happening. Hunter Smith says, have you all talked about the new Microsoft gaming division with Phil being the CEO and what that could possibly mean just a promotion for Phil? Yeah, we talked a little bit about that. Um, I mean, it's just Phil is being rewarded, right? And does this mean mm. the Xbox division, is like gaming is being split out at all? Like, He's like CEO. Is anybody else at Xbox but, or at, at Microsoft no. CEO? Like he's the only one. Just right? Satya. Just Satya. Satya. So it's not Satya. 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 Think so. Maybe there is actually. Let me just double yeah. check that. Uh, Bix says I see people uh, talking about Crash Bandicoot and Spyro, but nobody seems to be mentioning they own Sekiro. I don't think they own Sekiro. They might own the publishing rights to it, but Sekiro, yeah. I believe, the IP is owned by From Software. AKA Havoc says, I'm on the Game Pass diet. I'm eating good. Chris Murdoch says, came in late, but I'm wondering if you guys saw this coming or if you're caught off guard as well. Um, I was caught oh, off yeah. guard. The only thing me and Jez kind of had inklings on was that we knew Microsoft was going to make a play in the mobile field at some point this year. That is something we both had heard. But, I mean, I didn't expect it to be King alongside Activision. So, yeah, I'm <laughs> completely shocked in that regard. Um, iSiler says, I'm confident Japanese laws are widely different with acquisitions overall. Xbox might not be ever able to buy those studios. Uh, GTA ASC says, what franchise would you most likely see revised from the Activision Blizzard catalog? 
I'd have to look at their catalog, but Hexen, give Hexen to id Software, man. You want oh, Hexen yeah. back? Hexen, bring Hexen back. Hexen was a sort of like, uh, it's like a medieval doom with magic and wizards and demons and, sh- and stuff. Ba- basically, describing it at its most sim- simple form. And uh, Activision owns it. Um, I'd also like to see more Sekiro, um, mm-hmm. even though I, I barely played the first one. I just think Sekiro would be the, the Xbox Bloodborne, <laughs> you know, the, from, the, the exclusive From Software game for, for Xbox. I think that would be cool. I honestly want to see them do more with Skylanders, but purely not because I care about Skylanders personally, but I've got so many friends with kids who are like, Jazz, does this mean Skylanders will start coming back? Because Skylanders sort of fell off, fell off a cliff at some point. Um, so I want, I want more kids games for those, for those, uh, people who are into that. And I see we have the, uh, there's loads of stuff. I see we have the one and only Jeffrey Grub Grub in chat. Jeff Grubb. Jeff Grubb's teasing this deal the other day. I saw him post the shrimp. Yeah, the shrimp. We know what the shrimp means now. You're right. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff knew. That's why he's posting shrimp. You know, yeah. he's posting that shrimp, and Jeff was just teasing it, and nobody realized until it was too late. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jeff, Jeff Crow, he knew. He, he was saying, like, oh, man, the uh, Xbox executives were busy over the holiday. I guess this is what, what it meant. You know, Jeff, oh, Jeff wow. knows everything that goes on in the video game industry. Jeff is clever one. Yeah. Although people still hold on to him, saying like you got the whole Xbox Live Gold going away wrong. That means everything you ever say is wrong, right? <laughs> I mean, people have said that to me and yeah. you too because we've been predicting that gold will go away at some point. But yeah. like, you get one I, thing wrong, and it's like everything else you've ever said that was right is somehow go- like negated, gold, right? Gold seems so redundant now. I know, right? It's so redundant. <laughs> Just get rid of gold this year, Microsoft. You know, put 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 the cherry on top of all this and just kill Xbox Live Gold. But, uh, oh, man. Are we going to talk exclusively? Yeah, we, 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 only, we only have, like, three more Super Chats to read, Jez. So I'm, oh, my God. I'm doing my best. Um, okay, let's get through. Uh, Gamer by Choice says, imagine all the marketing deals Xbox can get now. Risk it for the biscuit says, for fuck's sake, Sony's $25 billion in revenue. Tencent is $13.9 billion. Sony's number one. Uh, Tencent's, like, in the 30s. Right, Jez? Um uh the 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 last last year Tencent was pushing thirty billion. Yeah. yeah so. The Sony's yeah, twenty five billion, but Tencent's way higher than that. Uh Metal Morbo says uh Konami sits on a lot of unused IPs by those Microsoft. You see that Tucker says, Can I do Xbox Live exchange even though I've Game Pass with the Series X? I don't think so. Like once you switch over to Game Pass, I don't think you can do the exchange at that point. Uh, although I, I could be wrong, but you might want to check into that. Uh, Oscar says, came in late, but would Sony buy EA's response? Probably not EA. Maybe another publisher they're tight with, but I don't know. Um, they might have to do something. They might not. Who knows? The game has changed. Like, one thing was Bethesda, and it was like, okay, whatever, but now it's Activision Blizzard, and it's Call of Duty, and it's King, and it's it's all these things. It's like... Uh, gaming's changed forever with this, assuming it all goes through. Um, yeah. Javier says, now how long will they take to release Xbox and Game Pass to new markets like Peru? Probably will still take a while. And Sin Vendetta says, yeah, Sekiro's owned by uh, From Software, or FromSoft and Activision and the publishing rights had to clarify that this morning. 
So, <clears throat> um, let's talk about exclusivity because I knew this is going to be the next talking point, essentially. It, a crusader, crusader just, sorry, just before we get into that, Crusader just dropped me a DM to remind me that LinkedIn has a CEO, and that's not a separate company. That is part of Microsoft. Yeah, so. I did see Jeff says they're not spinning it off, so, um, yeah. Xbox, so yeah. Um... Well, let's see. Charlie Intel says, Wall Street Journal says Microsoft CEO approached Activision in November about the deal, and Phil Spencer said he would only acquire if the workplace situation was improving. So, yeah. Okay. Mm. East Texas Alice says, over 3,000 people in the chat hit that like button for Mr. Randall muted slash insider and jazz everybody. <laughs> That's right. We have 3,200 people watching right now. Hit that like button if you're enjoying the show and subscribe if you're new. Uh, big news day. Now we're going to talk about exclusivity because, well, this is this is what everyone's going to want to know. We we spent six months talking about this in regards to Bethesda exclusivity. Me and you were firm from day one that those games would be exclusive, and maybe the multiplayer games like MMOs or whatever, or any sort of stuff like that, would remain on PlayStation and be updated. And we ended up being right. I thought it was clear as day. Um, this, however, has you think a little bit differently. $70 billion is changing Jez's mind here because <laughs> when we were talking earlier, Jez is like, listen, Call of Duty's too huge. It's too, um, pervasive. It's too, like, everywhere. And it makes so much money on microtransactions being on PC, PlayStation, and Xbox that, like, the hit Xbox would take from removing it from PlayStation would be too vast and that they wouldn't do it. So just talk about what you think exclusivity looks like whenever this deal goes through and Microsoft actually has control of Activision. How do you feel it all breaks down? I personally think, I don't think Call of Duty will go exclusive to Xbox. I could be wrong, but I kind of feel like Call of Duty is your Minecraft allegory. It's got a Call of Duty mobile game. It's got a huge amount of microtransactions. It's got a huge player base on PlayStation. And the whole game is designed around ongoing engagement, ongoing microtransactions. And because of the microtransactions, it's not really something you could put on xCloud and just say, just play it on xCloud. Because Google and Apple will want to take a cut of those microtransactions if Microsoft tries to put it on xCloud via the Google Play Store, for example. You notice a lot of the games on the Google Play Store via Xbox Game Pass, they either have their storefronts disabled or they are games without microtransactions. So because of that, because of the way the game is modeled and designed, I don't think Microsoft will take Call of Duty off PlayStation personally. I think it's just like Minecraft. It, it benefits from having such a high profile, high visibility across every platform. I don't think they'll take it off. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I don't think we'll see Call of Duty go exclusive. How? Okay, go ahead. Continue. Continue. Sorry, I was, I was catching off. I, I was going to say, games that don't have so many microtransactions involved in them I think will go exclusive. I would not be surprised if Diablo 4 goes exclusive to Xbox because it is a game that would work really well on touch devices. 
It's got a fixed camera perspective. They can put it on xCloud. They can take the store off it because you know it's going to have a store. And I think Diablo 4 could go exclusive. I think there's a there's a chance Overwatch could go exclusive because it's going to have a PvE component. Overwatch 1 is compatible with Overwatch 2, so it's not like they're cutting off the PlayStation base completely. So I think Overwatch 2 could go exclusive because it's mostly a PV, PV expansion anyway. It's not really, you know, the games, the, the, the multiplayer is going to be identical to Overwatch 1. It's just going to have new heroes. So personally, I think a lot of Blizzard games will go exclusive. I don't think you'll see Warcraft. If they make World of Warcraft a console, I don't think that will go to PlayStation because it's never been on PlayStation. If StarCraft comes to console, I don't think that'll be on PlayStation either or Heroes of the Storm. I think single-player games like Crash Bandicoot 5, if they do one of those, I don't think that'll go to PlayStation because they can just put on xCloud and say play it there. But I think Call of Duty is too damn big, man. I think Call of Duty is too damn big. What a... I don't know this for sure because I'm not a PC gamer. Are Blizzard games also on Steam or are they only on Battle.net? They're only on Battle.net. Do you think you think they'll bring like Diablo and Overwatch to Steam then? No. You think they're going to keep so. them on Battle.net? You think they're not going to put their games on Steam? No, they don't have to. They don't have to give. Battle.net is so big that they kind of don't need to give Steam a cut. So I don't think they'll put them on Steam. It's not like Microsoft trying to build up the Xbox app. Because the Xbox app is terrible. Nobody wants to use it. It's super damn slow. And it's it's a mess. Whereas Battle.net has had a lot of a lot of development poured into it. It has a chat system. You can send GIFs and stuff through it. It's it's almost a social network in of itself, a bit like Steam. Battle.net is more Steam like. It's fast, it works, whatever. I don't think they'll move those games to Steam. I think they'll stay on Battle.net. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Microsoft starts... I wouldn't be surprised if Microsoft puts Xbox Game Pass itself into Battle.net because Battle.net is miles ahead of Xbox, the Xbox app. But I don't know. I could be wrong. So Maybe they will bring it to Steam. Maybe maybe this is Microsoft's way of being like, one day we want to acquire Steam as well. No, that will, right? <laughs> questions, I think. So but. here's what I think. And I said it in my video, so some of you guys watching may already know. And I kind of, I said it in my video, and then I saw Jeff Grubb say it, and I 100% agree with him. So I think you're wrong about Call of Duty, Jez. Hmm. I think... Maybe. Maybe. I think Warzone stays multi-platform. Uh-huh. It's free to play. And they can keep Call of Duty... And remember, Warzone is continually updated. There isn't really a new version, right? And That's Xbox true. is all about supporting games that are already on the platform, and Warzone is just something that exists. So I think Warzone stays on PlayStation, and you have all the microtransactions for that. But the yearly or every other year Call of Duty that comes out, so whether it won't be this year, obviously, because the deal's not going to go through. So say it's the Call of Duty in 2023, maybe it's the start of Call of Duty in 2024. I believe the Call of Duty that has the campaign and the regular multiplayer and the co-op that you pay $60, $70 for, I think... That becomes exclusive, day one in Game Pass, with Warzone remaining multi-platform on PlayStation. Maybe they even swing it to put it on Switch. And I think just like Bethesda, essentially all the games become exclusive. I think it's I think it's going to virtually play out similar. Some games will, you know, come to PlayStation. And you, you mentioned Overwatch and Diablo, but 
I don't know when those are supposed to launch. Is Diablo going to launch before the deal closes? If so, well, then it's going to be multi-platform. Same thing with Overwatch. I think Overwatch 2, no matter what, I think Overwatch 2, even if that releases after the acquisition closes, I think that's strictly, that's multi-platform, simply because I believe they made it so, like, Overwatch 1 players can play with Overwatch 2 or whatever it is, so maybe that one remains um, multi-plat, but, yeah, I think... I think Call of Duty goes exclusive. It's just that Warzone stays on PlayStation. So there is a Call of Duty game. It's just a free-to-play one where people can enjoy the Battle Royale and spend money on microtransactions. Then Xbox gets the mainline Call of Duty day one on Game Pass. That's kind of what I've been thinking, and that's what I said in my video today. I can see it going that way, maybe. But I also think that there's just too much money to be left on the table. And I think, like, a lot of people don't want to play Battle Royale. I mean, what what is the percentage of people, what is the crossover between Call of Duty at retail and Warzone? I mean, maybe Jeff's got information that I don't have, but I don't know. I, ca- I can't see it, man. I can't, I can't see Call of Duty going exclusive to Xbox. That would just be nuts. Yeah. It would be nuts. I mean, it is also it is like this is different. Like Starfield is whatever. It's it's a this is this is different. This is the biggest game, like the biggest yearly game that comes out. Call of Duty, number one and number two on PlayStation this year. Number one and number two on PlayStation and Xbox. I understand your reluctance to think Microsoft would make that exclusive. But like there, my my thinking, there's still going to just there's still going to be a Call of Duty game on PlayStation. It's going to be Warzone, so you can still have your fix. It's just that the regular Call of Duty would be exclusive. I don't know. That's that's kind of the way I look at it. But I, I get your reluctance because you're sitting there and you're like, but that's just that's just too much money. But the same pe- but people made the same arguments about Bethesda that oh they need the PlayStation audience to make their money back. And that's why Starfield has to be on PlayStation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that was proven wrong. Uh, so I, I I feel very similar with this, that, yeah, it's a staggering amount of money, $70 billion, staggering, right? And I can understand thinking, like, no, there's no, like, Call of Duty's going to remain multi-platform. But we've seen what they did with Bethesda. And I think, I think it's the same. Money, though, Why man? buy them if you're not going to maximize it and, and not maximize the potential you, you could get for Game Pass, right? That's the whole point. You know, and especially if you have the out with keeping Warzone on PlayStation and just raking in the microtransactions there while providing your audience with an exclusive game in Game Pass. Hmm. Well, well, I mean, only time will tell, and we won't know this year. We won't even know next year, probably, you know, and this will be debated once again, and I hate the fact that this is going to be debated. I thought we were over this stuff with Starfleet, with, with the whole Bethesda. Six months, it was it was just, are these games going to be exclusive or not? For six months, we talked about it, and it ended up being exclusive just like we thought. But the only thing that's changing your mind right now is because of how big Call of Duty is. But like we, it's microtransactions, it. man. It's, I know. And Microsoft still do microtransactions with Warzone on PlayStation. Hmm. Game Pass for the regular game, Warzone free to play on every platform. 
Like, I think that's the play. I think that's what's going to happen. Right. Maybe you're right, man. It'd just be crazy to think that the only core shooter, really, that PlayStation has at that point is Battlefield. Speaking well, of... What, what else, outside of outside of Battle Royales, what do they have at that point? Is that just a sign of the times? Yeah, maybe. Do, do I mean, people not want to play core shooters anymore? Am I, am I like... Am I that out of touch? Because I hate, I hate Battle Royale, man. I hate it. If I was a PlayStation gamer, and um, I, there was, you were telling me that Overwatch is going to, you know, Overwatch 2 is not going to be on PlayStation, and Call of Duty is not going to be on PlayStation, I'd be like, damn, all I've got left is Apex. All I've got left is Battlefield, which is Battlefield 2042, which is a mess. But Jez, that's crazy. As one, as our buddy One Bad Mother from Xbox Era says in chat, you said it yourself, Jez. Sony isn't that significant in the big picture. Man, that's crazy. It's just crazy to think about, man. Yeah. It, I mean, it, cer- it certainly is. But I think that's I think that's what's going to happen. Um, we won't know for a while, and I'm sure this is going to constantly come up in many articles and blah, 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 but, yeah, that's where I think it's all going to um, play out. I mean, it would possibly help with development if they could focus on one platform instead and fully leverage all the APIs on Xbox instead of having to make cross-platform games, because one of the things we've seen with Call of Duty come up repeatedly in recent years is how broken it can be on different platforms. Like there was there was a weird issue where um there was a weird issue where Call of Duty wouldn't run on the Xbox Series S for like weeks if you bought the wrong version of it and stuff. So Um there is this though. It's wild. There is this I was thinking about. So when Xbox and Phil and Bethesda did their roundtable in March of last year. It's crazy. It's last year, 2021. We're in 2022. Where does the time go? I don't know. Phil made the, you know, the the thing, the statement about exclusivity, right? Said there would be legacy games they support. But basically what he wanted people to know was that the deal was made because it would provide, you know, exclusive games for Xbox customers and that, those games would be on platforms where Game Pass exists, right? Which was as clear-cut as a statement as you can make it, right? And Starfield and Redfall, coming out this year, both exclusive to Xbox, not on PlayStation. So, what if getting Activision and Call of Duty gives Phil enough leverage to bring Game Pass to PlayStation? And force forces Jim Ryan to bend the knee. You know, PlayStation <laughs> they lose Bethesda games, not that big of a deal. Revenue hits not that bad. Like you don't get Elder Scrolls doesn't come out every year. Same thing with Fallout, right? Like they come out every few years, four years. It's like oh whatever, you miss out on it, right? But now you're going to be missing out on number one and number two selling game every single year. And what that can do to, we talked about it earlier, the casual audience. What if this can start opening up negotiations 
for Game Pass on PlayStation. So it'll be like, you know what? You I mean, that's p- one of the aspects of it. But it's it's also kind of like, do you really need to take play take Call of Duty away from PlayStation in a world where you can't sell consoles fast enough? Like, wouldn't it be more smart from a business perspective to keep them on PlayStation and le- until at least you can manufacture enough consoles to actually well, make it matter? I mean, it sounds like it ain't going to be closed until next year. So you're talking about 2023's at the earliest COD, and who knows, maybe it's the 2024 version. So by that time, you think it'd be everything would be figured out. But I mean, we know Microsoft's goal is to get Game Pass everywhere, and Call of Duty is a big leverage point. And so all you gotta say is, "Hey Jim, you just bend that knee for a little bit, <laughs> just get down on that knee, bend it to me, and you know what? Oh Not God. only will I give you back Call of Duty." I'll give you back the Bethesda games, and we'll even throw it in there. How about we'll throw in some Xbox Game Studios? All we want is Game Pass on PlayStation. That's it. That's it. That's all we want. I mean, I thought it would happen, but that is an interesting leverage point. I mean, what other game could could have that sort of pull? And the only one is, is Call of Duty. Like, sure, Grand Theft Auto might be bigger, but Grand Theft Auto comes out once in a blue moon. Call of Duty is every year, you know, so. Man, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see, right? Like, a lot of people are saying in chat, like, oh, man, this will bring this will bring the this will bring the new audience to Xbox. But it's like, what Xboxes? You can't buy an Xbox right now. So, you know, it's it's sort of weird, right? I think this is going to, this is going to, this is Bethesda, when Microsoft purchased Bethesda, it had an impact. It had an impact like a lot of people suddenly thought, man, I have to start taking Xbox seriously again and I really have to consider buying one. This is different. This is this is Call of Duty we're talking about. This is like a game lots of gamers buy every year without fail and it's the only game they buy. And a lot of people ain't going to want to play that on cloud. And they're not going to be able to play on cloud because it's not going to be able to have microtransactions in the cloud version. So, like... What the hell do you do? Do you, do you buy them a Series S? But even those are selling out pretty quickly. I don't know. I know Sony wouldn't put Sony wouldn't be putting them on Xbox if the shoe was on the other foot. But man, I don't know. It's just wild to think Call of Duty itself could go exclusive. But it is wild, but I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, in the right? super chat, we got Everyone. Roman saying, "Fallout New Vegas remake one, please." A lot of people do want to fall at New Vegas Remake. Greg Carter says, what if they use COD as the Trojan horse with Game Pass exclusivity, not just for subs, but to get players to press Sony on Game Pass on PlayStation? Well, we just talked about that. I mean, here's the thing. people. I've seen a few people in chat say Game Pass will never come to PlayStation, but, like, never say never, man. We've we've seen it, like... Never. You, I would never have thought this would happen. is the thing, and... At the start of last generation, nobody thought it would happen. Nobody thought Xbox was going to buy Activision or Bethesda. Like, there are things that people thought were never going to happen that have now happened. So, I'm just saying, you never know. You never know what the future holds. So, I, while I do think Game Pass on PlayStation is unlikely, I'm never going to say never because at this point, 
you, you say that, and then what? Six months from now, they make some announcement. Welcoming Game Pass on PlayStation. And it's like, oh, Jesus. You know? Um, Chaos Mike says, if I were Microsoft, I would replace Bobby Kotick with an ex-Blizzard board member, such as one of the co-founders. Tom says, I think Warzone stays multi-plat. Mainline games will be exclusive. Basically what happened with Bethesda, though I know it's not 100% apples to apples. Thrawn says, Warzone is going to be on PlayStation, but Call of Duty will be exclusive. The Don says, uh, Microsoft should put Call of Duty a week or two early on Game Pass if it's not going exclusive. Could be an incentive to get into the ecosystem and bolster subscriptions. Richard says, in my opinion, you don't drop $70 billion on Activision Blizzard only to just have every COD release go to PlayStation. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, Metal Morbo says, BNET fully partially integrated with Xbox PC app. I think you said uh, they should do that, right, Jez? Yeah. The PC app is uh, is an issue. <laughs> yeah, it definitely, definitely is an issue. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Chinook Guy says, exclusivity will be determined by how big Xbox and everyone involved is. Warlord says, Jez is low-key reviving the narrative from Bethesda deal. How are they going to recoup? Don't add that to the narrative. I definitely, I never mention 